all day, or you can donate to KPFA at kpfa.org, or call 510-848-5732, or 1-800-439-5732. Thank you. And this is 94.1 KPFA in Berkeley, 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno, and online at kpfa.org. The time is 3 p.m., and up next is Cover to Cover, Open Book. Welcome to Open Book. I'm your host, Nina Serrano on my Poet to Poet series. And today I'm especially excited because I have a wonderful poet guest to share with you. And she is offering us the opportunity to get her hot off the press, not even out in bookstores, not even available online, not going to be found on your friend's coffee table. It's her brand new book, Tap Dancing on the Silverado Trail by Lenore Weiss, our guest today. This book is going to be offered to you, KPFA listeners, by calling 510-848-5732. I'll give it to you again. You'll hear it frequently. 510-848-5732. Or if you're outside of the Bay Area, one 800 Remember those numbers, but if you're driving and you get excited when you hear Lenore discussing this book and giving us a taste of her yet newer audio poetry, you might want to go home when you're there, open your computer, and donate securely online, www.kpfa.org. Yes, yes, welcome, welcome Lenore Weiss. Thank you, Nina. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, I'm very excited that you're here because we get to offer your book to our listeners today, Tap Dancing on the Silverado Trail. And one of the exciting things about this book of poems for me was that you invited me to write the blurb, one of the two blurbs on the back cover. That happened to be a life goal of mine, was that one day I would be on the back of the book with my comments. So I'm going to share my response to that book with our listeners. Tap Dancing on the Silverado Trail Lenore Weiss's poems race to the heart of life, death, family, and love, and draw the reader into an emerging intimate story with their lush sparseness and the deep emotions of existence itself. Tap Dancing on the Silverado Trail is a gripping narrative that brings you closer to your own inner being and human journey, confronting loss, pain, and healing without flinching to confront love and its complexities. That was my response to Tap Dancing on the Silverado Trail, Lenore. Poem after poem, a a story evolved, a beautiful story. Well, thank you so much, Nina. It was a wonderful collection for me to write because after my mother's death of 40 years, I finally was ready to really write those poems. 
Your mother died when you were young. Yes, yeah. Both my parents passed away when I was young, so uh, in some ways it's been a blessing because it's taught me certain things uh, very early on in life, which is to appreciate the great gift of life, but it was very difficult as well not having them around. Do you think you could share a poem from that collection, Tap Dancing on the Silverado Trail? I would be most happy to. Thank you. Letter to my mother. From the time I looked at my watch, I knew I wasn't going to make it. Driving past rows of palm trees in the taxi, mourning the heat from 400 feet up in the Miami summer. You dehydrated on the trip down from the 24th floor of Co-op City in the Bronx and died before I could touch your hand. Not exactly the kind of vacation you had planned. After the funeral, someone had squished a grapefruit across the table from me. Daddy had died a year before in another hospital with a ceiling that bulged. You couldn't admit to yourself he was on his way out. Made your daughters swear we would zip up our mouths. Anyhow, that's a bedtime story for sleepwalkers almost 40 years after your last dream of diving from a rockweed-covered pier, sea bladders filled with air pops that you sucked for the first three miles until you exhausted yourself and were pulled down into the witch's lair. You were the first one who taught me how to swim at Orchard Beach, placed your hands beneath my stomach, and told me to kick, not to be afraid you would hold me. But I always knew when you let go. You would catch me then beneath my belly, a guppy that you brought home from Woolworth's one afternoon in a plastic bag filled with water, joked how my sisters had been rescued from a garbage can, strong stock from the beer halls of Budapest to places where violets grew like gourds whose purple I've never seen. Be there. And I would try to find you on the street, in the high mudjar cheekbones of a woman waiting to order her half a pound of rye sliced without seeds. I would attack any stranger with my hand and hug her knees. You just heard Lenore Weiss reading from her new book, Tap Dancing on the Silverado Trail. Yes, that's a beautiful poem, and there are many more beautiful poems within it. If you want to hear more of these poems, I'm going to ask Lenore to keep reading. But first, I'm going to give you a chance to order the book, because maybe you're already thinking about the holiday season. What about that person who has everything? Do they have poetry? Do they have the poetry of Lenore Weiss? Do they have a book that isn't even on the market yet, Tap Dancing on the Silverado Trail? Did they have a mother? Did they have a father? Have they experienced loss? Have they been willing to open themselves up again to love and trust? This book could be yours. Dial 
848-5732. That's 848-5732 or outside of the Bay Area. It's 1-800-439-5732. 439-57... I'm sorry, 439-5732. 439-5732 in 1-800. And for $50, this book will be sent to you in time for the holidays. I'm going to ask Lenore to read further from the book because as you hear poem by poem, a journey emerges. A journey about love, a journey about loss, a journey about life. Lenore, could you read us yet another poem, please? Absolutely. This is entitled Prince Galitzin. I knew him. (laughs) I was most lonely when you held me, realized how far I'd already gone without you, not ever with you. I can remember loving your edginess, so rough it cut my hand. I loved the way you lit candles and incense and always had several joints rolled inside a red leather case. I loved your navy wool San Francisco fireman's jacket someone had given to you with its brass buttons, the silk shirt with billiard balls. You were something I never saw or felt before, so hard, so soft, a mermaid man with sharp green fins who studied people for their motivation and found them flawed, jellyfish, rode away into darkness. A few times you called my name. I couldn't hear you through water. At Land's Edge, you gave sermons to a broken TV set. No more picture. You just heard Lenore Weiss reading from Tap Dancing on the Silverado Trail, which is the book we are offering today. You can order it by donating to KPFA, by keeping alive a venue where poets get to speak to you on the air from their hearts, from their pen. That's 510-848-5732 for your copy of Tap Dancing on the Silverado Trail and your support to Free Speech Radio, KPFA, 1-800-439-5732 out of the Bay Area and 848-5732 in the Bay Area. Lenore, can you continue the reading, please? Oh, certainly. I'll I'll, uh, turn to another poem about my mother. This is called Coffee with Mom. And it starts uh, with a quote from a 19th century Hungarian poet, Attila Josef. Those busy arms of yours are cool now, like this river with its broad silence winding soft and slow. The removal of a kidney brought you downtown, Yours didn't come out, but Daddy's did. You brought him coffee with a cheese danish from across the street, whatever it took to make a red light turn green again. He had five more years left on the books, marked by a daily dose of dipping his hands in the waters of acetone to terminal cancer. 
Better than staying in Hungary during the war and becoming a ghost on a railroad train. Choose your poison. You left early. Survivors who stuffed everything inside a back pocket. Desperados who taught me to ride standing up without losing my balance. And so here I am. You want to know if I've been taking good care of myself. Yes, I say, I have. Afterward, we talk about the children. There are no grandkids yet. Catching up on how the world's been doing, playing Disney on high def sets, wars, the presidency, and all the rest, and how everything is getting smaller and costing more money, money, how it runs out like time, the bottom of your change jar with two pennies. Thank you, Lenore. You just heard Lenore Weiss reading her original poetry, Tap Dancing on the Silverado Trail here on KPFA during Fun Drive. Is there another poem from that series? Uh, certainly. I, uh, I will read uh, the title poem from the book, uh, and it's called Tap Dancing on the Silverado Trail. Vineyards reach as far as a BART train for several stations down a two-lane highway, stretching into night and hugging the ground, where love walked away, grabbing her hand. In a hybrid car, she told her mother how a man cleaned her out with a dab of his finger, traced her lips, the crow's feet in her eyes, then called her name, to the stars in disguise. Together they altered weather patterns, changed a winter storm into a summer caftan. Those first few months from couch to car, they stirred clockwise into each other, tap dancing on the highlights of dawn in rivulets, torrents, Upside down guitar strings stretched for several octaves along a fault and into mountain ranges, leaving the bones of her smashed life set. Injury into dust disintegrated. Listening, her mother understood how love shakes a woman down for everything she's worth. Lenore Weiss reading Tap Dancing on the Silverado Trail, her new book. Lenore, you're such a prolific and profound writer, and every once in a while you seem to leave print poetry and get into what I only can call uh, audio poetry or uh, collaborative poetry, that is, that you work with a musician. Yes, with some help from dear friends, uh, uh, my friend Paul Kirk, who's a wonderful musician and composer, we have uh, collaborated on a number of projects. The first, as you know, was the cell phone poems, which which was aired here on KPFA. Yes, for the first time. So that was very exciting. And now I've uh, written another group of poems called Borte's Perfect Love Song. And uh, Paul is composing music to all of the pieces. Well, before we hear the first track, can you explain to us that title, uh, Borte's Perfect Love Poem? Certainly. Well, last year I uh, 
saw an exhibit at the Tech Museum on Genghis Khan, and it was so very, very exciting. And that's a whole story in itself, but um, it led me to find out more about Genghis Khan or Chinggis Khan, uh, as his uh, people in Mongolia call him. And Borte was his first wife, and his name before he became Genghis Khan was Temujin. So these poems are a series of love poems which are also acknowledging the wars in which they happened. So this first poem is about which character's point of view? Well, it's a, it's about Borte, who was captured by the Merkid tribe, and uh, th- that was something that happened. There was w- wife kidnapping all the time. It was part of power grabbing by different tribes. And Chinggis Khan uh, began a drive to get her back. So she is uh, captured now and thinking of, of her life. We'll now hear the first track of her new audio poem. I am Mongol, loyal to one master. When that other Khan touches my cheek, it turns into a salt pond. Nightmares rim my eyes with darkness. My husband, Temujin, is a gray wolf who kissed my mouth. I remember when Temujin lifted the fringe of my silk banner with his spear. Now his spirit pole is gone from my tent. I drip candle wax along the fissure of my heart, drink warm kumis. A woman in black sable calls me to stand before my dream. Floating seeds join each other in air. I hear them laugh. The seed in my bowl is not his. It doubles me. I will slip away like the whip of a horsetail upon the frozen steppe. I was not born to die in another clan's tent. The blue sky follows me between branches. The face of the Mormoan falcon is Temujin's face. The birch hides my secret. You just heard Lenore Weiss reading her original poems, not even on the marketplace yet, perhaps not even named as a series about Mongolia. Is that right? Um, no, it's not. But I tell you, the um, uh, I was reading books by Jack Weatherford, who inspired, helped to inspire me. Uh, his book is Genghis Khan and the Making of the Modern World, which is marvelous to anybody who's interested. And I did send him the poems. Just oh, and I got a note back from him thanking me so much. It was a last around last year, and and uh, he said it was a great gift. It certainly is for me. It's so fascinating. I I've never thought of Genghis Khan in that way, and certainly I never thought about his wife. 
the music is fantastic. Paul Kirk did a really excellent job of complimenting both the content of the poem and your wonderful reading of it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, Paul's very, very talented. Well, let's hear this second one that he's put together with you. What's this called? Uh, this one is called... Well, what's it about? Uh, okay, well, this this one is about... It's called The Lycan Clan. And it's, it's a, about... Borte's growing dread of knowing a war is going to be fought over over her. And now the second track. Stolen from Temujin to this mirror camp, days stick in my throat and sicken me. I see men, women, and children with the same two arms and legs. They stare and wait for me to circle. If I remove my silver necklace, I must bow my neck. How long can I nurse emptiness, a heartless child? The fire at night warms bootless feet. My silver gelding with a black tail does not run toward me. I search the Altai Mountains for rising dust. Before a cooking fire, I dry a blanket the same color as an arrow that strikes the curved tip of a falcon's wing. I see it. Men come to crush each other and every woman and child with two arms and legs. Stallions mash bones with hooves into the black rock of Lake Bacall, covered with the faces of lichen that speak as one clan. Lenore Weiss's audio recording of her poem com- with music composed by Paul Kirk about Genghis Khan and his wife, Borte. That is quite amazing, Lenore, how you project yourself into the life of the wife of Genghis Khan. Yeah, well, it was such a powerful story, and I think learning more about uh, Genghis Khan just opened my eyes to, s- because uh, typically uh, our history classes he- are so Western-oriented, and I was amazed to, f- uh, to find out much more than Genghis Khan being a butcher who rode across uh, the the East and uh, conquered people and subjugated him. It's a much more... Uh, uh, rich, complex story, and uh, it was, again, just opened my eyes, and the language of the story was so tied to the land and to the concreteness of life, the life and death issues and survival, that it just set me off on that path. <laughs> well, it's quite impressive. I'd like to play the third and last track that is so far composed of this uh, work in progress. Track three. My ears hear everything at night. My eyes see everything during day. 
I could not tell who entered my tent through the evening smoke hole and stood with his legs and arrows width apart. Then I saw him. Sky blue, even his nose. Maybe he was a cloud. In his hand, several wolf skins tied with a silk rope. He said, "From the water of your waters will grow a nation. Four sons, with the strength of a wolf pack, tied together." He placed a bundle in my lap. When I awoke, it was my head's soft pillow. Then I knew Tamajin would come. Who else could be the father of such men? Part of me wanted daughters to braid my hair, to brew tea when news of the tangled grass reached my ears. Piles of rotting bodies, like dead trees. I am not prepared. You just heard Lenore Rice reading from the audio poem about Genghis Khan and the music composed by Paul Kirk. This is a work in progress. Lenore, you are such a prolific poet. Here you are with a brand new book about to be published, and you're already working on this enormous audio piece about Genghis Khan. While tap dancing on the Silverado Trail hasn't even hit the bookstores. Well, we all find our own way to stay sane in a very difficult world. So, writing poetry is definitely one of yours.、Uh, absolutely. Do you think you could read us a poem from this new work, this about to be published work that listeners can have a copy of, called "Tap Dancing on the Silverado Trail." Yes,、uh, this is a poem entitled "Shabbos Song," and since it's Friday, I will I will read it. Together on the futon after a week of finding parking spaces and packed garages, I watch your lips move toward my face, smell the air as it tunnels inside your ear. I am the lupin that grows behind our apartment. A trellis of seed pods with a few purple blossoms at the bottom of my stalk, where you bend to pet them. My body dissolves in the wet wood covered with pine needles. My mind escapes through my mouth, naked, a hole. You sniff for a den. I want you to find me. I'm not anywhere to be found. You ask, can you feel me? Lenore Weiss reading from Tap Dancing on the Silverado Trail. Well, you can own a copy of Tap Dancing on the Silverado Trail before anybody else, and you can support Free Speech Radio. You can support Open Book with live poets reading on the air, reading their own works by calling five ten. Eight four eight five seven three two or one eight hundred four three nine five seven three two one eight hundred four three nine 
888-528-5732. Thank you, caller. You are going to be blessed with a copy of this wonderful book. I'm about to sneeze, so I'm going to have to turn away from the mic, and I'm going to ask Lenore to please read the numbers to our audience. All right. Uh, you can call 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-5732. So thank you so much for calling, thank you so much for listening, and thanks to Erica Bridgman for engineering. You can still donate at kpfa.org securely online, and you can still call 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-5732 and donate to KPFA. Keep free speech and poetry alive. You're here. PFA listeners, this is our fall fun drive. We still need volunteers to answer phones. Spare some time to join us at 1929 Martin Luther King Jr. Way in Berkeley. We begin at 7.30 a.m. and go all day, or you can donate to KPFA at kpfa.org or call 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-5732. Thank you. This is Free Speech Radio News for Friday, October 7, 2011. In Los Angeles, I'm Dorian Marina. Coming up, today is the 10th anniversary of the U.S.-led invasion of Afghanistan. Protesters in Kabul and the U.S. mark the occasion. In Syria, security forces fire on protesters. We'll speak to an opposition leader about next steps in the pro-democracy movement. And critics and supporters of the controversial Keystone XL pipeline speak out as the government nears a decision on the project. Those stories and more, but first, this news. I'm Alice Olstein with headlines for FSRN. This year's Nobel Peace Prize will be shared by three women, Liberian President Ellen Johnson Sirleaf and peace activist Lema Bowie and Yemeni activist and journalist Tawakul Karman. Karman is a leading figure in the uprising against President Ali Abdullah Saleh and founded the Women Journalists Without Chains. Sirleaf became Africa's first democratically elected female president in 2006 and is running for re-election next week. Bowie directs the Women, Peace and Security Network and has worked to raise awareness of rape and abuse of women across Africa. The three women will equally share the $1.5 million prize. In Chile, student strikes continue as the country takes up a national referendum on education. All citizens over 14 can weigh in today and Saturday on whether education should be free and guaranteed by the state at every level, and whether giving public funds to for-profit schools should be prohibited. 
Caroline Lewis reports from Santiago. Last week, the government promised to raise the education budget by over 7% and create a $4 billion student scholarship fund. But after Wednesday's meeting with Minister of Education Felipe Bulnes, university and high school students in Chile once again abandoned the table of dialogue. Student leaders cited the government's unwillingness to consider the students' demands of free education for all Chileans. On Thursday, students attempted to march in Santiago, but police immediately dispersed demonstrators with tear gas bombs and water cannons. Over 130 were arrested, according to government statistics. Patricio, a first year at the University of Chile, witnessed the scene from the school's main building, which is being occupied by protesting students. During the day, we suffered strong police repression. A little while ago, we had a kid here whose eye was injured because he was hit by a gas bomb thrown by a police officer. We had to send him to the emergency room. President Piñera signed a bill last week that would criminalize the occupation of schools as well as the disruption of the free flow of individuals and vehicles on bridges, streets, and roads. Caroline Lewis, FSRN, Santiago. Attempts by U.S. airlines to avoid having to meet new European carbon emission standards have taken a hit in court. A preliminary ruling says the EU can legally force airlines that fly to Europe to participate in the bloc's carbon cap-and-trade program. Liam Moriarty reports from Normandy. Starting next year, the aviation industry will be included in Europe's cap-and-trade program. Airlines based in the U.S. and other countries are challenging the new rule, saying Europe has no right to impose regulations on foreign airlines. An advocate general at the European Court of Justice issued an opinion Thursday that the requirement is legal under international law. Bill Hemmings with Transport and Environment, a Brussels-based nonprofit that intervened in the case, says the industry really doesn't have much to complain about. The cost is extremely modest. The costs will be passed on in their entirety to passengers. All of these objections seem to be a way for international airlines to avoid their responsibilities for the climate. EU officials estimate that transatlantic ticket prices would rise just 6 to 12 euros, about 8 to 16 dollars. The full court won't rule on the matter till next year, though it usually affirms the preliminary opinion. The EU emission rules for aviation are slated to go into effect January 1st. Liam Moriarty, FSRN, Normandy, France. The Bureau of Labor Statistics announced today that the U.S. created 103,000 jobs in September, and official unemployment still hovers at 9.1%. However, that rate climbs to 16.5% when including individuals who have given up or are unable to look for work, or are working only part-time but want to work full-time. The official unemployed percentage of African Americans, 16.1%, is more than double that of white Americans at 8%. And nearly 45% of the unemployed have been looking for work for more than six months. The Queen's Supreme Court issued a verdict Thursday with far-reaching implications for domestic violence survivors. Noelle Hanrahan has the story. After a month-long trial, Barbara Sheehan was acquitted of second-degree murder. Sheehan had admitted shooting retired New York City Police Sergeant Raymond Sheehan 11 times in February 2008 at their home in Howard Beach, Queens. She also testified about decades of domestic violence. The jury began the week hopelessly deadlocked. After instruction from the bench that they could deliver a split verdict, they announced an acquittal on the murder charge and a guilty verdict on criminal possession of a weapon. Sheen will turn herself in and serve time at Rikers Island while she awaits sentencing in November. 
the weapons charge carries a minimum three-year term and a potential 15-year sentence. Sheehan told reporters her arrest was something of a mixed blessing. Being arrested was, was horrible and it was degrading and humiliating, but I actually felt safer in jail than I did in my own house with my husband. I was safer there than I was living here. Sheehan's attorney, Michael Dowd, told FSRN that he's researching whether the weapons charge can stand without a conviction on the primary crime. Noelle Hanran, FSRN, Queens. And that's headlines for FSRN. From Washington, D.C., I'm Alice Olstein. I'm Dorian Marina in Los Angeles. It was 10 years ago today that U.S. and British forces began bombing Afghanistan and setting into motion a war that is still ongoing. Yesterday, some 300 people marched through Kabul demanding the immediate withdrawal of U.S. and international forces. One man who joined the protest reflected on a decade of war. Now it is 10 years on from this occupation by the U.S. and its allies in Afghanistan. Our people suffered a lot of instability and poverty increased. There are no other benefits. Sound from Reuters. Protesters held signs that said no to occupation and showed pictures of civilians killed during the war. They also directed their criticism to Afghan President Hamid Karzai, who they called a puppet of the U.S. government. So far this year has marked the highest total of Afghan civilians killed since 2006 when the U.N. began recording accurate data. Some 11,000 civilians have been killed in the past four years. 2010 was also the deadliest year for coalition military personnel, with 711 troops killed, according to eye casualties, which monitors fatalities in the war. More than 1,700 U.S. soldiers have been killed in Afghanistan since the invasion began, thousands more wounded. In a message posted on YouTube, Malalai Joya, former member of the Afghan parliament, said democracy could only come from within her country. Ten years ago, U.S. and NATO invaded my country under the fake banners of women's rights, human rights, and democracy. But after a decade, Afghanistan still remains the most unstable, most corrupt, and most war-torn country in the world. The consequences of the so-called war on terror has only been made more bloodshed, crimes, barbarism, human rights, women's rights violation, which has doubled the miseries and sorrows of our people. The war has also vastly increased U.S. war spending. New figures from the National Priorities Project show that the U.S. has spent $460 billion in Afghanistan. President Obama has said that foreign combat troops will leave Afghanistan in 2014. There are currently more than 130,000 coalition troops in the country. Some 98,000 are from the U.S. Washington, the State Department held its final public comment meeting before making a decision on a permit for the Keystone XL pipeline. The controversial project would bring crude oil from the tar sands of Canada to the Gulf of Mexico. Today's meeting was met with protests from anti-pipeline advocates, as well as a show of force from union workers in support of the pipeline. Michael Lawson has more. 
At earlier public comment meetings, industry officials have been accused of busing people in to crowd out the anti-pipeline speakers. This time, those against the Keystone Pipeline were prepared. Nearly 40 of them camped out overnight to stake their place in line to speak during the comment period. Jacqueline Trevino of McAllen, Texas, was one of those people, but she had mixed feelings about her time outside. It was interesting, and it was fun, but it was also really stressful and intense because there was some tension with the union representatives over how many spots in line we were taking up and what that dynamic was going to look like the following day. Truvino, who says her community would be impacted by an increase in refinery activity, is also concerned about continuing to promote a dependence on fossil fuels and what this means for climate change. We had more wildfires this summer than we've ever seen before, larger and stronger and more difficult to fight than we've ever seen before, the most severe drought we've ever encountered. Texas has actually been in a drought my entire life and I'm 23 years old. Those against the pipeline showed their enthusiasm with the no Keystone XL stickers. At a rally during the middle of the hearing period, demonstrators held signs urging President Obama to reject the pipeline permit. George Poitras, a member of the First Nations, traveled from Alberta, Canada, the location of the tar sands. In addition to the health effects he's witnessed, Poitras says the tar sands development violates treaty rights granted to First Nations people in the Canadian Constitution. With the environmental impacts and contamination of our waters and decimation of our forests are all having impacts on our ability to meaningfully exercise those rights to hunt, to fish, and to trap. In the hearing room, moderators had to remind the audience to limit their reactions. Applause or statements in opposition to the pipeline were met with boos from the union representatives in orange shirts who came mostly from the local area. David Miller, spokesperson with the Laborers International Union of North America, said his group was there in support of jobs not in opposition to good environmental practices. We have members who build uh, solar power plants, who build uh, wind turbines. So, you know, we, uh, we're all about, you know, uh, uh, you know, jobs that are environmentally responsible. And we think this process have been, has been done in a way that's going to make sure that this is built uh, safely and in a way that uh, doesn't harm the environment. A comment hearing in Nebraska where there is great concern about the pipeline's effect on drinking water attracted 1,000 people. Randy Thompson is a landowner who would be affected by the pipeline's construction. He says Nebraskans are angry and TransCanada has not been playing by the rules. These people have operated with no boundaries. They have been out in our state for three years trying to intimidate landowners into signing easement agreements. And they have no authority at this point in the permitting process to enforce eminent domain. The next major action against the pipeline on November 6th will be a human chain around the White House. Demonstrators will hold up signs of President Obama's quotes as a candidate in opposition to oil. The State Department is expected to issue a decision in December. Michael Lawson, FSRN, Washington. Across the country, disability rights advocates have been pressuring government officials to reform what they call a dated system that puts people with intellectual and developmental disabilities in large state-run institutions. The Justice Department has been investigating some states. In Virginia, federal officials found the state is needlessly institutionalizing hundreds of people, a violation of their civil rights. Although state leaders acknowledge the problem, they've refused to commit to closing the facilities. Brad Kuttner has the story from Richmond. 
Justice Department investigators describe Virginia's state-run institutions as stark, segregated environments. Residents live in bare, impersonal rooms. They have little privacy. They don't get any choice in what they eat or watch on TV, and few have opportunities for employment or to interact with people without disabilities. The segregated environment in these institutions facilitates what's called learned helplessness. Maureen Hallowell, Director of Advocacy and Services for the Independent Living Advocacy Group and Dependence Center, says this is detrimental to people with disabilities. Over a period of time, that can result in an individual with a disability not feeling empowered, not being prepared, and having no resilience or experience that will... Um, encourage them or support them in being independent or living in a situation with supports in the community. The Justice Department says Virginia is violating the Americans with Disabilities Act by unnecessarily institutionalizing more than 1,000 people in state-run facilities called training centers. Even after residents have satisfied criteria, it can take months or even years to be discharged. Some of them have been institutionalized for more than five decades. The DOJ investigation also points to the high cost of institutionalization, about $194,000 per person per year, while the cost of community services or group homes averages $76,400 per person. Officials point out that through the cost savings, the state could be serving more people, including some of the more than 6,000 people on the waiting list for Medicaid waivers to pay for community-based services. Jamie LeBon is executive director of ARC of Virginia, an advocacy group for people with intellectual disabilities. A significant amount of money goes into this operate, continued operation of an outdated model that families are not asking for, that those families on the waiting list are not asking for. The state has a Medicaid waiver system to give people the option of being treated at home or in a community setting. Kim Goodlow recently received an intellectual disability waiver for her 22-year-old son, Matthew, who was born with tuberous sclerosis and needs comprehensive care. He'd been on the waiting list for 14 years. We now have access to agencies that can provide caregivers that come into my home so that my husband and I can continue to work. After receiving the waiver, Goodlow became active with community groups to help other families in need of waiver alternatives. We need Virginia to quit thinking back in the 60s. We are now in the 21st century. People with disabilities want to live in the community with their friends and their family, and we need to get off the state institution um, funding and put more money into the community. Goodlow's waiting list experience and outlook on the system is shared by other family caregivers throughout the Commonwealth. Deborah Gwathmi takes care of her 50-year-old intellectually disabled brother, David. Gwathmi took in David in 2003 after their mother died. He receives meager support from Social Security. Money's been tight for Gwathmi, too, who, as a real estate agent hit hard by the housing market collapse, is finding it hard to get by. So, you know, I just don't feel like the support is there. Um, and we kind of feel like we're hung out on our own. And, and again, it's up to me to, you know, bridge the gaps, and the money's just not there to do it. David has been on the waiting list for a waiver for two years. Gwathmi had the option of institutionalizing her brother some time ago, but couldn't see removing David from his family setting. David thrives better, and people like him thrive better around people they know in a family environment. And a lot of these people that are institutionalized certainly deserve some type of family environment, which can be created in a group home with four to five people living in a group home mm. and a regular person coming in and out, as opposed to just mingle 
filled with all types of different, you know, problems from A to Z. I mean, I just, I don't see how that's going to help anybody. But some strongly support the institutions, including Charles Fallis, president of Families and Friends United for Central Virginia Training Centers. Fallis' daughter has lived in state institutions for 39 years. When we first uh, started up, they had about 3,000 residents there, and it was not too good. Wasn't bad, but uh, you know it it has improved uh, greatly over over the intervening years. Fallis said patients like his daughter would not survive outside of the institution. These these uh, these folks require uh, twenty many of them twenty four hours a day, seven day a week, uh, you know, attention. And there's no way they're going to get that that kind of service uh, out in the communities. But the Justice Department also found the staff at state institutions lacked knowledge about community-based programs and are not adequately educating families about their options, which independent living advocate Maureen Hollowell says are just as comprehensive as the institutions. The services and the supports and the socialization and employment opportunities that people have living in the community are activities uh, that allow for the individual not just to be socially integrated, but really to be a member of society. Governor Bob McDonald has publicly acknowledged the need to increase community-based programs and waiver slots. He proposed and state lawmakers approved about $30 million from the state's general fund to support people with disabilities. About $10 million will go towards 275 slots for Medicaid waivers. Another $9 million is slated for crisis intervention and stabilization programs to help keep people out of institutions. But about $7.5 million will go to the institutions. Hollowell was optimistic after hearing the governor's public and financial support of community-based programs. She said the money hadn't yet trickled down to waiver programs, but any action by McDonald was a good sign. I think there's great hope now in Virginia between these two things occurring, as well as the administration, their own acknowledgement that that just something need, that, that the system needs to change. Virginia and the Justice Department continue negotiations over the issue. Nationwide, more states are closing their institutions, including Alabama, the first southern state to announce such a move. More than 20 states, including Vermont and Arizona, serve more than 80% of people in home-like or community settings. Disability advocates praise the progress while noting that reforms are needed to help nearly 33,000 people who still live in more than 60 state institutions. Brad Kuttner, FSRN, Richmond. And you are listening to Free Speech Radio News on KPFA, your community radio station. That last soundbite you heard, those last words you heard from that last person were, the system needs to change. If you're listening right now, you know that the system needs to change, and you also know that KPFA has been the center, the heart in this community of pushing for that change with your help as part of the community. But we cannot continue to make that push for change at this crucial time in our society where people are out in the streets and cities all across the country. We need this news and information to stay on the air and in order for it to do that we need your financial support we are in our pledge drive and we need you to call right now i'm about to give you the phone number and make a donation to support kpfa and support free speech radio news the number is 800-439-5732 again that's 800 toll free of course 
439-5732 to keep important programming like this on the air. My name is Andrew Stelzer. I am here with Rose and Zane, some of the FSRN tech wizards, and they're going to tell you a little bit about why you need to make that call. You can also pledge online at kpfa.org. Rose and Zane, why do these people need to call 800-439-5732? Uh, Andrew, FSRN is a really great resource for training. Zane is here on his first day at Free Speech Radio News. Welcome. He's training to be on the tech team. Thank Hi, Zane. Hi, how you doing? Good. How was your day today? Uh, it's good, you know. There's uh, great people here. Um, so first day in front of the computer editing audio, and that's the audio you just heard, actually. Zane um, had a hand in preparing the part of the newscast you just heard. And there were a few things we had to take out of the newscast, and that is Ooh. so that we could come to you and appeal to you for your funds. Okay. Um, there was an interview. Um, subject matter was Syria. Zane, you want to talk about the Syria interview a little bit? I made you listen to it after the cast went out. Yeah, well, people keep asking me about Syria and what they think is going to happen in Syria. And, um, what the inter- well, the interview, well, because nobody really knows what's going to happen. So the interview today was an uh, interview with a correspondent, an FSR, FSRN correspondent. That's right, our anchor, Dorian Marina. So Dorian Marina was um, interviewing Mohammed Al Abdullah. Yeah, and he had been in Turkey at the uh, opposition council meeting. And he was being interviewed, and they're asking what was going to happen. And the sense I get, and as a Syrian, is that nobody really knows what's going to happen. People can speculate, but the UN can't even pass sanctions on Syria. Um, yeah, I, I don't. The quiz goes on here, Zane. Um, Was there anything you heard of the FSRN interview that was a little bit different from what you've been hearing on the mainstream media? Like, do you think FSRN brings um, a new perspective, maybe a deeper perspective? Well, I mean, the fact that FSRN is covering the events in Syria to begin with, uh, I think, says a lot about the, the station. The mainstream organizations, mainstream media isn't really covering Syria, or at least it's not taking headlines. Right, and at least not as in-depth. And and also not trying to get the people's perspective. Syria is a particularly tough country and issue to cover because of the censorship and because how the media has been cracked down upon. And KPFA and FSRN have been doing their darndest. And hopefully, hopefully you think a good job of getting you voices of the Syrian people. I know people who can give a different perspective other than the, you know, the usual uh, good guys, bad guys that the U.S. government has been trying to push uh, for the last decade and more. If you appreciate those perspectives, we have to get you to call right now. There are no phone lines lit up, and we only have, uh, since it's only a half-hour show, we only have about five minutes to raise $500. So if you can make a $50 donation or a $100 donation, or maybe you could go all the way, give us those five bills. $500 would go a long way to supporting FSRN and KPFA. Call right now, 800 439 5732. That's toll free, 800-439-5732. We have to get a phone line lit up, folks. We're here just floundering in the wind. We want to understand that there's some uh, support out there for uh, Free Speech Radio News and for KPFA. You know this is a vital community resource. If you've been listening all these 
days, weeks, months, and years, you know that uh, we're not giving you the government line or the common line about what's going on in the Middle East way before the Arab Spring and during the Arab Spring. There's a remarkable turn of events, and I think the people who've been listening to KPFA have a much better idea of what's going on uh, during this year of amazing change because they understood the background, and they weren't just buying into the stereotypes um, that had been pushed on us through the mainstream media. So again, the phone number is 800-439-5732. We need to get at least one phone line lit up. Andrew, I was hoping to do this after we had had a few calls, a few pledges, but but um, I want to raise the stakes now. We haven't had anybody call yet, but we have a $200 match. So what a match is, is Jean-Marie Brizio from Burlingame has um, offered to donate $200 on the condition that we get people to call in and pledge 200 of their dollars. So that money is matched. Your pledge is, in effect, doubled. Essentially, this money does not exist unless you manifest it into being with your $200. And And if you ever wondered, they actually do call people back and offer the money back. So it's pretty serious. Like, we don't want to drop the ball on this one. So please give us a call. The number is 1-800-439-5732. You're pledging your support for FSRN, you're pledging your support for KPFA. FSRN actually produces the newscast out of KPFA, so this is sort of our home base, and we use KPFA's resources to do it. And we rely on you, our listeners, almost solely for our money. Um, We don't have any corporate underwriters, um, and we don't want to move that way, do we? Right, no ads on the website, yeah, and we don't want to have to do that. But you know what? This is... This is not looking good for us, Andrew. Yeah, we got to survive, folks. Nobody's on the phone. We need to get on the stick. I want to remind everyone that every little bit counts, 800-439-5732. Myself, I'm a recent college graduate. I'm broke, but I still manage to donate every month to FSRN. And so if I can do it, I know you can do it, too. Truer words were never spoken. Speaking of every month, we do have the option. You can donate and have $5 a month, $10 a month, whatever it is withdrawn from your bank account. So that's a good way to give if you don't have the lump sum right now. You you just want to give $10 a month. I don't even need to get into the the whole mathematics of how many cups of coffee that is. That is not many. And I know you, yes, you listening, you're thinking he's not talking to me. I am talking to you. You drink a lot of coffee. So a few less cups of coffee every month can go a long way towards supporting community radio, getting these voices out on the air, getting these perspectives from locally and globally on such important issues at this incredibly important time where people are in the streets. The number again, 800-439-5732. That's toll free, 800-439-5732. Or pledge online right now at kpfa.org. How's it looking, Rose? We had... um um, one sort of mystery call. Somebody started to call and then dropped off. I don't know if that was a phone room volunteer checking the line, but we have one person on the line making a pledge, which is great. We've got a $200 match on the line. So unless that one person is pledging $200, we need um, more people to chip in. 1-800-439-5732. Um, I can tell you, if I were going to donate money to KPFA, I would do it right now. FSRN is um, a really great show where you get a lot of bang for your buck. We really make those.
those dollars go far. Please yeah. call in 1-800-439-5732. And um, yeah, we, if you're verbally inclined, that spells Hey KPFA. 1-800-HEY-KPFA. We just heard stories about Afghanistan, the war in Afghanistan, the forgotten war for a lot of media, not forgotten on KPFA. We heard stories about the Keystone Pipeline. We're talking about oil and big business environmental situation that's so important. We're talking about disabled people's rights. That was that last story. All these different demographics of people that you will not hear their perspectives anywhere else. If you value that, we have less than 45 seconds to go. We need you to pick up the phone right now. 800-439-5732. You can pledge online at kpfa.org. Again, that number is 800-439-5732. Whatever you can spare, it is appreciated. All right, you're listening to KPFA, KPFE in Berkeley, KFCF in Fresno, 88.1 FM, and online at kpfa.org. One more time, the number 1-800-439-5732. Time is about 4 p.m. Time for Hard Knock Radio. Greetings, KPFA listeners. This is our fall fun drive. We still need volunteers to answer phones. Spare some time to join us at 1929 Martin Luther King Jr. Way in Berkeley. We begin at 6.30 a.m. and go all day. Or you can donate to KPFA at kpfa.org or call 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-5732. Thank you. And again, you are listening to 94.1 KPFA in Berkeley, 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno, online at kpfa.org. It's 4 p.m. Up next, Hard Knock Radio. One, two, three, four. Y'all ready for this? Ladies and gentlemen. 94.1 What you see here? everybody welcome to another edition it is hard knock radio david d hanging out with you this afternoon and on today's show we're going to find out why president obama has turned up the war on drugs and believe it or not it's worse than george bush all that and more coming up after the afternoon headline i'm mark miracle with kpfa news headlines although today's jobs report is better than some had expected. One private economist says it also shows that the economy is not gaining much momentum. The nation added 103,000 jobs in September, and the number of jobs added in July and August was revised upward. But Tom Porcelli, the chief U.S. economist at RBC Capital Markets, says the report is just enough to calm fears of a new recession. An initial report last month had said zero jobs were added in August, but the revised numbers show a gain of 57,000 jobs for the month. Still, in order to keep up with population growth, the economy has to add 
about 125,000 jobs a month and even more to bring down unemployment from its current 9.1%. Some economists had feared the nation would lose jobs in September, raising the risk of a painful second recession. The September job gains include 45,000 Verizon workers who were rehired after going on strike. U.S. outposts near the Pakistani border in Afghanistan have been targets today as the Afghan war reached the 10-year mark, the longest war in U.S. history. A suicide bomber detonated explosives packed into a vehicle near the entrance to one combat outpost in Paktika province after it had been hit by nearly two dozen rockets. Two other bases in the province were also hit with rocket fire. But no deaths were reported among U.S. service members at any of them. In Washington, President Barack Obama noted the anniversary quietly. In a written statement, he says the U.S. is safer now. Thanks to the sacrifice of troops, diplomats, and intelligence analysts during the war. Fourteen peace activists have been arrested for blocking traffic in downtown Los Angeles at a rally marking the 10th anniversary of the start of the war in Afghanistan. The 14 were among about 100 members of an interfaith organization that marched through downtown today and demonstrated outside a federal building. At the end of the rally, the 14 stood in the middle of Los Los Angeles Street in a planned act of civil disobedience. Among those who attended the rally was actor Mike Farrell, who says he believes the war has wasted billions of dollars without significantly impacting terrorism. Farrell also says he's disappointed that President Barack Obama has continued the war. A protest in San Francisco is slated to get underway at 4.30 at the new federal building at 7th and Mission Streets. California's governor has signed a package of bills designed to strengthen oversight of natural gas transmission pipelines and improve emergency responses to prevent deadly pipeline explosions. Governor Jerry Brown's office announced today that the Democrat had signed five bills written in response to the September 9, 2010 blast in San Bruno which killed eight, injured dozens, and destroyed 38 homes. Through the bill, state legislators seek to set new standards for emergency preparedness, mandate the placement of automatic shutoff valves in vulnerable areas, and ensure that utilities are testing high-pressure transmission lines. California's governor has signed a bill banning the sale, trade, or possession of shark fins, joining several other states in trying to protect the dwindling shark population. Governor Brown announced today that he signed AB 376 by Democratic Assemblyman Paul Fong of Cupertino. Brown says the practice of cutting the fins off of living sharks and dumping them back in the ocean is not only cruel, but harms the health of our oceans. 
The bill had split the Asian delegation in the California legislature. Fong says it's needed to protect endangered shark species. Others call the measure racist because the fins are used in a soup considered a delicacy in some Asian cultures. California joins Hawaii, Oregon, Washington, and Guam in the ban. Details on these and other stories coming up on the evening news from Pacifica at 6. Stay tuned now for Hard Knock Radio. This is Brother Africa Bambada, Godfather of Hip Hop Culture, and I'm on Hard Knock Radio, 94.1 KPFA, as they blow your funky mind, sucker. Wanna move? This is Pam Africa on Hard Knock Radio, the station of resistance. Down with this rotten ass system. Stay tuned to Hard Knock Radio on KPFA. <laughs> Davey D hanging out with you this afternoon and right now on our phone lines all the way in New York City. We have from the Drug Policy Alliance, uh, Ethan Nadelman. And uh, I wanted to talk to you, Ethan, for a couple of reasons. Uh, first and foremost, I want to talk to you about the current situation regarding the escalating war on drugs. And the second thing is, of course, on everybody's mind out here in California, the situation regarding um, the escalation on um, shutting down cannabis clubs. Yeah. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, David, it increasingly seems like Barack Obama's administration is reneging on the commitments that he made when he was running for office and turning their back on the fairly intelligent policies they implemented regarding medical marijuana while in his first year in office. I mean, this latest assault seems to be coming from the Justice Department, from the U.S. attorneys, from the IRS, from the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco and, and, and Firearms in the Justice Department. I mean, it seems to be an across-the-board onslaught. And what it appears is that increasingly the Obama administration's medical marijuana policy and even its broader drug control policy is being driven by overzealous prosecutors and by the sorts of anti-marijuana zealots who dominated policymaking in the previous administrations. So, you know, Drug Policy Alliance, other organizations, we're mobilizing on every front we can right now, but there sure seems to be something orchestrated coming out of Washington, the Obama administration that's all about bad politics, bad policy, and bad faith. What do you think is driving this? I mean, you mentioned that it could be um, prosecutors, but it doesn't seem to make sense. Here you have California, which solidly got behind Obama and solidly got behind medical marijuana. He had a large base of young people who overwhelmingly support decriminalization of medical marijuana. We are also seeing, as you all put out, that there's an escalating war on drugs and there are many people in um, poor and poor communities and communities of color 
color that have seen incarceration rates go up um, unbelievably. And having this sort of prosecution for weed seems like that's going to add to that. What is this about? Where where's the Obama administration coming from with all this? You know, I'll tell you, David, I, I actually think that, that I don't I'd be surprised if the president himself is focused on this at all. And it seems as if the political arm of, of the administration is not paying attention at all. It's, you know, let's remember, we've had a drug war uh, apparatus that's been in place for decades. You know, let's not forget that even when presidents change, most of the personnel involved in any area of policy remain more or less the same. Unfortunately, drug policy is one of those areas where the person in charge, whether it's the drugs are the Justice Department, seem to be relying for advice and guidance on the same people who advise the, 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 who advise the Bush administration and, for that matter, the Clinton administration before it. There's not any kind of recognition that the current policy was a disaster and that it needs to be, it needs to be altered. And I think when that happens, what it means is that prosecutors just do what prosecutors do. They start to say, this is in violation of federal law. We don't give a damn about state law. We don't give a damn about ballot initiatives. And for that matter, we're not even interested in good public policy when it comes to public safety or public health. Our job is to enforce the federal law. All of this is against federal law, and therefore we're going to slam on down. We're going to we're going to treat you know medical marijuana dispensaries operating legally under state law as if they're as if they're second and third class businesses. We're going to treat medical marijuana patients uh, as something you know less than first class citizens when it comes to the right to own a gun. Uh, you know, which is very important in states like Montana and New Mexico and a range of other places. They're saying they're going to treat landlords as criminals for renting the medical marijuana dispensaries. So I think the federal prosecutors are essentially out of control right here. And meanwhile, you know, that old kind of fringe anti-marijuana fanaticism that we thought had kind of been pushed to the sidelines when Obama came in, they didn't go away. They have the ear of the drug czar. I can tell you the drug czar, Gil Kurlikowski, he's not listening to people from the reform community. He's not listening to people who are trying to make good policy in this area. He's listening to the old line ideologues who drove the policy into the ground beforehand. So I think there's a major disconnect going on, and it's our responsibility to wake up the president and wake up the political side of this thing, never never mind the moral side of the administration. Let me ask you this, uh, Ethan. You mentioned state rights, and you've seen in recent years states asserting their rights, many in very questionable forms. We can look at the type of legislation that they're putting up around um, voting, which is leading to a lot of speculation of uh, suppressive tactics. But we don't see the Obama administration, um, the Department of Justice searching into those areas with the same sort of glee. We've seen a rise in police brutality outside of maybe the prosecutions we saw in New Orleans. We haven't really seen the administration um, gleefully attack that, the way that they're coming after medical marijuana. And then lastly, we can look at all the financial upheavals that are happening from state to state, and that brings financial 
financial institutions, the banks and local mortgage companies also um, may, you know, the speculation they had wrongdoing, but we don't see that aggressive sort of prosecution of them. Why the drugs and not all these other things? Well, I mean, first of all, you know, whenever we talk about states' rights, that obviously raises concerns. I mean, who can forget the ways in which states' rights arguments were used to justify racial oppression during the days of Jim Crow and during the civil rights struggle? But there's a big difference between states' rights that – where states asserting their rights in, in ways that diminish the rights and freedoms of their own citizens and especially the most vulnerable citizens and asserting states' rights in ways that advance the rights and freedoms of their own citizens and especially the most you know, vulnerable citizens. When you see states, right, states trying to claim states' rights powers in order to crack down on legal immigrants or people like that, that's offensive. But when you see states standing up to the federal government and saying that we believe that in the state of California or in Montana or Colorado or Vermont or Rhode Island or you name it, that actually our citizens should have slightly greater freedoms than are allowed under federal law. That's where the feds and especially an administration that respects basic civil rights and freedoms should be standing down. Now, I think what happens, of course, is that, you know, federal prosecutors what they're thinking is very sort of, you know, monomaniacal in a way. It's all about there's a federal law here. Our job is to enforce federal law. So long as Congress has not changed federal law, we're going to enforce the letter of the law. And I think you're not seeing that in the same way in some of these other areas. I think I think some of the federal prosecutors are going, hey, people are making money off medical marijuana in violation of the federal law. Since when do we allow that? And the fact that these that they're make that, that people are making money off of medical marijuana are doing so in compliance with state and local law that they are paying taxes to state and local governments that they're that that, that that what they are doing is consistent with the will of the people as reflected in ballot initiatives and in state legislation the fed feds just simply don't care about that stuff you know so and i have to say also sometimes i think that that we by which i mean you know the people involved in drug policy reform have sort of dropped the ball a bit in terms of engaging the political side of the Obama administration, the Democratic Party, Republican Party. I mean, it's a sort of wake-up call for us that we need to step up our efforts because what's happening right now is one side of the administration is pursuing this whole war on drugs with, with, with zeal and with glee and our ability to get provoked the other side of the administration, people would be concerned about this. You know, we've not been successful in doing that in the way we need to be. We were during the first year, but no longer. Let me ask you this. Ethan, when we look at this um, situation of them coming after cannabis clubs, doesn't this open the door for uh, cartels to suddenly take over the uh, trafficking of marijuana even more, hence increasing uh, potential uh, carnage and criminal uh, behavior in communities, whereas before, if you had these dispensaries and they were in alignment with the state, um, there was some sort of mechanism for accountability. And as you said, taxes are also being paid for this. It's not like weed is going to disappear. It's just going to go in the hands of the, of the criminal underground. Is this what we're setting ourselves up for? 
Yeah, David, I'll say you said it as well as anybody could. It's not the the question is not whether or not people are going to grow marijuana, sell marijuana, buy it, or consume it. The issue is not whether or not people are going to use it for medical reasons or other reasons. The question is, are we going to keep this stuff in the underground, where the market's controlled by criminals, where it feeds the Mexican organized crime, where it's untaxed by by state and local authorities, or are we going to find sensible ways to regulate it? Now, what you saw emerge in California admittedly in haphazard ways around the state, but nonetheless, what's emerged in, throughout California, now in Colorado and a range of other states, are efforts basically to legally regulate this stuff, to bring it above ground, to hold landlords and dispensary owners and growers and others accountable to certain standards in terms of regulation, in terms of taxation, in terms of the quality of their products. I mean, this is a positive development, you know, drying up the black market in this stuff. But instead, what you're seeing is this nonsensical policy by the Obama administration that's basically pushing this stuff back underground. I mean, right now, state and local governments are earning millions of dollars in California and elsewhere from medical marijuana regulation. Right now, unions are beginning to unionize in this area. People are beginning to get decent legal jobs. And instead, what do you see? Federal zealousness, you know, resulting or zealotry resulting in this stuff being pushed back in the underground. It, I just want to reiterate this. It makes no sense. This new onslaught by a, a IRS and ATF and DOJ and U.S., you know, all the federal law enforcement agencies and the U.S. attorneys, it makes no sense from a public safety, a public health, or a broader public policy perspective. It makes no sense. It's the opposite of good policy. It also doesn't seem to make sense politically. Again, if you're talking about you owe your election to an under 30 crowd, and that under 30 crowd has overwhelmingly been in support of this criminalization, and now they see that um, things that may be kind of close to them or relatable to them or under attack and it's in about face in terms of what the president promised what does that mean in 2012 well i don't know you look let's face it right now in the republican primaries you have two candidates gary johnson and ron paul who are speaking explicitly to this issue you know they are saying the war on drugs is a bust we need to legalize marijuana we need to regulate this stuff we need to roll back the war on drugs and meanwhile the obama administration is sounding just like its predecessors when it comes to stepping up the drug war. So if I'm an 18, a 17, 18, 19, 20-year-old person and I'm going to be voting for the first or second time in my life come 2012, and one of the issues I care a lot about is how the government's dealing with the marijuana issue or the broader drug war, I got like, and I don't know that much about politics, and but this issue is important to me, I'm looking around and I'm saying both parties are pretty bad about this thing, but the only people speaking to this issue appear to be people on the Republican side, you know, not the Democratic side. I think people who would naturally incline to Barack Obama are going to be saying, I don't get it. How is he any different than George Bush on this issue? That cannot be a good thing for the Obama administration and, and, and their prospects. Changing pace a little bit, and for people just tuning in, we've been talking with Ethan Nadelman from the Drug Policy Alliance. You all sent out a press release that talked about a flurry of bills that are before 
Congress, uh, many of them very disturbing because it definitely escalates the war on drugs. One of the things that stood out was um, the potential for them to go after people using conspiracy laws um, who are engaged in drugs in any sort of way overseas, um, even when it's legal. Um, can you explain what this is about? And, and I mean, now now we have the far arm of the law able to potentially reach somebody who may be in Amsterdam somewhere. Well, you know, I, I mean, some of these, you know, you know, innovative and evil policies are being driven by some of the remaining Republican drug warriors in the House, like this proposal that says that if you use marijuana in the Netherlands, you're committing a you're committing a violation of American law. I mean, that's what they're trying to do, a kind of extraterritorial assertion of U.S. law, not to deal with terrorism and major crime, but simple drug use, drug consumption, marijuana consumption. So I think there, there's still that kind of retrograde minority of drug war fanatics who are unfortunately in, in positions of power, especially with the Republicans controlling the House right now. Unfortunately, it appears that many Democrats are just rolling over on this stuff. So what you have is almost, on the one hand, more and more elected officials, primarily Democrats, but sometimes, oftentimes Republicans, who are saying the drug war has gone too far, we got too many people behind bars, we just agreed that the crack powder law in, in Washington were not justified and we rolled those back somewhat. We just agreed that we had a rollback on medical marijuana a bit. You know, rolling back and understanding it's gone too far, but then the first time a kind of new proposal comes along or a new drug comes along, what they're doing is just kind of reverting to the same old knee-jerk criminalization instincts. So, you know, and the Democrats, you know, it, it's not as bad as what happened in the late 1980s when they were worried about being outflanked by the Republicans on the on the, on the crime issue, but what you see is once again them sort of rolling over and just allowing this stuff to roll through. It's one thing, you know, if you see a Republican-dominated House putting forward this stupid legislation and, you know, but to have the Democratic-controlled Senate going along with this stuff, I mean, that should be entirely unacceptable. What should we be doing right now? I actually think the key thing is to be trying to engage, you know, first and foremost, the Obama administration on this medical marijuana issue. I think that the White House needs to be hearing from people. I'm going to do my best, not just, you know, I mean, the Drug Policy Alliance, we're the leading organization in the country trying to end the war on drugs. We have almost 200,000 people on our email list. So our membership is going to be hearing from them about contact the White House and contact Congress and all that sort of thing. But in addition, you know, more and more, we know a growing number of people who are influential in terms of national Democratic Party politics. We know more and more people who are major donors to, to these efforts. And I think what you're going to see is more and more the Obama administration's political side is going to be hearing from people, not just your, not just your ordinary American who, whose voice should be just as powerful as your wealthy American, but they're going to be hearing from some wealthy Democratic contributors going, what the hell is going on? I also think it's important for members of Congress to be hearing that this is a priority issue. You know, that's something that any Anybody, any one of your listeners who's a who's an American citizen can be contacting their member of Congress and saying, this has to stop. I need you to prioritize this sort of stuff. And that goes not just for Democrats, but for reaching out to Republican elected officials as well. Well, there you have it. We've been talking with Ethan Nadelman. How do we get a hold of the Drug Policy Alliance? You know, just go to drugpolicy.org on the website. And for those of your listeners who can make it down to Los Angeles in a month, November 2nd to 5th, 
in Los Angeles is going to be the biennial International Drug Policy Reform Conference. This is the leading gathering in, in, in the world of people who believe the war on drugs is doing more harm than good. There's going to be people from all around the state, all around the country, and all around the world there. There should be over a thousand people in attendance. I would describe this three-day gathering in Los Angeles as a cross between an intensive graduate seminar and a three-day revival meeting. So go to drugpolicy.org or go to reformconference.org and, and sign up and try to get down there. Well, there you have it. So let me just uh, recap for people who don't know. The Obama administration is now issued warnings to cannabis clubs throughout the state of California that they will be prosecuted if they don't shut down in the next 45 days. They've been using all sorts of new tools, including going after them with the IRS and uh, claiming that deductions, business deductions and everything are not allowed. Therefore, they owe uh, enormous amounts of money and penalty now. And then we also have laws before Congress that will potentially give the U.S. prosecutors the right to prosecute you for using drugs in another country, even if it's legal. So this is something that's at stake right now. We should uh, all be on the lookout. And again, drugpolicyalliance.org is the uh, website. Ethan, thank you so much. Thank you, David. Take care. There you have it. So much has been happening this week. I mean, all the craziness at all the different occupies, Occupy San Francisco, Occupy Wall Street, 700 people arrested at the start of the week. And it's going on and on. And then you have... Um, the rich and powerful, you know, blaming people. What did Herman Cain say? If you ain't rich, it's your own damn fault. What did Bob Johnson say? You're giving a bad name to the rich folks. You know, don't don't come after us. We didn't do nothing wrong. And it goes on and on. That's just the tip of the iceberg. In the meanwhile, with a prison population of 2.5 million, we have uh, the Obama administration making... Uh, 587,000 degree turn on their position on uh, medical marijuana and now actively coming after folks at a time when we should be decreasing the prison population where we should be finding new ways to earn revenue and uh, move in a more uh, wholesome way if we are trying to fight the quote unquote war on drugs but as uh, Mr. Uh, Nettleman pointed out Seems like uh, they're going full throttle in this uh, continued direction of a failed policy. Meantime, if you're just tuning in, it is Hard Knock Radio 94.1 KPFA. David D. hanging out with you this afternoon. And if you don't know, we're in the middle of the fall fund drive. So far, a lot of y'all have been donating throughout the day. Um, over the last couple of days on Hard Knock, we definitely appreciate your support. And we want to encourage and entice more of you to do the same. The phone number is 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-KPFA. That is the phone number. And what I'm looking for right now, I'm looking for 10 of you. 10 of you who are not members of KPFA, meaning that you haven't made a pledge ever. You haven't made a pledge for at least $25. We want to try and get those membership numbers up. We want you to join the family. Right? Erica's sitting at the board, shaking her head like, you know it. We need some more members. We need you to be a part of us so we can hit you up, let you know about the events that we're doing, 
you know, we got Harry Belafonte coming to town, things like that. Um, you get to be a part of uh, participating and, you know, the board elections, all that different type of stuff. This is your radio station. We're here for you, the community. Now, the phone number, 510-848-5732-1800-439 KPFA. We got a couple of people on the line. We need we need eight more. I'm looking for ten. Eight more. Can you do it? Are you a member? If you're not a member, do you have a family member who listens that's not a member? Will you call on their behalf? Will you call right now? 510-848-5732. 1-800-439-KPFA. They say one out of seven pledges. That means the other six, we need you all to get on board. This is how radio stations, all radio stations, are bought and paid for in some, or they're accountable, I should say, to some sort of entity. Some are accountable to, I don't know, pick a big corporation, you know, a weapons maker. Some are accountable to a sweatshop factory owner. Some to big oil. Some to Wall Street and big banks. Us, we're, we're accountable to you. The people that call right now, 510-848-5732, 1-800-439-KPFA. We are looking for you to pledge this very moment. Right now, this very moment. I might have to up the stakes a little. What do you think? I might have to up the stakes a little bit. I mean, I'm asking you just to become a member, but let me tell you what else I got, just in case. Just in case you're sitting there going, yeah, what else you got? I got in my hand. I have a hip-hop history pack. These are some of the best interviews that we've done with some of the pioneering and landmark figures in hip-hop. We have compiled them. And uh, on this CD, Volume 1, that we're offering for this fun drive, we have Africa Bambata. This is the interview that we did with him right around the time Katrina took place. And he really breaks down a lot of stuff. We have uh, Grandmaster Flash. We have uh, that's an early interview with him. We also have Cool Herc. Those are the three pillars of hip hop culture. We also have the first lady of hip hop, Cindy Campbell. That is Cool Herc's sister. That's a rare interview. She doesn't do too many of them. We were blessed to have one with her here at Hard Knock Radio. We also have Queen Latifah, Russell Simmons. And since this is the 10th, I hate to use the word anniversary. Anniversary is not the word that you want to use to describe a, a, a crazy war that we're still involved in. But we have the 10th anniversary of the war. But we went to one of the first big anti-war rallies in Washington, D.C. And we talked with Boots from the Coup that day. We have that included on the volume. We also have Lupe Fiasco, Dead Prez, Queen Latifah. Ice T, and the person who you're about to hear from now, Quest Love. Now, what we're offering for this, this Hip Hop History Pack, Volume 1, with all these people, Bambada, Flash, Herc, Quest Love, Lupe, Dead Prez, MC Light, Queen Latifah, Cindy Campbell, list goes on and on. We're looking for a $50 pledge. $50 pledge. We got a couple of people on the line. $50 pledge will get you that hip-hop history pack of interviews and it will also make you a member of this station so you can get a twofer it means you can become a member and you can have a keepsake 
that will take you through the ages. These are classic interviews, um, very uh, informative, captures the moment of the days that we interviewed them. And uh, I think this is something that is keepsake. So once again, 510-848-5732-1800-439-KPFA. If you haven't pledged, now's your chance. Now's your time. Now's your time to stand up, be counted, and uh, push back. It's not just you. It's not just you giving money to KPFA, but you're also making a statement that you are supporting an institution that is counter to those other media outlets that are bought and sold and controlled by those uh, powerful institutions that will sit up here and distort some of the very important issues that we're covering, like the interview that we just did with with uh, Ethan. You know, where he talks very specifically about the, the, the prosecutor's zeal in the Obama administration, how they're asleep at the wheel. You know, that's the stuff that we're talking about. It's not the spin that others are giving. It's not the, uh, 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 the uh, I don't know, the softening of his policy. We're telling you that he's doing worse than Bush on this. It's going to have more people, poor, marginalized people in jail. That's the honest conversations that we have. So once again, 510-848-5732, 1-800-439-KPFA. I want to thank those who have called. We need a couple of more of you all to call. And then I want to give you an excerpt from this incredible interview that we did with Questlove, who will be in town tomorrow. That's right. Questlove will be in town tomorrow. But before we do this, we need two more people to light up these phone lines. So once again, 510-848-5732. I think maybe I said the, the number too fast. So I'm going to say it real slow. Right, let me get a deep breath. Let me get a drink of this uh, cantaloupe juice. And uh, take a little bite of this pork rind here. Okay, wipe it, wash it down with the cantaloupe juice. And here we go. Here's the number, folks. 510 why is everybody looking at me like pork rinds and cantaloupe juice? I'm do, I'm healthy with the cantaloupe juice. People looking at me like, well, this boy. I mean, can I mean it's cantaloupe juice and pork rinds. That's my that's 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 how we was raised. Okay, 510-848-5732-1800-439 KPFA. All right, without further ado, let's check out Questlove, and this is what he's talking about. It's an excerpt. It's an hour-long interview. It is included on that hip-hop history pack. But this particular segment, he's talking about the inner workings of the music business and how their Grammy Award-winning song actually got on the air. He uh, spills the beans on this. Check it out. Let me, let me ask you this. You know, one, one concern that has popped up with artists of your caliber and when I say caliber, I'm talking about the fact that obviously you have political leanings. You have a very cultural approach, you know, that's rooted in the essence and spirit of black music. And there's a number of groups that you, you know, at least when you see them perform, you get that sense from them. And one of the challenges that you find is that it's hard for them to be consistently presented in front of black audiences and i want to you know in the roots you know to me i've been to shows you know when i go to dc i see a black audience but then i'll come to other places and i'll be like man am i the only one here that that likes the roots and you know my question is why do you think that has happened how do you guys feel about that is it is it a good thing in terms of the diversity that you're able to attract or is it something that's very deliberate like in the case of dead prez where their records were deliberately being marketed to skaters in a way 
from the hood, you know, according to Stick. Like, they had a game plan to keep them out of the hood. Oh, the irony. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the irony with a, with a group yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, I think, and it's really weird. Like, I think one of the groups that really, really, really got shafted uh, was Cypress Hill. Because the thing was, like, I remember in, in 91, 92, when the source first started discovering the the diverse nature of Cypress Hill shows and seeing all white kids there and them actually thinking, oh, you guys are just marketing to a white audience, which wasn't the case. I mean, that was just who was gravitating towards Cypress Hill. And, you know, I always felt bad. Like, they also helped they had House of Pain jumping off with mugs and all that. No, they did. But I, I feel as though, you know, like they really, of all the groups, like they really pave the way so that you know people all the time are always constantly like there's always that 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 one black guy that shows like look man sorry for all these white people here man like and i'm like dude don't you know like this is how all the shows are this is how all the show and you know the fact that maybe in 2006 they are getting used to the fact that they're seeing hip-hop's effect like it doesn't surprise me none because you know when we first got our record deal we stole our money and moved to europe and so we saw firsthand over in Slovenia and like just places that far Eastern Europe that hip hop has reached. Is is it a, a deliberate reach? Um, I know who my audience is, so I'm not going to waste time. I know that for there's a particular moment in which uh, Black Thought was a little frustrated that you know how come you know how come the ladies ain't feeling me like black women aren't feeling me? You know he goes somewhere and. You know, Black Thought and who? You know, and it, it, the thing is, I think that once you know the nature of your audience, then you just deal with it. Like, I, I know that just off the bat, most most black people are sort of blinded by celebrity. And celebrity is when your lifestyle sort of supersedes or or is is more famous than your art. In other words, people are more concerned with the dress that Jennifer Lopez had on last night as opposed to how good she hit that note on this particular concert. You know, whereas you could flip it and be like uh, Fantasia. Oh, okay, even Fantasia, whole, her whole life is sort of... But her lifestyle is, is definitely a front and center thing now. Yeah, it is. And, I mean, you know, American Idol is sort of like the void thing, so maybe that's the wrong example. But the thing is, I'm saying that there's a difference between artistry and celebrity. And it's like, uh, you know, when when you're... A good example is Jay-Z is a very skilled lyricist, a very well-respected lyricist. But he knows that his fame and his stature has a lot to do with what's implemented in the in the, in the minds of of the people that know of his hopeness i.e. that yacht and big pimpin you know he happens to be dating the standard for which most men judge the women that they choose i mean you, you can't separate a person's life from you know they know about Rockaway are making 150 million a year. They know about the 300 million Armadale deal. They know about the the acquired the, his partnership in the the Nets and with Reebok. And it's like 
this whole this whole winner take all um, mentality that the black audience, the disenfranchised people have, he's seen as a winner. You know, oh, you're a winner, you're winning, and so then that sort of separates your palate for what is good and you know good is always in the eye of the beholder so it's not to me to say oh this particular artist is good and this particular artist is not but good. but there's definitely a line that you can draw you know and if it i put in a, and if i put if i put on a root song like off the new album to a lot of cats in the hood and it's and and, and it, you know like the new song get it right you know which is bumping it has all the elements there the fact that it doesn't come consistently through that pipeline the MTV BET pipeline it will seem foreign and it won't be like you said it won't be that appreciation now if, if we same up and said you know Questlove is strong arming people and you did a bid or you know and had some sort of you know uh, uh, lifestyle yeah, that that's out. Yeah, if my image more or less fit with, I mean that would be an entry. But there's still situations of forcing people. Like my biggest single, I, I I won't hesitate to tell. I'll tell you exactly how it works. You take, you got to take a significant amount of money. In the case we took the very minimum amount, which was three quarters of a million dollars. You find. Uh, an agent or a middleman, I won't name him, he still makes a living. You find a middleman who does not work for the label and he takes the money and he goes to one of the five or six major uh, radio station owners. Like, the, I don't think people know that, you know, there's one particular radio set, like, okay, like, say Radio One is owned by what Kathy used and she owns uh, 80. She gets 70% of the black audience. Right, so she owns a spot in D.C., one in Philly, one in Atlanta. Like, there's a Power 106 Jams in Philly, and a Power 106 Jams in Atlanta, and in Denver. And then there's another, there's a competing radio station, like a Clear Channel, which owns like 500. And, you know, basically... 1,500. Well, yeah, a billion. <laughs> but at the end of the day, there's like five or six radio stations across the, the U.S., and their whole goal is to maintain your attention by any means. And so you give this middleman some money, and what he does is he goes to the head of said company and says, "Okay, look, I got an I got an artist here, the Roots. You know, I think you'll really feel him. What's the deal?" He plays it, and just instantly in four seconds they can tell if it's a hit or not. Now in this case we got denied. Uh, no. Now this is where they have to barter. They say, "Well, look, here's the deal." Um. Jay-Z, a fellow Universal artist, is going to do a few Power 106 jams, like summer concerts for you. Like, whenever you hear those radio stations throwing summer jams with Jay-Z, DMX, Ja Rule, 50 Cent. Not that that, that would ever happen, but you know what I mean? Like, when you see those summer summer park jams with Beyonce and Latoya Luckett, you know, those are deals. Those, those are bartered deals. So what happens is, person says, okay, check this out. I know that you want Jay-Z to headline the the Power Jam in Denver next summer. How about this? What if we throw in Little John and East Side Boys and also T.I.? We'll throw them in. We'll have them appear at your store. This is all I want you to do. I just want you to give me a look on the Root single. Play this 20 times a week. 
and see what your audience feels. And usually a song like that will get the little litmus testing. And if it catches on, then it automatically gets at. Or you can go a little further and say, well, look, um, you know, here's some money. How are your kids doing in college? Yada, yada, yada. So we had to grease palms. Like, You Got Me was n- surely not about, hmm, I like this song. Hey, let me add it. No, it wasn't. Like, you have to... Nothing. Nothing's for free in the industry. Oh, absolutely not. And so, have you ever gotten to a point where you said you, where you said, uh, "Damn it, I feel like." Did you ever come in and destroy somebody's office? <laughs> Look, I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> You're a big guy, you know. No, I mean, I, I feel frustration sometimes, but it's like at the end of the day, it's like my expectation level is so grounded that I'm cool with just staying relevant. As long as we stay relevant, I'm and being relevant. Meaning, like, not just making a living. Not like, okay, well, my time was back in 1994, but I'm still making records now. I got this new record online. You know, Course Loves, Country Hits. You know, you can get it on my new website. You know, not like that. I mean, as in the people still admiring the roots and can't wait for that new record and what the hell are they going to do next and that type of relevancy. As long as that's still there and we have a home to do it, I'm cool with it. Because, you know, like, there's, there's still artists in the pop world Sonic Youth. Sonic Youth has been making records for 25 years. That long, but I know you too. That's my favorite group, and they've been around 30. You, you two got the millions behind it. But I'm saying groups like Sonic Youth, groups like Dylan, Bob Dylan. He's like near 70, re- releasing his umpteenth record. Like those are prestige artists. They're allowed to make records no matter what. They'll the label will never pressure them to get this type of remix or follow this region or or hop on this trend they'll just let them do them and it's all fine because they have respect there is no artist in black music that has reached that level like most black artists their primary goal is you know we generate us money or else and i i kind of want to be the first artist in the pop realm to do that i know Whit marcellus has that in the jazz realm like jazz records don't sell but he's prestige and he's he's royalty You know, well, the Roots is on that way, being a prestige group. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens uh, after the next record. There you have it. Quest Love. By the way, of the Roots, of the Jimmy Fallon show, producer extraordinaire, he will be in town tomorrow. First of all, he will be down at uh, Bobby Hutton Park slash Defermery Park tomorrow. Um, he'll be there for the Life is Living Festival, the Estria, um, graffiti battle, all that stuff. That's going down from 11 to 5. But the big thing that he's doing is tomorrow night at Public Works in San Francisco. That is 161 Aries Street. In my hand, since we're in the middle of the fun drive, I have some tickets to give away if you'd like to go. See Quest Love, $50 pledge is what we're asking for. As we try to climb near our goal here at KPFA, the number again is 510-848-5732. And if you want the full interview, the hour-long interview that we did with Quest, talking about black music, Michael Jackson, all that good stuff, that was just an excerpt. Um, it is on a hip-hop history CD, meaning that we are bringing to you some of our classic and vintage interviews. They include Africa Bambada. Grandmaster Flash, Cool Herc, 
Cindy Campbell, that's the uh, sister of Cool Herc, talking about the first party that they did in 1973. We have Public Enemy, Lupe Fiasco, Dead Prez, MC Light, Queen Latifah, Russell Simmons, Ice-T, Boots, who we, and we, we're bringing out the interview that we had during that big anti-war, one of the first big anti-war marches in Washington, D.C., since we're looking at the 10th anniversary of this long-lasting debacle. So we need you all to call. $50 pledge will get you tickets for the Quest Love show tomorrow night. $50 pledge will get you the hip-hop history pack. And uh, these are keepsakes. These are things that will, it's a win-win. You get to go to the show, or you get the history pack, and you have hours of listening pleasure. I mean, this is all put together well, and I mean, you really get some good insight. Or you just get to be, and we get to continue on and be accountable to you, the people, not the other way around. Not, not, not accountable to a corporation. So once again, the phone number, 510-848-5732. Or 1-800-439-KPFA. Now, we had some lines lit up. Now, we don't have any of the lines lit up. And this is upsetting. I don't know if I need to sing. Do I need to take off my shirt or something here? You know, do I need to, uh, you know, tap dance a little, you know, spin on my head? But we need you to call right now. In all seriousness, folks, we need you to light up the lines. We need you to carry the weight. We need you to be a part of this station. Now, I don't know what happened between the time that we was just talking. We went into Quest Love. You had people on the line, and we came back out, and everybody disappeared. I, I don't know what's going on. So we have to get you back. And we have to remind you that this is a mission that all of us are on. We are on this mission to keep this institution unbought and unbossed, to quote the great Shirley Chisholm. 510 848 5732. That is the phone number. Or 1 800 439 KPFA. Now we got a couple of people on that line, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing, but we need a few more. We need a few more to come on the phone lines. Now, if we could do that, I can play the excerpt from the MC Light interview, where she's talking about the type of of teaming up that she would like to see women do, and that she has already started to do with Queen Latifah. Uh, and uh, and uh, there were so many others. I'm, my, my name is uh, my memory is getting shot right there. But she talks about that. But that's an hour long interview. She's talking about the responsibility towards uh, children and what artists should be doing towards them. And she had put out a children's book specifically for that. We have all this for you. So the, again, the phone number five ten eight four eight. 5732, that is for the Hip Hop History Pack, a $50 pledge. The Quest Love tickets, we have a couple of pair left. If you want to go tomorrow night to Public Works, 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-KPFA. Are you just going to sit there and let others take the weight? Or are you going to carry it and be a part of the team? So I just see two lines. I need a third. And a fourth. And a fifth. What are you doing right now? Are you picking up the phone? Or are you just sitting there going, well, somebody else will do it. No, we need you to do it. We need you to be a part of this. We need you to help keep the lights on in this building. We need to, we need your help to keep the microphones cracking. 
We need your help to make sure that we are able to go about our work and not feel beholden to somebody who will play politics with us. That we can speak the truth that we come across unafraid and boldly. The only way we can do that is when the circle is complete. We provide this information. You support it. We provide you support. We support you. Give you a voice to some of the things that are important in your life and in your community. We bring to life those perspectives that oftentimes are ridiculed. 510-848-5732-1800-439. KPFA. We have three people on the line. Can we get a fourth? Can we get a fourth? We're not going to get a You're going to get a fourth. I feel it. I'm going to let the force be with me. I'm going to let the force be with me. Remember when people used to say the force will be with you, Luke? That was back in the days. That was a little too far back in the days. But I remember that. In the meantime, we need you to call as we are coming down to the final minutes of Hard Knock Radio. I really wanted to play a little bit of the MC Light interview, but I, I can't do it unless we kind of get more people on the line. And, and if you don't do it, then what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to pledge. And I want you to pledge because this is a good thing. And you can get this on the Hip Hop History Pack, Volume 1. We have all those artists. Let me give you the all-star list. And these are, these are pretty lengthy interviews. These are good interviews. I mean, a lot of stuff being on here. Africa Bambata, Grandmaster Flash, Cool Herc, Cindy Campbell, Public Enemy, Questlove. You heard a little bit of that. KRS-One. He's on there. Dead Prez, MC Light, Queen Latifah, Russell Simmons, Ice T, Boots from the Coup. This is this is this is a keepsake. This is a keepsake. You don't want to if look, if you have first of all, if you just want to know history and want to have something that takes you back into time and kind of cements you there, this is a package for you. If you have youth that you're working with, this is something to have for them. This is something just to, you know, this is a way of us showing our appreciation. And, I mean, you just don't get this anywhere. Again, 510-848-5732-1800-439, KPFA. We need your help this afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. We need you to go to the phones. We need you to participate. We need you to be a part of the effort to make sure this institution is able to do what it does. Maybe we can play a little bit of the MC Light. Can we play a little bit of that? Let's play a little bit of MC Light. So let me ask you this. We're talking with MC Light. You know, they've always said women hold up the, uh, you know, they're the backbone of the community. Um, you judge a community by the way we treat our women. And uh, sisters have always been the ones holding it down. So I'm talking to you, and I'm like, okay, you got a book. Movies. Critical acclaim for your music just opened up your own business. I run into Latifah. She's blowing up all over the place. Uh, you know, same thing. Business, books, movies. Um, was talking with Yo-Yo the other day. Same thing. You know, doing her movies, all this stuff. And I'm going, damn, just those three alone. Then, you know, you got Spinderella, you got Salt, you got, you know, she's the, all these people. Have you all ever thought, and is it practical, or even a fair question, say, can you all get in the room, sit down and come up with something that would just turn things around? 
you know, because I'm like, if I'm if, if we line all these people up, and that's just the people that's in front of the mic, you know, you start asking, you know, start adding like people like Tembisa and Shaka, Sheena Lester, Poetess, and people who are behind the scenes, then you got a force that seriously needs, to, you know, you you got to reckon with that force. So I'm just so funny because I was just talking to Rage about this yesterday. And Rage is another one. See, I really want to be a part of a coalition of women that share information that uh, that are down for one another as opposed to being pitted against one another and yes I think that's quite possible now whether the um, the women who the media uh, 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 we have to stop it right there we have to stop it right there we have to stop it right there yeah 510-848 5732 1-800-439-KPFA. MC Light talking about coalition building. It's a long interview that we did with her. Very insightful, very inspirational. 510-848-5732 as we are coming to the final couple of minutes. By the way, Flashpoints will be up next. And um, they, where, where are you guys down at today? You, you all are on the streets today, right? I'm back in San Francisco because they're the, the at the federal building because people are upset about the uh, 10th anniversary of the war, among other things. You know, in addition to the Occupy, if you really think about it, the whole thing with the occupying, with all the money from the banksters and the war, it's all one big thing because they're all making money off this. So I'm, I'm, that's that's what's going down. Flashpoints will be coming up next. But in the meantime, we need the rest of y'all to donate and pledge. To KPFA. We have two minutes left and we can do this. We can take it over the top right now, ladies and gentlemen. 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-KPFA. If you haven't pledged, now's your opportunity to do so. We have the Hip Hop History Pack. It is a wonderful keepsake. We're offering it to you, $50 pledge. And again, all these pledges, you can spread them out over, you know, a couple of months. Three months, four months. You don't have to give it all in one shot. You know, four or five dollars a month. It'll be all good. Once again, five ten eight four eight fifty seven thirty two. The Hip Hop History Pack or Quest Love tomorrow night at Public Works in San Francisco. We're asking for a fifty dollar pledge for that. We're coming down to the final minute for Flashpoints takes over the ship. Takes you out to San Francisco. Let you know what's going on down there in front of the federal building. Again, we need you to call. We need you to light up the lines. We need you to show that you're committed to this radio station to the same degree that we're committed to making sure you get the news, views, and information you desire. Last 30 seconds. 510-848-5732-1800-439. K-P-F-A. want to thank everybody. Turning it over to Flashpoints.
palomita, palomita, que vagas por la ciudad. Ve, diles a mis hermanos de la pena y la maldad que se vive acá en el norte. at the new federal building will feature reports from the rally and from a march in Dayan to protest 10 years of war in Afghanistan. Also, we'll take a look at the special role the Latino community is playing in the most recent protests with Flashpoint's Friday co-host, Evelyn Sanchez. She's an organizer for immigrant and worker and labor rights. I'm Dennis Bernstein with Miguel Gabriela Molina broadcasting from the honorary Ruben Salazar Studios in San Francisco with Francisco Herrera holding the line down at the mothership KPFA all this straight ahead on Flashpoints stay tuned, take it Francisco que se vive acá en el norte si vienen a trabajar palomita palomita Right. Thank right you, on, Francisco right. Herrera. Evelyn there Sanchez is in the house here at the Ruben Salazar Studios in San Francisco, not too far from here. Uh, people are gathering for a protest and die-in. We're going to get reports from the street from Sabrina Jacobs coming up in a moment. Uh, but first, we wanted to kick it a little bit with Evelyn Sanchez, who has been on the streets for many days, very excited about what she's seeing and very excited about uh, what this means and what this could mean for the Latino and immigrants rights community. Evelyn Sanchez, great to have you back. Talk right into that mic. What's it been like for you out there? It's been fantastic. I tell you, I, I haven't felt such excitement since the 2006 immigrant rights marches. And I remember back then my skin would just tingle seeing the energy and seeing the optimism in people when they took the streets. And I see and I can feel that same optimism again. Except this time it's a little bit different in that it's, it's very diverse. So we're we're seeing people from other walks of life that are starting to feel pain, the same pain that the immigrant community has been feeling now for decades. This economic crisis is finally touching the middle class. It's been touching the immigrant community and communities of color for years, and we've been protesting against the excesses of the corporate sector in the United States and, and the corruption between our politicians and, and corporations. But unfortunately, our, our calls and our denouncements of this sort of corruption have largely gone dismissed and that goes to show where we fall on society's totem pole but starting three weeks ago we have seen this organic movement uh, spark throughout the country there are occupying uh, downtown centers of cities all across the nation and it is fantastic and here in I've heard reports from Cleveland from Atlanta from uh, very places that you don't yeah, typically you wouldn't hear the verb. Tucson, Arizona is, is occupying. It's little great. Town, but now they're very active and yeah, they're very angry. Yeah, it's fantastic. And, you know, uh, we see that uh, it's, it's students. It's people from pe uh, communities of color. It's people from the immigrant community. It's people from the middle class. And, you know, I think what's wonderful is that they're really starting to put the finger on what is the cause of all this pain. For so long, the right has been trying to convince us that at fault is the immigrant community, that they've been coming here to take our jobs, that they've been coming here to steal our resources, and people are not 
buying that line anymore. They realize that really who's at fault here are corporations, the way they buy our politicians, the way they have corrupted our political system, and the way they have really put profits over people again and again and again. You're listening to Flashpoints on Pacifica Radio, KPFA. We're broadcasting from the Ruben Salazar Studios here in San Francisco, not far from where a march is forming uh, a protest. It's going to be a die-in to protest 10 years of uh, war in Afghanistan. How much money, how much money is being spent on that war, Evelyn? Um, and as we stand here, and I should let people know that uh, one of the players in today's broadcast are going to be the Blue Angels. You're going to hear them. They've been going back and forth across the sky. These jets demonstrating the air superiority of the United States government. How much money are they spending on those overflights? And people should understand. We, you know, some people go out and get drunk and watch them and are impressed by their flight patterns. But people in other countries, when they see these jets coming, they know the life they knew. Duck and cover. (laughs) And the life they know and knew might be disappearing any minute. But this is the celebration going over to say, yes, Francisco. If I may interject here. Please. I think we're talking about hot air superiority because they've, uh, I think the administrations, not just Obama, not just Bush, but for so many years have run such a great hot air propaganda machine that things are fine, that like Evelyn, like you were saying, Evelyn, that's the immigrants' fault. And finally, people are saying it's the 99% of us that have been hit, hit with a bully club over our heads no but the billy club i'm sorry bully club billy club that's a bully club that's yeah. right <laughs> and finally people are waking up to that reality well that's francisco herrera and one of the people who is really on the front lines uh, is max bell alper he's a union organizer uh, and we wanted to invite max on uh, to join the broadcast because he's not only in this as an organizer but his family has been devastated uh, i'm dennis Bernstein here also evelyn sanchez has been working with max why don't you talk a little bit and bring him into the dialogue evelyn sure max uh we have you on the air uh yeah i'm here great so max we're hoping that you could talk to us about some of your personal experiences which are really reflective and what is motivating a lot of these protests across the nation and across really the world um tell us about what's going on yeah, I mean, so this is this is really affecting everyone. I mean, we see it every day with with all of our members, you know, who are mainly low wage workers who are trying to just uh, make ends meet for themselves and their families, and every day are losing their homes um, and are seeing their benefits cut back every day, and are just not sure how they can make it, how their kids can make it. Um, and then for myself personally, I you know I see my family is is absolutely getting devastated with this. Um, you know my parents owned their home uh, for 25 years, had good credit, uh, and then just last year they lost that home, uh, and they were forced to move into my uncle's home, uh, and then that home got foreclosed. Um, and you know these same banks uh, who who kicked out my parents and and my uncle, uh, you know. Wells Fargo, Chase, to Mutual, they got millions of dollars from, from our government, but that really comes from us. Uh, they got bailed out, but, but my family got kicked out. Uh, and now to, you know, to make matters worse, uh, my grandmother is having to fight to keep her home. Uh, and at this moment, Chase Bank is trying to, uh, trying to foreclose on her as well. 
so we have three members of your family, two generations, losing basically everything that you guys have worked really hard for. And, you know, how does it make you feel when you know that these banks have gotten literally trillions of dollars in federal assistance and taxpayer money? I mean, how does that make you and your family feel? I mean, it it hurts. It really hurts, um, and and it makes me so mad. Um, and to know that, you know, this is not—it's not just me. It's not just my family. It's not just my parents. Um, it's not just my grandmother. But 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 everyone is going through the same thing. And uh, you know, but amongst all that pain, there's also an incredible amount of inspiration uh, because we see people out right now um, all over. Uh, I just talked to my mom uh, who was down at. Occupy Chicago um, and is, is active there and it's just it's so amazing to see so many people say you know what enough is enough like we've we've taken too much um, and and these banks need to pay um, and they need to you know we need to remember what what we're all supposed to be about which is about being able to take care of ourselves and our families uh, and not just about corporate greed. We're speaking with Max Bell Alper. He's an organizer. He's speaking for himself, but he works with Local 2 Unite. Uh, uh, 2850? 2850. Um, so local 2850 Unite. He has been out on the streets. What does it feel like for you uh, on the other side, on the positive side, to be out there? Tell us about some of the things that you've observed, some of the things that have been moving for you as you see these protests unfold and people being fed up and sick and tired of being abused by the banks and the corporate structure. I, you know, I think that one of the, the things that's really amazing is to see how, you know, people in New York, uh, you know, were first getting together and not a lot of people were paying attention. Uh, but then, uh, to see now students deciding to join and, and walk out of their campuses to see, to see unions, um, say, you know what, you know, we as workers, um, are, uh, can't take this anymore and to see people actually coming together, um, and, and not just around, you know, uh, one demand or another, but around, uh, you know, a critique of the whole system that there's something really wrong here um, and that you know the majority of us the 99% of us uh, need to be respected uh, and need to be listened to um, and so it, it just it, it feels like we're in an absolutely critical moment uh, in this country and it comes at a you know at a moment when people all over the world are, are taking a stand for what's right um, and so it feels like uh, you know we're part of something. Max, um, so just to kind of start to uh, talk about what, what, what do you hope can come out of these protests, both for your family in particular, and also what kinds of changes do you hope to see in our political and economic system as a result of everybody taking the streets? Um, well, I, you know, I, I hope that, you know, we can, we can stop foreclosures and we can, we can save our homes. Uh, there's there's absolutely no reason that, that any other family should have to go through what my family or, or countless other families have had to go through. Um, and so I, I think we, we need to protect our home and we need to protect our, our ability to make ends meet. Um, and at the same time, I, I hope that this, you know, that these protests create a moment where we overall can look at, you know, there's something really wrong with our economic system and, and there's a problem with capitalism. Um, and we, we we're in a moment where we can actually... Uh, we can we can change that. 
Thanks so much, Max. And I know that I will be seeing you very, very soon in a lot of different actions that are coming up uh, this week. We're going to be talking about those later on in the show. Um, but thank you so much for sharing your story and your what, what your family has been going through. Um, but we know that there are literally millions of people that are now standing in solidarity with your grandmother, your uncle, your your family, and all the workers. So yes, thank well, you for I appreciate on. it. And uh, hope to see everyone uh, out on the streets, uh, you know, next Wednesday at 7 a.m. Uh, we're going to foreclose on Wall Street West. Uh, you know, they've been foreclosing on us. It's time for us to foreclose on them. All right. Well, we're going to all be there with you, Max. Uh, the whole world is watching, and it is uh, very exciting to pe- see people who are not just fed up, but who are standing up, fighting back, taking to the streets. And we know that this is just the beginning of something incredibly interesting and important happening in this culture. Thanks for your courage, and we wish the best to you and your family. Thank you. And you're listening to Flashpoints on Pacifica Radio. My name is Dennis Burns, and I'm here with Evelyn Sanchez. We're broadcasting from the Ruben Salazar Studios in San Francisco, uh, where uh, not too far from here, a number of protests are unfolding, uh, and there is a die-in planned uh, at the new, uh, well, not at the new federal building, but after the uh, actions taking place there. And I think, uh, if we're lucky, we've got Sabrina Jacobs on the line. Uh, yes, we do, Dennis. <laughs> All right, let's let's see if we can bring you up. Why don't you tell us exactly where you are and what's going on? Uh, we are in front of the new federal building at Mission and Seventh here in San Francisco. Uh, I see about 200, 300 people here. We got all kinds of folks, different organizations here. Uh, we got teachers for public education. Uh, we got progressive students union. We got the Answer Coalition. We got all kinds of great signs. Afghanistan, 10 years of death and destruction. U.S. out of Afghanistan. Um, people are upset. The mood is, is somber, but it's definitely jubilant. Um, it's just a wonderful scene to see so many people and so many different organizations out here standing against the war in Afghanistan. There will be a 5.30 march starting here from the new federal building. We'll be marching up to uh, Stockton and Sutter uh, to the uh, boycotted Grand Hyatt in solidarity with Local 2. Amazing. Uh-huh. Now, you, yes, we're right here with you, Sabrina. Now, right. uh, I understand you have a couple of people there with you who can uh, talk to us about what's going on. Absolutely. Uh, we have here with me, what's your name? Natalie Greasy. Natalie Greasy, and she is with the uh, public education, teacher for public education. Go ahead and talk to Dennis Bernstein at Flashpoint for us. Hello? Hi, welcome to Flashpoints. What uh, brings you out there today? Well, I've come out today, and I brought teachers from my school as well, because we see a connection between the war and occupation, not just in Afghanistan, but also in Iraq and in other places where the U.S. is bombing or occupying. And that connection is that those billions of dollars are going to kill our brothers and sisters when they need to be going to not just education, but health care and housing. And also we're seeing more of our kids who we're educating grow up and have no choices and be forced to go into the military and, you know, kill those brothers and sisters. And so we're here today on the 10th anniversary to say no. And you're going to be joining the march? We are going to be joining the march. We have a banner. Can I read you the banner? Please. It says, one day of Afghanistan war equals 6,600 teachers pay for one year. So we have teachers and students and parents, and we're all going to march together. All right. Well, we appreciate that. I'm going to hand you back. All right. 
And you're listening to Flashpoints on Pacifica Radio. Uh, Sabrina Jacobs is on the ground. Uh, there is a protest unfolding at the new federal building at 7th and Mission. Sabrina, you're with us. Yes, I am here. I am here right now. I have, uh, we'd like to speak to someone, someone else. I have Tracy Bell Borden here. <laughs> All right. Put no. her on. Oh my God. Hello? Hi, is this Tracy? Yes, this is. Hey, Tracy, why are you out there today? Are you with a group? Uh, you're by yourself. What do you uh, feel is most important on this day? Um, I think it's just, what's most important is just acknowledgement of the injustice that's been going on. You know, the fact that this is 10 years later, so um, uh, a senseless war that that. You know, our country has been involved involved in this is just ridiculous. So that's you know the main reason why why I'm out here and just to support and be in solidarity with um, with other organizations and just people in the community in general. Does it make you angry to hear these jets, these fighter jets flying overhead, spending oh. tens of thousands of dollars on uh, on fuel when uh, people are starving, people are getting thrown out of school, their houses? Oh, most definitely. See, I work with the homeless. So I work with the homeless in the Markley House right here in the same area. So for the last um, two days, it's all we've been hearing um, is the, the the jet over the sky. And it's, and it's a, a reminder of just war. And I've had a lot of people who have come from war-torn countries that are just appalled. And just it's, 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 it's adding to the trauma that's already happening. And it is very disheartening to know that I work. Um, in a in a genre in a field where we have budget cuts, our budget was cut in half. Um, dealing with the the homeless and the marginally housed, and we have enough money, you know, to to fund wars, but not feed the poor. And people are losing their homes, and you know, like you said, schools. This is just ridiculous. So it just shows the future um, that we are basically handing over to our children, which is almost nothing if we don't take a grip and, and speak out about it. All right. Well, thank you very much for speaking with us, Tracy. And uh, very important uh, words uh, for the Pacifica and KPFA audience. Thank you very much. You're so welcome. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. You're listening to a special edition of Flashpoints. Uh, the protests continue, and KPFA, the People's Radio uh, Station, and Pacifica, the People's Radio Network, are going to be on top of this. I know you heard the broadcast happening through the week. Yesterday, we're here today, and we're going to be here tomorrow. I'm here, uh, Dennis Bernstein, with one of our regular Friday co-hosts, Evelyn Sanchez, who works closely uh, as an organizer uh, with the or- uh, immigrant and labor rights community. Evelyn. Yeah, do you know, just two things that I want to say that I think are really important. And one is how important it is that KPFA and Flashpoints is, uh, ra- are raising these issues and reporting on them and talking to the people on the streets. Because as we know, the main mainstream media is not covering these issues. There's been a complete blackout around the occupation movements and you know on these diets we clearly hear and see and you know hear about the the blue angels parade that is going to be going on but you know a lot of people are not hearing about these sit-ins, these protests, this resistance against this agenda of the 1% unless they listen to shows precisely like Flashpoint. So it's really important what we're doing here today. And then the other thing is that I really felt um 
you know, when uh, Sabrina was talking about how many organizations are at the federal building right now in solidarity with each other, we heard that there was teachers there, co- Answer Coalition, uh, the the sector, the anti-war sector, and that really goes to show that it really is the 99% of the population that is taking the streets, and that we are against the 1% and their agenda, which includes not just continuing these these terrible wars that are killing millions of people, but really divesting out of our communities and leaving us to lose our homes, to have our schools closed, and to live conditions of lives that are not acceptable in in any democracy. That's Evelyn Sanchez. Sabrina, we're going to check back with you in a little bit. We've got to do a little business here uh, to keep this station and this network going, uh, but don't go far. We're going we're gonna to get back to you. We want to have continuing reports from the protest where it's going. Also, Evelyn, uh, later on in the broadcast, is going to give you an idea of some of the things that are coming up uh, in the next couple of days and week or so, so that you, if you want to put them uh, these actions on your calendar, you'll be able to do that. So, Sabrina, stand by. I'm Dennis Bernstein. I'm here with Evelyn Sanchez. And guess what? <clears throat> We're in the middle of a fundraiser. That's right. And here is my special, I've got the best premium that I could possibly offer to you. If you want to dial 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-5732, you know what I've got for you? I've got KPFA. I've got the People's Radio Network that is devoted, that is ready, that is preparing, that is gearing up that is already out there on the streets doing the work that the mainstream and corporate media can't do because they've given up their responsibility to, what is it? To monitor the centers of power and report to the people so that the people know what the hell is going on and how they can act as small D Democrats. So here's the deal, folks. If you've got 25, we want it. If you've got 100, we need it. If you've got a thousand, we'll be delighted to get it. But every dollar, every dollar that you give now, without a big premium package, and we're going to have some premiums later, but I, I actually really want to focus on the work. If you're hearing this message, if you heard the difference between what Pacifica and KPFA can do, I am urging you, I am saying it's time to stand up. I know 8 out of 10 of you who listen haven't yet done this. It feels incredible to step forward. If you don't have the money, there are a lot of you who are out there that depend on this service and you don't have the money. You know this baby is for you to keep you going, to inspire you, to get you uh, to understand better about what's going on, to give you the power to act with the information. But if you've got the money, and you hear the difference, and it means something to you, and you don't want shows like Flashpoints to go away. You don't want Pacifica and KPFA to go away. I am asking you to pull out the stops. I mean, I really mean it. You understand, in times like these, during struggles like this, it's KPFA Pacifica Radio that makes all the difference that gives people hope and information and power and power through information. So we need to light up the phones. 1 800 439 
5732. Are you willing to pay for the premium of free speech, of a network that celebrates free speech? If you are, I'm asking you to stop what you're doing wherever you are and stand up and speak out for free speech radio. 510-848-5732. There are some premiums. You can get debt, uh, debt the first 5,000 years. That's a book. You can get a CD, Carnal and Capitalism, by Richard Wolff. But I'm telling you, folks, I'm telling you, I don't want to back off on this. The real premium is the open flow of information. If you believe in the First Amendment, if you believe in the open flow of information, if you believe that this network can make a difference, if you believe that the people in the street deserve a voice, if you are the people in the street and you know how important this voice is, won't you please stand up? 1-800-439-5732. 439-5732-510-848-5732. How many calls, Francisco? That's three calls coming. Three, three people on the line. We, that's a beautiful start. I thank from the bottom of my heart those three people who are standing up and putting your money where your beliefs are. But we need three more. We're I back think to we, one now. We're, we're back to one and we have enough volunteers. So what we need is volunteers who take this act because nobody makes you take it. That nobody is All right, watching in. when you take this action. Nobody is watching. Nobody Three knows calls. if you are or you aren't. But you take this action because your mind, your heart, every bone in your body tells you it is the right thing to do. I'm asking you to do it for yourself, for the future, for the battle that we face ahead. If you hear a qualitative difference on KPFA in the coverage of these kinds of crucial growing protests, and if you want us to be there for the future, won't you please call one 800 4 Three nine five seven three two. There are premiums. You can ask the volunteers in the fun room. You can get the CD Chronology of Capitalism by Richard Wolf. It's incredibly good. But again, again, folks, what is the premium? You know what the premium is wherever you are. If you're in the South Bay, North Bay, Santa Rosa, Santa Rosa. Petaluma, wherever you are in the bay, listening from Santa Cruz, going north, west, east, south, out to the bay, out to the ocean, out to the sea, 1-800-439-5732, stand up and make a difference, and then go out and protest to change the future. This station is an electronic leaflet of the airwaves. You know it is. How many of you have used this this network and this station to organize other people in the Bay Area community? We are full of activists. It is time for action. We have some hope. We have a movement. We are growing. We are fighting back against the banks. This is non-corporate, non-corporate free speech radio. It's the one remaining non-corporate national network left. Is it worth your support? If it is, stand up, speak out, say yes to free speech radio. 1-800-439-5732. 
Four beautiful people calling. Thank you. Thank you, folks. People honoring that wonderful, that sacred pact between producer and listener. We give it our best to bring you a real alternative. And you honor that sacred pact by standing up and taking this action that nobody makes you take, but that you take because your mind and your heart and every cell in your body says it's the right thing to do. 1 800 439 5732. Do you believe in free speech radio? Believe me, folks. I was out for a few days and I was slowed down a little bit, but I was listening to Pacifica and I was listening to the difference. You wouldn't believe the difference between you would believe it because I know you've been subjected to the garbage that's called mainstream. Stand up, fight back. Call now. 1 800 439 5732. 1 800 439-5732-510-848-5732. Won't you please call now? Stand up and make a difference. Make a difference. There are premiums. If you want to get something nice, just ask the phone the phone volunteer what they got for you today. But what we got to you for you is free speech and information. Information is power. Three more lines. is social change. 510-848-5732. Five, five, five on the line. 510-848-5732. Looking for number six. Putting your money where your beliefs are. Taking the action that you believe in. How often these days do you get a chance to take an action you believe in? You're in the streets. And now you've got a radio station that's there. Welcome to talk with you. Join us. Stand up. Fight back. 1-800-439-5732. Believe it or not, folks, we've got, we do have a goal. We have a goal of, I'm afraid to tell you what the goal is. It's $4,000. It's $4,000 that we need, uh, that we are hoping to make during this fundraiser. Can you believe it? We've got about uh, four or five of you on the line. I know, I know we can do it if you stand up in numbers and fight back just like you're in the streets. Join us. Make sure we're here for you. Make sure that we can keep this sacred communication going, this electronic leaflet of the airwaves, this this university of the airwaves invented by war resistors over 60 years ago who understood how important it was to have a network that is separate from the corporation, a network that is separate from the military, how important it is to have a network that is not owned by the corporation. That is what you are calling to support right now. 1-800-439-5732-510-848-5732. Six beautiful, wonderful, scrappy, fight-back listeners on the line now, speaking up for Free Speech Radio. 510-848-5732. We've got to, in one minute, we're going to have to go back. Not have to. We want to. We want to. We are anxious. 
to return to the streets of San Francisco where the actions are continuing on this 10th anniversary of the war against the people of Afghanistan. This is a war. This is a slaughter war. And it's a war that kills people abroad and starves them at home. We are the network that fights back. We're going to be in the streets. If you want to be in the streets with us, join us now on the air. 510-848-5732-510-848-5732-1-800-439-5732-1-800-439-5732. Please call now. Help us make our goal. If you got 10 bucks, 20 bucks, we want it. If you got 50 bucks, we'll take it. If you got 100, we need it. If you have 1,000, oh, we can use it. 1-800-439-5732. I'm Dennis Bernstein, and Evelyn Sanchez is here. Uh, she is a regular Friday co-host for us on Flashpoints. She's an organizer with the immigrants' uh, rights community. She sees what happens on the front line. She's been out there on the streets. Evelyn, uh, I know you've got some information about upcoming events, uh, and I know you want to support KPFA. But let's tell people what's coming up. Absolutely. So here uh, in the U.S., this movement is absolutely growing, and there are definitely ways to plug in at the local level. So on Monday, October 10th, we have a Wall Occupy Wall Street action going on in Oakland at Frank Ogawa Plaza. That's going to be going on at 4 p.m. So that's Monday, October 10th. And next week, precisely, the American Dream Movement is going to be putting on a series of actions as part of their Jobs Not Cuts uh, week of action that begins on October 10th and goes until October 16th. And then, of course, as Max was saying, in San Francisco, we're going to be mobilizing next Wednesday. We're doing a early morning rush hour action, 7 a.m. at the Federal Building, precisely where the action is happening right now. I guess that's our ground zero. And we're going to be taking off from there and marching. And it's foreclose the banks. It, it's time to make them pay. So we really encourage people to join us, 7 a.m., San Francisco Federal Reserve Building next Wednesday. Next Wednesday. All right, that's Evelyn Sanchez. She's the co-host here. Mm -hmm. This is Flashpoints coming to you from San Francisco. The honorary Ruben Salazar studios. Ruben Salazar fought for this justice. He lost his life, shot down by the police during a protest in Los Angeles, where he was talking the talk about how could it be that young. Latinos are going off to die in Vietnam and they don't have any rights at home. Not much has changed, but the battle is getting bigger. We're taking it to the streets. And speaking about the streets, we're joined by Sabrina Jacobs. Uh, Sabrina, are you with us? Yes, I am. What's going on? Where are you now? We are now at McAllister on Market. We're on Market Street right now. We are marching down. Hello, Richard. Hey, Richard, why don't you tell us about the, uh, you're one of the key organizers of today's uh, event. Tell us why it's being organized and uh, why it's important to resist after 10 years of war in Afghanistan. Well, 
You know, in, in these last 10 years between Iraq and Afghanistan, more than a million people there have been killed. Millions more have been wounded and displaced. Thousands of U.S. soldiers, more than 6,000 have been killed, and officially 45,000 wounded, but the real number of wounded extends into the hundreds of thousands who suffer traumatic brain injury and post-traumatic stress disorder. And all for what? What are these wars for? They've all been based on lies, lie after lie by the government. The government leaders who carried out these wars should be indicted. And these wars cost, the war in Afghanistan alone, $330 million a day. And there's a banner here in the march, and it says, from Teachers for Public Education, it says, one day of the war in Afghanistan equals 6,600 teachers pay for a year. That gives some idea of where the resources are going. So it's only going to be the action of the people, the people taking action against these wars that can bring them to an end. We know now that there's no way we can rely on the politicians. It's the people who have to do it. That's the voice of Richard Becker. He is an organizer with Answer Coalition. They are in the streets right now. I'm Dennis Bernstein, and Richard, here with me is Evelyn Sanchez. Hey, Richard. It's Evelyn. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. So can you give us an idea of who is out there marching with you? Who is it that's resisting and asking for the end of this war in Afghanistan that's been going on for 10 years now, that's taking millions of dollars away from our communities and using them to murder communities abroad? Well, I see many organizations that are represented here, the Teachers for Public Education. There's a, an elementary school group that came, teachers and kids and parents, from Horace Mann School, one of the liveliest delegations. The Progressive Student Union from Oceana High School is here. Uh, there are people from a, a, a large contingent here and a larger contingent waiting for us where we're going from Local 2, Unite Here, the Hotel Workers Union. Uh, and you can just see the many, many other organizations, Will Can't Wait, uh, Code Pink, the uh, people from the Peace and Freedom Party, uh, there's all kinds of organizations that are represented, and it's grown to be a very spirited and sizable marcher heading down Market Street. In just a few minutes, we're going to be having a die-in, a symbolic die-in to commemorate those who have died in these wars. Then we're going to go to the Grand Hyatt Hotel, where the hotel workers have a boycott on, and they've been fighting for a contract for two years. We're going to join their picket line there, make a mass picket line. And then after that, people are going to continue on who have the energy to do it, down the 101 market and join Occupy San Francisco. And Richard, um, in terms of the protest, so it's a it's a die-in, uh, maybe several die-ins, and then what happens? Uh, we're going to have a die-in here on Market Street in just a little while. Uh, oh, sorry. So we just got, we uh, people are going to lie down in the street, and we're going to have a moment of silence and commemoration of all those who have died. In these, uh, in these wars for the rich. Uh, and then we're going to continue on to the Grand Hyatt Hotel, Union Square, and join a picket line already in progress there. With, this has been coordinated with Unite Here, Local 2, the Hotel Workers Union. We're going to be joining them for a period of time. And then for people who still have the energy to do it, uh, we're going to continue on to 101 Market and join Occupy San Francisco in front of the Federal Reserve. All right, Richard, we thank you for joining us, uh, organizer with Answer uh, Coalition, Dick Becker. And uh, if you could hand the phone back to Sabrina, that would be terrific. Sure, thanks a lot. Thank you.
Minutes. Hey, Sabrina, how are you doing there? What's going on? Anybody else want to talk to us? We have stopped at 6th and Market Street. We have stopped at 6th and Market Street. I think we're about to do the dining right now. Woo! You're listening to Flashpoints on Pacifica Radio. Uh, we're actually broadcasting live from San Francisco. Sabrina Jacobs is on the ground where there is a dying unfolding. Tell us what's going on, Sabrina. Okay, looks like we're starting to move again. But the crowd has grown, Dennis, and it's grown from about 300 people to at least about 500 people. And we're all marching down Market Street as we speak, passing 6th Street. So if you want to join, come on down. Um, there's several other um, events that are coming up. Uh, we do have... It's going to be an at the Afghanistan community, actual Afghanistan community, Afghanistan Peace Day, Sunday, October 9th, uh, 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. out in Fremont on the 10th year anniversary of U.S. war in Afghanistan. So folks are interested in that, definitely want to check it out. And Sabrina, uh, can explain? Go on, go on. Uh, we are marching down past six. We have not done the die-in yet, but it is coming up. It is coming up momentarily. Let, just walk into the crowd. Let us hear what's going on. All right. All right. What's your name and why are you here? Um, my name is Megan. Um, I'm here because it's going into the tenth year of an illegal occupation of Afghanistan and. These wars need to end, and I mean, with the amount of unemployment and the cuts to education and to teachers and all the assaults, we need the money here taking care of the people at home and not terrorizing people around the world. Thank you very much. <laughs> all right, Dennis. We'll love to do a second later. Hello? All right, we'll talk to you in a few minutes. Take care, Sabrina. Keep right, in touch. Thank you. All right, most definitely. And you are listening to Flashpoints on KPFA Pacifica Radio. KPFA Pacifica Radio. I'm Dennis Bernstein. I'm here with Evelyn Sanchez. Uh, Evelyn has been out in the streets. She is an organizer with uh, the uh, immigrant and labor rights communities. Uh, and Evelyn, t just talk a minute about the special role that these communities play and how they are more impacted by these policies. Absolutely. You know, I've been working with uh, the immigrant community and uh, communities of low income now for almost 10 years, and they are always the first to experience the brunt of any economic downturn, as well as the ones that are usually scapegoated for a lot of what's going on um, in terms of economic downturns and even their own problems. They're led to believe that they're lazy, that uh, they're, they're too dumb, that if they're poor, and if they don't have enough to eat, it's somehow their fault. And even to me to believe that if others are suffering, it's somehow their fault too. So, you know, in recent uh, years, this has led to a really strong anti-immigrant backlash. You know, the scarcity that everyone is feeling um, has led to racist discriminatory laws in now Alabama and Arizona. It's led to deportation programs like uh, Secure Communities, which we've talked about about many times on this show, it's led to all kinds of racial profiling and really um, hate mongering of the immigrant community. So it's really good that 
uh, next week, as my good friend Miguel here was reminding me, when we have our march and our protest against this agenda of the 1% that includes this war in Afghanistan, which is taking 60% of our federal budget from us, um, that it also is uh, symbolic in two other senses. One, it is Dia de la Raza, so it is... Some people like to call it Columbus Day. Other people like to say, you know, it's the day when they came and messed everything up. <laughs> Indigenous People's Day. And um, the other thing is that it's also being called as an international day against capitalism. And that is another aspect of this growing movement that I find truly fascinating is that I think there's a younger generation that is really starting to question the sustainability and the fairness of this economic political system that we have currently and they have the guts to really stand up and start questioning and start saying this is not right this is hurting our families this is hurting our communities and it's pitting us against each other and it's not benefiting anybody it's not benefiting anybody just a very meager one percent and so i think that that's really what's motivating people to take onto the streets and to act in solidarity with each other it's beautiful to see so many different sectors coming together this march that we see today in san francisco it's going from a die-in protesting afghanistan to a picket line protecting workers at a hotel back to occupy san francisco i mean that's the kind of solidarity that we need because we realize all of this stuff is affecting all of us it's all of us so we really have to stand together and stand up against it and it's it's gorgeous to see it and and sometimes i i haven't felt this excited in a long time dennis i i wake up and i smile <laughs> and i'm just i can't wait to get back on the streets i'm going to go down to the occupy sf camp tonight and see how we can help them out because the cops stole all their stuff two nights ago doesn't matter they're still out there and, you know, it's that level of resistance that I think that is really inspiring um, people all across the nation and all across the world. So this is this is a really great moment. And I'm honored to be alive right now and to see it and to be part of it. Well, Evelyn Sanchez, it's always been an honor to have you in the Flashpoints in KPFA Pacifica community. You've been a wonderful co-host over many years. We've been working together. I can't even remember what we when we met. Do oh, you, you don't remember that? Tell me when we met. It was on a uh, march to support you after you were dragged out of the studio. Oh, that's right. They came, <laughs> I guess they, they know we're there, huh? And I guess they tried to shut us down. And I guess they tried to sell the network out from under us. And we had to say, if you will, we sit down to stand it. up. And yeah, so we met outside. We I, met outside. And I remember all I did is I saw Dennis. I tugged at his shirt. He was screaming into a bullhorn. And he just looked at me really quick and I said I want to help and he looked at me you know in like the two seconds that you were catching a breath and you were like just show up in the studio on Monday <laughs> and that Monday I started interning with KPFA and I have to say it was one of the um, really foundational factors of my own political education and my political involvement so I thank you all the time for that Dennis it's been a great pleasure and honor and education for me to be part of this programming for so long well you're an extraordinary organizer and somebody who's obviously born to be on the radio. We need to, to get people to understand 
when we talk about a sacred pact, you're seeing it here. All of us have come together from different worlds and different ways and brought together by KPFA, by the People's Radio Network, the non-corporate, no holes barred, no corporations to tell us what to do or say, no military uh, installations inside our uh, radio station. The only thing that we need to do is to expand honor the work we do and expand so we are ready and we are definitely willing to stand up and fight back you see the people the marches growing in the streets the people fed up with the banks control on all our lives taking all our houses when they take our houses that the the, the working class and the middle class the only equity that they had what left was their houses and now the corporations having stolen everything else are stealing all the houses <coughs> excuse me i'm going to ask you to stand up now for kpfa i'm going to give the phone number we have a four thousand dollar goal and i need a bunch of you called before but i need a bunch more to call now we have a phone number 1-800-439-5732. If this radio station, if what you heard over the last couple of days over KPFA made a difference, was different from what you heard on the mainstream, if that information, uh, that power, that information gives you is crucial, please call now. Yes, yes. And about 10, about 10, 15 calls have been coming in, Dennis, while we were... Uh Doing the conversation right, but, with Evelyn. But what are we doing now? How many people right now, standing two up? Two calls just two. came in. Three. Okay. That's three right there. All right. That's three people. We need a revolution. We need three more. 1-800-439-5732. Four calls. Let's go for number five. Let's light it up. 510. Eight four eight five seven three two one eight hundred four three nine five seven three two. Do you believe in this message? Do you think it's important to have this electronic leaflet, this University of the Airwaves at your disposal, at the people's disposal? If it is important, then do not let them try and dispose of us. Stand up, fight back, call in one. 800-439-5732-510-848-5732. Join the people calling now. It is a rebellion. We do this as a community. This is a community action. We take action as a group. Stand up. Fight back. Fight for free speech radio. Put your money where your beliefs are. Put your money where your beliefs are. Take that action that your mind and your body knows is the right action to take. Nobody's watching you. You do this because it's six calls. 510-848-5732. Six people on the line. It would be great to have a full switchboard. I'm not sure how many people are there answering phones, but I know we've got room for you right now. Go from passivity Light to action. Passivity to action. 1-800-439-5732. If you got 20, we need it. If you got 40, we'll take it. If you got 60, we thank you. If you got 100, we'll use it. If you got a 1,000, give it. If you can afford it, give it. Whatever you've got. 
1-800-439-5732. Let's fill them all up. Let's stand up for free speech radio. Let's stand up now for the alternative, the alternative message. We're going to be on the streets. You'll see us on the streets. You'll see us with the mics. We'll be the one with the in the middle of the crowd with the scrappiest uh, materials and microphones giving the message to the people. Stand up for the people. 1-800-439-5732. Put your money where your beliefs are. It is so important now to have this network. You know why it's important to have this network. You know what it means to have an alternative free speech radio station that will not be a governed, not be undermined by corporate messages. 510-848-5732. 1-800-439-5732. Please call now. Stand up. We've got a goal. I'm not sure we're going to make our goal. But mm. We are, Dennis. We are. Stand up. I hope. I would love to be assured. Uh, but we're going to need a lot more callers to do it. I know that. Four more calls. We got 510-848-5732. 510-848-5732. Stand up. Fight back. Speak out. This is the station. This is the network that monitors the centers of power, the military, the corporate, the congressional, where it's happening, people making the decisions that affect you. We monitor those areas of importance and we bring you an unfettered message. You give us money not because you get a book, not because you get a tape, but because you get the power of information, the enforcement of knowing that you've got an alternative flow that makes all the difference in the world. 1-800-439-5732. You know what? I'm sorry to say it. i got to keep you to keep calling, but we've got Sabrina on the line. We're going to go back to the streets where I believe there's a dying in progress. Sabrina, are you there? Sabrina Jacobs, can you hear me? All right, we're going to see if we can get Sabrina. There is a die-in taking place in the streets of San Francisco. We've been covering it uh, this whole entire show uh, along with the battle, the particular battle faced by uh, the immigrants, the people who do the hardest work in this country and get the most abuse for it. We are fighting with them for them. They have been on the streets a long time. Many of us who never experienced the kind of oppression and repression and and uh, destruction of our lives by the corporations are now feeling it with this community who has been out there fighting for years. We ask you to make sure that the network that gives all a voice is strong and here for you. 1-800- 439-5732. I'm hoping that we're getting close to that 4,000. I'm hoping that we get, we're going to probably need about 20 more people to call in the next six minutes in order to come close. Will you be one of those 20? 
Please, let's keep track now, Francisco. Yes, we sir. need 20 people to call. How many we have on the line? It's died down to zero right now, Dennis. We need some oh, more my, calls to right, come back well, in. That's Tabla Rasa, but that's a good place to start because zero is followed by one. 1-800-439-5732. If this program, if this station, if all the programs on this station, all the programs on this network mean something to there you, we go. then stand up. There's number one. 1-800-439-5732. Looking for that second person to stand up and put your money where your beliefs are. Are you out there? Do you have the courage to call? Two. Do you have the belief to stand up? There's number two. Thank you. one 800-439-5732. Thank you, number three, for standing up for something that you believe in, taking an four, action. Five. Here's number four. Thank you, four and five. 1-800-439-5732. Looking for number six, who's going to speak out, stand up, fight back for Free Speech Radio. 1-800-439-5732. There's number six. 5732. 1-800-739-5732. 439-5732-510-848-5732. I forgot the number for a moment there. 510-848-5732. There's number eight. Eight people on the line standing up for Free Speech Radio. How about nine? Number ten. There's number nine. Number nine. Thank you. Ten. Gracias, señor. Number ten. The yes is with us. Call now. 510-848-5732. Evelyn didn't know I was bilingual. 1-800-439-5732. Come on. We need, we need to fill up the lines with hope. Fill up the lights with understanding. Honor the sacred pact. We do this together. Call 1-800-439-5732. We got three minutes to go. Come on. Number 11, come on. Come on. 1-800-439-5732-510-848-5732. There you go. There's number 11 right there. All right. Number 11 is with us. Yo! 1-800-439-5732-510. Do we got 12 people in that phone room? 510-848-5732-1-800-439-5732. We want to thank... So there's number 12 right there. Number 12, 1-800-439-5732. Now is the time. Keep those lights of understanding lit. Back up the people who are calling now. Get into line. Get in the queue. When they hang up, you call up. 1-800-439-5732-510-848-5732. Let me put on my glasses here and see. We've got two minutes left. Miguel's got an important announcement, but I've got to make sure that you keep these lights lit up, that you get in the queue, that you stand oh, up, speak oh, out. Full board speak almost. Radio. One more. Make it a full board. 1-800-439-5732-510-848-5732. Does this network mean something to you? Does this station offer you an alternative? Does it make a difference? Does it give you hope? And understanding that please call 1-800-439-5732. we got a minute left. I want to give it to Miguel for a quick announcement. 
just real quick, uh, we're going to be out there in Alcatraz on The Rock this Monday, uh, commemorating 519 years of indigenous resistance and honoring current struggles to protect sacred lands. We'll be there, so, uh, you know, to wait for the uh, sunrise ceremony. Uh, and there's all kinds of activities tonight. John Trudell is up in Grass Valley at the Grass Valley Veterans Hall. And uh, AIM West will be having a march uh, on Monday uh, and also the start of their International Film Festival in San Francisco at the Bahi Center. All right. Miguel Gabilon Molina, I'm here with Evelyn Sanchez. We've got one and a half minutes left to make sure we make the goal. We can do it. Yes. We can do it. Yes. Because this movement is growing. And this station thrives when the revolution is emerging. There is a revolution in the streets. If you want us to be there, then be with us now. One eight hundred four three nine. Back to three. All right, we, we, all right, we can we can fill up the lines. We got one minute. One eight hundred four three nine. 5732, do you care? Does it mean something to you? We're going to have to get out of the way for the news. I want to tell you, I'm Dennis Bernstein here with Evelyn Sanchez. We thank Sabrina Jacobs, Carla West, Frank Sterling, and Evelyn Sanchez says... Be there on Wednesday, 7 a.m. at the Federal Reserve Building for our action make them pay. Make those banks pay. Okay, I'm Dennis Bernstein for the Flashpoint Steam and Ruben Salazar Studios. We are out. Keep calling. You're listening to KPFA and KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno and online at kpfa.org. The time is 6 p.m. Up now, the KPFA Evening News. Good evening. It's Friday. October 7th, the U.S. economy adds 103,000 jobs last month, better than expected, but not enough to budge the unemployment rate, which remains at 9.1%. Counting those who have given up looking for work or who are working part-time because they can't find a full-time job, it's 16.5%. It's the 10th anniversary of the start of the war in Afghanistan, the nation's longest ever. Protests are held in San Francisco and Los Angeles, where 15 people are arrested for blocking traffic downtown. They send poor and working people from this country. They deprive people of school. They deprive people of work in this country to then go and kill poor and working people in other countries. Federal prosecutors announced an aggressive crackdown against California pot dispensaries, vowing to shut down dozens of growing and sales operations and saying that the worst offenders are using the cover of medical marijuana to act as storefront drug dealers. Republican House Majority Leader Eric Cantor calls the increasing numbers of Occupy Wall Street protesters as growing mobs who are trying to divide the country. The State Department holds its final public comment hearing on the controversial Keystone XL pipeline, which would bring crude oil from the tar sands of Canada to the Gulf of Mexico. My name is Susan Straka-Luby. I am a landowner and a rancher from the Sand Hills of Nebraska. I don't want tar sand chemicals in our water. Our water table on our ranch is only two feet underground. And three women from Africa to share the Nobel Peace Prize. From Pacifica Radio, KPFA in Berkeley, KPFK in Los Angeles, this is the Evening News. With Andrew Stelzer, I'm Mark Miracle.
jobs crisis isn't getting worse, but it isn't getting much better either. The economy added just enough jobs last month to ease fears of a new recession. But hiring is still too weak to bring down unemployment, which has been stuck at about 9% for more than two years. Alice Olstein reports. The Bureau of Labor Statistics announced today that the U.S. created 103,000 jobs in September, and official unemployment still hovers at 9.1%. However, that rate climbs to 16.5% when including individuals who have given up or are unable to look for work, or are working only part-time but want to work full-time. The official unemployed percentage of African Americans, 16.1%, is more than double that of white Americans at 8%. And nearly 45% of the unemployed have been looking for work for more than six months. For FSRN, I'm Alice Olstein. This morning on Pacifica Radio's Letters and Politics, host Mitch Jesserich spoke with UC Berkeley labor economist Sylvia Allegretto to learn more about what the unemployment numbers mean. When you look at it in terms of just this month, it doesn't look like a disaster. And actually, I've heard some commentators say, oh, this isn't a disaster. But certainly it is a disaster because, again, what we've talked about here month after month after month is this, this is getting us nowhere. If you're just kind of, you know, treading water, staying even, we're not getting the folks back to work, the, the 14 million unemployed workers. Uh, we're not, this, these types of numbers, month after month after month, are not going to get those folks well, here, back to you work. Well, here was my experience. Uh, 8.30 in the morning, uh, Eastern times when these numbers come out, 5.30 our time, I actually am in bed, I take out my phone and I look at them. It's oh the first thing God. I look at on uh, the first Friday of every month. And what I saw was uh, 103,000 jobs created, unemployment rate at 9.1%. And I realized at that point that just my initial reaction was, well, it, it seems it's it's stable and, and kind of seems this is the norm. Yeah. And I started thinking about it like, well, wait a minute, are we now... In this phase where 9% unemployment rate is the new norm. Well, we've, we're stuck here, and I think we're going to be here for a long time. There's nothing uh, down the road that would, would give us any hope that it's going to come down significantly. I mean, back to, you know, 4, 5, 6% in, in you know, years. Um, but I think underlying the report are a lot of numbers that are important. For instance, 24,000 jobs were lost in public education. In, in this month alone, uh, hundreds of thousands have been lost in the last since the recovery began. Those are basically teachers, by and large. That's going to continue. That's going to continue because of the push for austerity. That's exactly right. So that's what austerity is giving us. Uh, austerity is giving us, uh, on average, 30 to 40,000 jobs shed every month at the state and local level. And we are also seeing because we're not creating the jobs that we actually need to dig us out of this hole, and we've talked about this a lot here, we really have a hole of about 11 to 12 million jobs. And so what we're seeing is, for instance, uh, long-term unemployment woes continue. Long-term unemployment, you know, almost half of those unemployed have been so for a half a year or more. So, well... um those who have been unemployed five to 26 months actually decrease a little bit. Um, we see that the long-term unemployed 26 uh, weeks, I mean, five mm -hmm. to 26 weeks, um, have de declined a bit. The, the tw over 26 weeks uh, continues to increase. So those uh, that have been unemployed for a long term are really going to find it tough to get back in the job market, especially when we're not creating jobs at the, at the pace that we need. If we were cranking out jobs that a lot of times, you know, this far into a recovery, of 300 or 400,000 a month, which, you know, seems like 
absolutely something we cannot even dream about at this stage. Uh, that would really move the unemployment rate. This level of jobs, as we've seen, and as we're probably going to continue to see for months on end, is not really going to move the needle on unemployment. Sylvia Allegretto, always good to have you here. Yeah, thanks, Mitch. Again, Sylvia Allegretto is a labor economist at UC Berkeley. She joins us to talk about the new unemployment numbers that came out today. That was Mitch Jesserich from Pacifica Radio's Letters and Politics. A suicide bomber and rocket fire struck U.S.-run outposts near the Pakistani border as the war in Afghanistan hit the 10-year mark today, the longest in the nation's history. The Afghan president said there will be no end to the war until militants can no longer operate freely in Pakistan. No deaths were reported among U.S. service members at the three outposts in Patika province, and it was unclear if the attacks were timed to coincide with the anniversary of the start of the war. But the continued violence was a reminder of the resilience of the insurgency, which thrives in part because of sanctuaries in Pakistan. In Washington, President Barack Obama noted the anniversary in a quiet style, offering a written statement and holding no public events to mark the moment. He said the United States is safer thanks to the sacrifice of troops, diplomats, and intelligence analysts during the war. Obama saluted the more than 1,700 U.S. troops who have died, along with the coalition and Afghan forces killed. He said that because of the effort, our citizens are safer and our nation is more secure. Dorian Marina has more. Yesterday, some 300 people marched through Kabul demanding the immediate withdrawal of U.S. and international forces. One man who joined the protest reflected on a decade of war. Now it is 10 years on from this occupation by the U.S. and its allies in Afghanistan. Our people suffered a lot of instability and poverty increased. There are no other benefits. Sound from Reuters. Protesters held signs that said no to occupation and showed pictures of civilians killed during the war. They also directed their criticism to Afghan President Hamid Karzai, who they called a puppet of the U.S. government. So far, this year has marked the highest total of Afghan civilians killed since 2006 when the U.N. began recording accurate data. Some 11,000 civilians have been killed in the past four years. 2010 was also the deadliest year for coalition military personnel, with 711 troops killed, according to eye casualties, which monitors fatalities in the war. More than 1,700 U.S. soldiers have been killed in Afghanistan since the invasion began, thousands more wounded. In a message posted on YouTube, Malalai Joya, former member of the Afghan parliament, said democracy could only come from within her country. Ten years ago, U.S. and NATO invaded my country under the fake banners of women's rights, human rights, and democracy. But after a decade, Afghanistan still remains the most unstable, most corrupt, and most war-torn country in the world. The consequences of the so-called war on terror has only been made more bloodshed, crimes, barbarism, human rights, women rights violation, which has doubled the miseries and sorrows of our people. The war has also vastly increased U.S. war spending. New figures from the National Priorities Project show that the U.S. has spent $460 billion in Afghanistan. President Obama has said that foreign combat troops will leave Afghanistan in 2014. There are currently more than 130,000 coalition troops in the country. Some 98,000 are from the U.S.
I'm Brian Marina in Los Angeles. A protest and die-in to mark the 10th anniversary of the U.S. invasion of Afghanistan is taking place this evening in San Francisco, bringing together those angry about U.S. foreign policy and the local Occupy Wall Street demonstrators. The anti-war action, which coincided with many others across the country, was organized by Answer SF. To kick off the rally, an answer organizer explained how the allocation of money to the U.S. military is draining crucial resources. $330 million per day, one day in Afghanistan, is 6,600 teachers pay for one year. That is the hypocrisy of this system, where we can spend millions of dollars out abroad killing people where we can't feed them, we can't feed them and give them jobs here at home. Some of the signs at the rally read Books Not Bombs and Teachers for Public Education. Jiddu was one of dozens of students at the rally. He said the link between his life experience and the war in Afghanistan is painfully clear. I mean, it seems as though, uh, you know, students and war are not related, but in fact they are related because it's student funding that it's funding that are taken away from students to go to war and fight a war that's not ours to begin with. And so why should we as students be experiencing budget cuts? San Francisco's Occupy Wall Street contingent joined up for a march down Market Street. Occupy SF participant Phil, who didn't give his last name, said he's inspired by the growing number of people in the streets and he thinks change is on the way. Well, sooner or later there's going to be revolution because... Uh, the people can only take so much. I mean, you know, the 10 million people have lost their homes uh, since the 2008. Uh, supposedly, there's going to be another wave of foreclosures that's much larger than what's already happened. People are graduating owing more money than they could ever repay uh, from school. And there are no jobs for them. So at some point, people need to eat. And, uh, you know, they're going after even the food stamps. So revolution's coming. The anti-war march was scheduled to end at the Grand Hyatt Hotel at Stockton and Sutter Streets to bring attention to hotel workers who've been fighting for a new contract. Ivy League professors dropped by anti-Wall Street protest camps in Boston and New York today to teach the demonstrators about theories that bolster their demands to end inequality in the American economy. Part of the Occupy Boston site was temporarily renamed Free School University as the crowd gathered at the feet of Brown University international political economy professor Mark Blith and Boston University international relations professor Kevin Gallagher. Standing on a wooden crate, they discussed with a crowd of about 50 the misdeeds of Wall Street and Washington. Future forums were scheduled to, dis to address anarchism, psychology, and law and privacy rights. People have every right to be angry, Blith said, about the Wall Street bailout in 2008, which left banks enjoying huge profits while average Americans suffered under high unemployment and job insecurity with little help from the federal government. In New York, a Columbia University professor was to talk to protesters about activism in Greece. Opposition to the U.S. wars in Afghanistan and Iraq was a theme at many of the Occupy demonstrations across the country.
At Occupy San Francisco, participants are calling for a reduction in military spending and redirecting billions of dollars to social programs at home. Judith Schur filed this report. Where's the money? Where's the money? Where's the money go? Some 350 people converged at the San Francisco Federal Building Thursday, many of them having walked there from the Occupy San Francisco encampment at the Federal Reserve Building about a mile away. Their signs told the story, bail out schools, our future is too big to fail. Resources, not outsources. Jobs, not bombs. Henry Clark lives in Richmond, California, home to oil refineries. He's the founder of the West County Toxics Coalition and spoke to the crowd. Linking wars for oil to the toxic air, he and his Richmond neighbors are forced to breathe. Our government is going to countries like Afghanistan, still in the oil, bringing it to Richmond, to the refinery there to be processed, where the refinery blows up in our face. Basically, chemical assaults on the lives of people in, in our community. One of the themes of the rally was opposition to military spending. Co-founder of Global Exchange, Kevin Danaher, says that money should go to human services. The total costs of this war amount to $3.3 trillion. It's one-fifth of the national debt. We have 865 military bases outside our country. We have 240 military golf courses. Could we please shut down the military golf courses and put the money into education and health care? Like other Occupy demonstrations, students are playing a role. San Francisco Academy of Arts student Danielle Peterson is paying her own way through school and piling up debt that she says will leave her a slave to corporate society when she graduates. Her sign read, student loan debt equals indentured servitude. In order for me to educate myself higher than a uh, high school level, I've been forced to take out thousands of dollars in loans. So even if education should be considered a right. Just after midnight on Thursday, police confiscated tents and personal items from Occupy San Francisco's camping space in front of the Federal Reserve Building. But activists say that has made them even more determined to remain where they are. They say more people are coming daily and new groups are forming to occupy Berkeley, Oakland, Santa Cruz, San Jose, and Sacramento. Judith Scher, FSRN, San Francisco. Anti-Wall Street demonstrators have taken to the streets in San Diego, the latest city, to join a movement that is quickly spreading across the country. Protesters taking part in Occupy San Diego gathered today to march from Children's Park to the Civic Center and then back to the park. The group says it will move protesters to the city's Civic Center again tomorrow, while it will remain indefinitely to speak out against what it calls global financial corruption. Protest groups across the country have been camping out in public places to express their anger over costly health care, rising unemployment, corporate greed, and demand politicians implement a more just economic system. 
Officials are threatening Occupy San Jose activists camped outside City Hall with arrest. The city attorney told the Mercury News that it's illegal to camp out at City Hall overnight. And the protesters could be arrested as soon as tonight if they refuse to leave. Occupy San Jose members said they're exercising their free speech rights. And they point to a Vietnamese activist who was allowed to camp outside City Hall Tower for weeks in 2008 in a protest over the naming of a Vietnamese business district. Police arrested 20 protesters from Occupy Sacramento late last night when they refused to leave Cesar Chavez Park. The arrest followed a march by about 500 people in Sacramento. A top Republican in Congress referred today to Wall Street protesters as growing mobs that are trying to divide the country. That came in a speech to social conservative so-called value voters in Washington by House Majority Leader Eric Cantor. If you read the newspapers today, I, for one, am increasingly concerned about the growing mobs occupying Wall Street and the other cities across the country. And believe it or not, some in this town have actually condoned the pitting of Americans against Americans. Cantor also vowed to end all public funding for Planned Parenthood following next November's election. At the beginning of our new majority, the House moved to try and cut off all taxpayer funding to Planned Parenthood and its abortion clinics. But, but that is not the way things played out. But I can tell you, after November 2012, we look forward to a Senate and a White House that will partner with us to once and for all eliminate government funding for any and all organizations that perform abortion. House Majority Leader Eric Cantor speaking to so-called value voters in Washington today. You are listening to the Evening News on Pacifica Radio, KPFA in Berkeley, KPFK in Los Angeles, KFCF in Fresno, or online at kpfa.org. I want to read to you two points from the mission statement of Pacifica Radio. Our programming principles of Pacifica Radio. To engage in any activity that shall contribute to a lasting understanding between nations and between the individuals of all nations, races, creeds, and colors, and to promote the study of political and economic problems and of the causes of religious philosophical, and racial antagonisms, and to promote the full distribution of public information to obtain access to sources of news not commonly brought together in the same medium and employ such varied sources in the public presentation of ac accurate, objective, comprehensive news and public affairs on all matters vitally affecting the community. That is the mission of this Pacifica radio station to which you are listening right now. And I submit to you that more often than not, this Pacifica radio station lives up to those programming principles. 
if you agree with me, I'm asking for your financial support here on day number four of this absolutely crucial fall fund drive to keep the Pacifica Station to which you are listening right now on the air in the coming months carrying out that mission and to keep the Pacifica Evening News on the air in the coming months carrying out that mission. Now once again I have uh, made a mistake and put us in a deep hole because it is now 22 minutes past the hour of 6 o'clock before I got around to asking for your financial support. And we do have a goal of $3,500 by the end of this newscast. If we're going to get anywhere close to that goal, we're going to need lots of you to make a pledge right now. You can call us at 1-800-439-5732. 1-800-439-5732. Or you can pledge securely online in Southern California. It's kpfk.org. In Northern and Central California, it's kpfa.org. If you make a pledge from Southern California, the money goes to keep KPFK on the air. If you make a pledge for the Central Valley, the money goes to keep KFCF on the air. And if you make a pledge from Northern California, the money goes to keep KPFA on the air. No one calling right now? The number 1-800-439-5732. The news needs to do its part. And its part tonight is $3,500. 1-800-439-5732. We need to exercise our financial responsibility, but in the context of a minimal amount of interruption to the newscast. So I'm beseeching you to make that call right now so we can return to the newscast promptly. one 800 439 5732 1-800-439-5732 Four people coming through for Pacifica Radio right now. Five people. Six people. 1-800-439-5732 I'm going to trust you got the message and will take the appropriate action by calling 1-800-439-5732 as we return to the newscast. The pastor who introduced Texas Governor Rick Perry at a conservative gathering today said rival presidential candidate Mitt Romney is not a Christian and is in a cult because he is a Mormon. Robert Jeffress, a senior pastor at First Baptist Church in Dallas, endorsed Perry at the Values Voter Summit, introducing him as a proven leader, a true conservative, and a committed follower of Christ. After his remarks, Jeffress told reporters that Perry's religion is different from Romney's. Rick Perry's a Christian. He's an evangelical Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ, Jeffress said. Mitt Romney's a good moral person, but he's not a Christian. Mormonism is not Christianity. It has always been considered a cult by the mainstream of Christianity. Romney is a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, whose members are commonly called Mormons. Perry's campaign said the Texas governor disagrees with Jeffress. The governor does not believe Mormonism is a cult, said spokesman Mark Minor. With 
Noisy protesters demonstrating nearby, a top State Department official insisted today that a decision on whether a Canadian company can go forward with a plan to pipe oil from tar sands in western Canada to the Texas Gulf Coast will be fair and above board. Assistant Secretary of State Carrie Ann Jones of the Bureau of Oceans and International Environmental and Scientific Affairs brushed back allegations from critics that the decision on the plan is tainted by a previous relationship between Trans-Canada Executive Paul Elliott and Secretary of State Hillary Rodham Clinton. Elliott was an aide on Clinton's 2008 presidential campaign. The environmental group Friends of the Earth released internal emails and other documents this week that it said demonstrate an overly cozy relationship between State Department officials and Elliott. TransCanada denied any wrongdoing. Jones said no decision's been made on the plan, which would carry oil derived from tar sands in Alberta, Canada, to refineries in Houston and Port Arthur, Texas. The 1,700-mile Keystone XL pipeline, which would travel through Montana, South Dakota, Kansas, Nebraska, and Oklahoma, has become a flashpoint in the debate over the Obama administration's energy policies. Supporters say the pipeline would significantly reduce U.S. dependence on Middle Eastern oil, while environmental groups say it would bring dirty oil that requires huge amounts of energy to extract and could cause an ecological disaster in case of a spill. The State Department held its final public comment meeting on the project in Washington today. Environmental activists, religious groups, and young people inspired by the protest against Wall Street flocked to the hearing, where they denounced the pipeline as an example of corporate greed and environmental destruction. Michael Lawson reports from Washington. At earlier public comment meetings, industry officials have been accused of busing people in to crowd out the anti-pipeline speakers. This time, those against the Keystone Pipeline were prepared. Nearly 40 of them camped out overnight to stake their place in line to speak during the comment period. Jacqueline Trevino of McAllen, Texas, was one of those people, but she had mixed feelings about her time outside. It was interesting, and it was fun, but it was also really stressful and intense because there was some tension with the union representatives over how many spots in line we were taking up and what that dynamic was going to look like the following day. Trevino, who says her community would be impacted by an increase in refinery activity, is also concerned about continuing to promote a dependence on fossil fuels and what this means for climate change. We had more wildfires this summer than we've ever seen before, larger and stronger and more difficult to fight than we've ever seen before. The most severe drought we've ever encountered. Texas has actually been in a drought my entire life and I'm 23 years old. Those against the pipeline showed their enthusiasm with the no Keystone XL stickers. At a rally during the middle of the hearing period, demonstrators held signs urging President Obama to reject the pipeline permit. George Poitras, a member of the First Nations, traveled from Alberta, Canada, the location of the tar sands. In addition to the health effects he's witnessed, Poitras says the tar sands development violates treaty rights granted to First Nations people in the Canadian Constitution. With the environmental impacts and contamination of our waters and decimation of our forests are all having impacts on our ability to meaningfully exercise those rights to hunt, to fish, and to trap. In the hearing room, moderators had to remind the audience to limit their reactions. 
Applause or statements in opposition to the pipeline were met with boos from the union representatives in orange shirts who came mostly from the local area. David Miller, spokesperson with the Laborers International Union of North America, said his group was there in support of jobs, not in opposition to good environmental practices. We have members who build uh, solar power plants, who build uh, wind turbines. So, you know, we, uh, we're all about, you know, uh, uh, you know, jobs that are environmentally responsible. And we think this process has been done in a way that's going to make sure that this is built uh, safely and in a way that uh, doesn't harm the environment. A comment hearing in Nebraska where there is great concern about the pipeline's effect on drinking water attracted 1,000 people. Randy Thompson is a landowner who would be affected by the pipeline's construction. He says Nebraskans are angry and TransCanada has not been playing by the rules. These people have operated with no boundaries. They have been out in our state for three years trying to intimidate landowners into signing easement agreements. And they have no authority at this point in the permitting process to enforce eminent domain. The next major action against the pipeline on November 6th will be a human chain around the White House. Demonstrators will hold up signs of President Obama's quotes as a candidate in opposition to oil. The State Department is expected to issue a decision in December. Michael Lawson, FSRN, Washington. And this brief fundraising update, $675 in pledges thus far. Our goal is $3,500. By the end of this newscast, which is now just 28 minutes away. So we have quite a way to go. $2,825 to go, to be exact. One person on the line right now. Remember, you can do it online in Southern California at kpfk.org. Northern and Central California at kpfa.org. Do what you say. Pledge financial support for this Pacifica radio station to keep it on the air in the coming months. Pledge financial support to Pacifica Radio to keep this hour-long statewide Pacifica Evening News newscast on the air in the coming months. 1-800-439-5732. 1-800-439-5732. We're trying to raise the money we vitally need to keep going with a minimal amount of interruption to this newscast. But that takes your participation. That takes your phone call. That takes your pledge. 1-800-439-5732. You can make a pledge and pay it in installments. For instance, you could make a $120 pledge and pay it $10 a month. 1-800-439-5732. 1-800-439-5732. I'm going to hope and pray that you got the message. And that message is about the survival of this radio station and the survival of this newscast. 1-800-439-5732. I'm going to return to the news. Records show a rookie Los Angeles County Sheriff's deputy quit after only three weeks on the job after a supervisor forced him to beat up a mentally ill jail inmate. The Los Angeles Times reports that 23-year-old 
Joshua Sathers was so disturbed after the March incident and subsequent cover-up at the Twin Towers jail that he resigned and moved to Colorado. The FBI is investigating inmate abuse allegations at the jails. A Tennessee woman who spent 26 years on death row and came within two months of being executed has been freed from prison in Tennessee. 58-year-old Gail Owens was sentenced to die for hiring a stranger to kill her husband in 1985, but her death sentence was commuted to life in prison last year and she won parole last week. Supporters had urged her release, claiming she was a victim of domestic violence who didn't use that defense because she didn't want her young sons to know about the physical and sexual abuse she had endured. Declaring women's rights vital for world peace, the Nobel Committee awarded its annual peace prize today to three indomitable female campaigners against war and oppression, a Yemeni and two Liberians, including that country's president. Ellen Johnson Sirleaf, the first woman freely elected as a head of state in Africa, shared the award worth one and a half million dollars with compatriot Lee Mae Bowie, who promoted a sex strike among efforts to end Liberia's civil war, and Yemen's Tawakul Karman, who called her honor a victory for the Arab Spring. Barnaby Phillips reports. As ever, the announcement from Oslo preceded by much speculation, but coming as something of a surprise. The Norwegian Nobel Committee has decided that the Nobel Peace Prize for 2011 is to be divided in three equal parts between Ellen Johnson Sirleaf, Leima Bowie, and Tavakul Karman. Out of the horrors of Liberia's civil war come two of the three winners of this year's prize. The small West African country was torn apart by militias and warlords for 13 years. Liberian women suffered terribly. Ellen Johnson Sirleaf initially supported one of the faction leaders, Charles Taylor, but quickly regretted that and worked for peace and democracy. And at the end of the war, she became Africa's first elected woman president. Since when, Liberia has been peaceful, and Ellen Johnson Sirleaf has come to symbolize hopes for less corrupt leadership in Africa, where women's rights are respected. I represent the aspirations and expectations of Liberian, African women, maybe women all over the world, and therefore the pressure is on me to make sure that I succeed. The other Liberian winner, Lema Bowie, has spoken bravely about the abuse of women. By the time you don't raise this issue, you've given rise to an increased sexual violence and rape in post-conflict context, and that's the situation we are faced with in Liberia. And from the tumult of the Arab Spring, the third winner, Tawakkol Karman from Yemen, a journalist and human rights activist pushing for more political freedoms. I dedicate the prize to the Yemeni revolution and to all the Arab revolutions. I also dedicate this prize to the martyrs and wounded people in Yemen, in Tunisia, Egypt, Syria and all over the world. So the theme of the year is the role played by women in working for peace, in building more accountable societies, in war-shattered West Africa, now recovering, and on the Arab streets, where there is still so much to play for. Barnaby Phillips, Al Jazeera.
We're not doing too well here. I mean, I think the newscast is okay. But the fundraising is not. We are nowhere near getting even within sight of our $3,500 goal. If you find the news and information that you get from the Pacifica radio station to which you are listening right now to be valuable to yourself, your family, your neighbors, your community, your fellow citizens, we're asking you to support it financially so we can continue doing our job on this end of the microphone. It takes money. We don't have commercials. We don't have underwriting, which most public stations do, which sound exactly like commercials. The only difference is they're called underwriting instead of commercials. And we don't have a big sugar mama or a big sugar daddy. What we have is you, the listener. 85% of our budget comes from listener sponsors like you. If you're a listener but not a sponsor, that's a problem for us. Please consider becoming a Pacifica listener sponsor by calling us at 1-800-439-5732. 1-800-439-5732. There's just one person on the line right now. Won't you be caller number two? Thank you for that call. Won't you be caller number three at 1-800-439-5732. one 800 Four three nine five seven three two. I want to return to the news, but I can't do it unless I get some indication of financial support. One eight hundred four three nine five seven three two. Five people calling. There's caller number six. I presume we'll get caller number seven. I'm going to go back to the newscast. One eight hundred four three nine five seven three two. Revolutionary fighters assaulted Muammar Gaddafi's hometown from all sides today, in which they hope will be a final all-out offensive to crush resistance in the most important bastion of regime loyalists. Libya's new leaders say Sirte's fall is critical to formally declaring liberation and setting a timeline for elections, even if fighting persists elsewhere and the ousted leader is nowhere to be found more than six weeks after the then-rebels seized control of the capital and most other parts of the country. Smoke drifted over the skyline and explosions thundered throughout the besieged city as long lines of civilians fleeing by car formed at checkpoints manned by revolutionary forces. Anti-Qaddafi fighters pushed into the Mediterranean coastal city from the west, east and south in heavy fighting, trying to squeeze his supporters into a smaller and smaller perimeter. The two sides battered each other with rockets, mortar shells and tank fire as Qaddafi snipers fired down on fighters advancing through housing complexes. 
A U.S. administration official said that 80% of the city was now pacified or under the control of the transitional government. The official said the remaining area might take a little more time as forces move methodically to eliminate the resistance. NATO airstrikes have been critical to the rebels' successes. Syrian security forces opened fire on protesters in several parts of the country today, killing at least eight people and wounding scores, while masked gunmen burst into an apartment in the predominantly Kurdish northeast and shot dead one of Syria's most prominent opposition figures. Dorian Ramina, Ramina reports. A prominent Syrian Kurdish opposition figure was killed in the city of Kamishli. An activist said pro-government gunmen beat another leader outside a mosque in Midan. The death toll of those killed in protests against the regime of President Bashar al-Assad has risen to more than 2,900, according to new figures from the U.N. out this week. The protests, which began in mid-March, have taken a turn, with army defectors taking a larger role in the fighting and the opposition coalescing under a national council, which meets tomorrow in Cairo to choose an executive board and key leadership positions. Mohammed al-Abdullah is just back from the council's first meeting last Sunday in Istanbul. He joins us now from Washington. First, let's talk about the council itself. Leaders announced its creation last Sunday, saying it includes a broad coalition of secular, Kurdish, Christian, Muslim leaders. What is the aim of the council? Well, the aim of the council mainly is to form kind of uh, political leadership for the revolution. For it has been six months then the revolu- since the revolution started in Syria with no uh, political, clear political leadership or clear uh, uh, address for the opposition where the international community can talk to or engage with. And that's uh, making some confu- confusion as well when the uh, loss of statements and uh, different uh, political views uh, came from the position figures, uh, they don't have all the same strategies or agenda. So it's it's great to have one leadership, one address, and one plan so everybody can line up behind. And that's uh, going to give an image to the international community that then the Syrian opposition is ready to take over the government if the Syrian regime falls down. You're a member of the council as an independent, and you were part of the effort of bringing these different groups together. What was that process like, and how long did it take? It took more than three months, quite honestly, put the political powers and try to engage them. And everybody should feel uh, a member and a part and not only uh, invited to join. Uh, they need to feel they participated and they did something. So if you don't make them feel they are represented, they are sharing their thoughts and views and they are helping and being a part of the process making, making they won't join. And it's not easy thing when we're talking about a huge group of people uh, and the other point is uh, a huge part almost 40% of the council if not 50% uh, they are from inside Syria we did not publish their names for their safety and engage those people and communicate with them has been uh, a nightmare most of them are in hiding sometimes or for a long time they don't have internet connection as the government uh, cutting off the internet in the cities they are besieging or attacking I want to turn to talk about some events taking place that have taken place in Syria this week where battles close to the border with Turkey have increased. There's been an increased presence of armed resistance coming from defectors from the military. Is the nature of the protest changing? Is it changing from a peaceful protest to a civil war? Is that an accurate characterization? 
Not accurate at all because uh, the people who's getting armed or who's fighting uh, the army, they are not the protesters themselves. They are um, an army members uh, and they've been fighting in the army against the revolution for a while. But now Assad regime is paying the price of pushing the army to smash the protesters and attacking those cities one by one. If we look on the revolution over the map of Syria, almost the army attacked almost every single city in Syria except Damascus and Aleppo and now the army is formed by people from those cities and those towns from the first place Mohammed Al-Abdullah, member of the Syrian National Council. One thing that the council did do earlier this week in the announcement is they called on the international community to respond. Now, I want to get your take on the international response so far. The U.S. has been criticized for being slow. The U.N. failed to pass a resolution on Syria Tuesday this week. How do you see the international response? Still, the, the, the U.S. did not use their full leverage in the U.N. and in the countries. I mean, they don't have leverage over Russia, but they have leverage over another country that has a great leverage over Russia, such as Saudi Arabia. So I, I believe uh, we need international community actions, but the problem with the Syrian government that U.S. and EU, they don't have that leverage they have had with Mubarak. When the U.S. asked him to quit, he did. We don't have this leverage here with the Syrian government, and uh, unfortunately, our options is very, uh, are very few and little, and and one of them is to send observers by the UN after issuing UN uh, Security Council resolution. If those observers uh, allowed to be in the country, they can tell who's shooting on who's and tell that the real story. And if the Syrian government really uh, honest about their uh, vision of the story, their version of the story, they can allow the media after they block. The, the country or block the information uh, in a half a year almost since the revolution started. Mohammed Al-Abdullah is a member of the Syrian National Council. He joined us to talk about the creation of the council and the next steps for the opposition movement in Syria. I'm Dorian Marina in Los Angeles. And we are about one-third of the way to our goal of $3,500 by the end of this newscast. That's the good news. The bad news is we're about 10 minutes away from the end of this newscast. So we do need your help. We do need your financial contribution to keep this Pacifica radio station on the air, to keep this newscast on the air. 1-800-439-5732 is the number to call to make a financial pledge. Two people are doing it right now. Won't you be caller number three? 1-800-439-5732 or online in Southern California at kpfk.org or in Northern California or in Central California at kpfa.org. Ten minutes to go. Ten minutes. 1-800-439-5732. Can we have caller number three join us right now? 1-800-439-5732 to become a listener sponsor of this Pacifica radio station to which you are tuned right now. Your contribution will go to keep KPFK on the air, KFCF on the air, or KPFA on the air. Thank you for that call, caller number three. Could we get caller number four at 1-800-439-5732. 1-800-439-5732. 
439-5732. Our goal is $3,500, but we're way short of that right now. Help us get a little bit closer. 1-800-439-5732. 1-800-439-5732. I'm going to presume you got the message, hope and pray you got the message, and we'll take the appropriate action. 1-800-439-5732. Security Council experts have begun examining the Palestinian application for United Nations membership. Diplomats said the admissions committee experts from all 15 council nations met behind closed doors today to discuss how to proceed with the application and plan to meet again next week, probably Thursday. The United States says it will veto a Security Council resolution recommending Palestinian membership to the General Assembly, which must give final approval. While the Council is considering the Palestinian bid to become the 194th UN member state, Mideast negotiators are seeking ways to restart long-stalled Israeli-Palestinian negotiations. Envoys from the so-called Quartet, the U.S., the U.N., European Union, and Russia, are scheduled to meet Sunday in Brussels. A federal judge has ruled that Taco Bell violated federal and California laws protecting the disabled from discrimination. U.S. District Judge Phyllis Hamilton in Oakland is now deciding what improvements the company must make to the 220 stores it owns in California and how much to fine the fast food chain. Hamilton ruled after presiding over a week-long trial in June that examined one store in San Pablo, which is being used as an example of all the company-owned California locations. Hamilton says the San Pablo store failed to provide proper handicap parking, wheelchair access, and other accommodations for the disabled. The ruling was prompted by a class action lawsuit filed in December of 2002. Taco Bell is owned by Louisville, Kentucky-based Yum Brands Incorporated. And this brief fundraising update, $1,635 pledged thus far. Our goal is $3,500. We have $1,865 still to go. In our final six minutes, two people on the line, won't you make a pledge? Help us get as close as possible to that goal. 1-800-439-5732. 1-800-439-5732. Attempts by U.S. airlines to avoid compliance with new European carbon emissions standards have taken a hit in court. A preliminary ruling says the EU can legally require airlines that fly to Europe to participate in the bloc's carbon cap and trade program. Liam Moriarty reports. Starting next year, the aviation industry will be included in Europe's cap-and-trade program. Airlines based in the U.S. and other countries are challenging the new rule, saying Europe has no right to impose regulations on foreign airlines. An advocate general at the European Court of Justice issued an opinion Thursday that the requirement is legal under international law. Bill Hemmings with Transport and Environment, a Brussels-based nonprofit that intervened in the case, says the industry really doesn't have much to complain about. The cost 
cost is extremely modest. The costs will be passed on in their entirety to passengers. All of these objections seem to be a way for international airlines to avoid their responsibilities for the climate. EU officials estimate that transatlantic ticket prices would rise just 6 to 12 euros, about 8 to 16 dollars. The full court won't rule on the matter till next year, though it usually affirms the preliminary opinion. The EU emission rules for aviation are slated to go into effect January 1st. Liam Moriarty, FSRN, Normandy, France. Fifteen interfaith leaders were arrested outside of the downtown Los Angeles Federal Building this afternoon during a rally to protest the Afghanistan war. Organizers say the civil disobedience was planned to commemorate the 10th anniversary of the U.S. war against the Middle Eastern country. Pacifica's Ernesto Arce files this report from Los Angeles. We are not Police arrested 15 interfaith leaders who refused to leave their spot in the middle of North Los Angeles Street in downtown L.A. Several rabbis were joined by Roman Catholic priests, Muslim imams, pastors, and even an atheist communist. The group says it's tired of what it describes as a decade of U.S. imperialist war in Afghanistan. So we have a choice, and that is to be frozen by our fear and act on it, or to be enlightened by the wisdom of our love. Aziza Hassan with MPAC, the Muslim Public Affairs Council, says all faiths have one thing in common, the desire to see love and compassion overcome other human emotions. And I would dare to venture that today we are here and we are motivated by that love. Because fear begets fear. And as time has shown again and again, fear shows devastating consequences to us and those affected by our actions. Before the arrests, the Interfaith Communities United for Peace and Justice held an anti-war rally in front of the entrance to the U.S. Immigration and Naturalization Offices. Kristen S., with Code Pink, used the podium to make the connection between costly and illegal overseas wars and corporate abuse of its tax privilege. The total cost of this so-called security since September 11, 2001 is $7.6 trillion, including the Iraq and Afghan wars, homeland security, nuclear weapons, and the Pentagon-based budget. By ending the wars and taxing the rich and corporations, the U.S. would be able to create jobs, fund education, support health care, and create a sustainable renewable economy. S wants Wall Street bankers and both Bush and Obama-era torture and rendition proponents to be brought to justice. Although she nodded favorably to protesters occupying hundreds of cities across the country, she says it comes down to accountability and enforcement. If we simply took the laws that already exist and the resolutions that already existed and moved forward, we could have a chance of having some kind of a world where there was equity, where there was justice, where there might be some peace for all people. Some rally-goers mumbled their dissatisfaction about the turnout. Although a few dozen clergy were assembled, very few of their congregants made it out to the three-hour rally. Jeff Warner with LA Jews for Peace says although the Jewish elite supports the U.S. wars, the great majority of Jews stood for peace and justice. I have two signs. One says no to U.S. imperialism out of Afghanistan, and the other side says no to U.S. militarism out of Afghanistan. It's been 10 years since the start of the Afghanistan war. Has it accomplished anything, in your opinion? 
<laughs> has it accomplished any good and has it brought peace closer to the world? I don't think so. But it certainly is accomplishing to spend trillions of American dollars and uh, many American lives and scores and scores of Afghani lives. The crowd grew excited as famed author and activist Dr. Cornell West approached the sound truck. Dr. West gave his usual high-energy pep talk before being surrounded by admirers. As Americans, we're going to take a stand against it. This is not anti-American. This is anti-injustice in America. We're trying to make the country more free, more democratic. Let us not forget the precious children of all colors. Forty-two percent of our precious children live in or near poverty. That's a moral disgrace. That's why we are all colors. That's why we're all religious. And yet we got some atheistic and agnostic brothers and sisters here. We are here together. We're here together talking about justice. Interfaith communities united for peace and justice say their focus is on the Congressional Super Committee, which is tasked with cutting hundreds of billions of dollars in the federal budget. The group is asking those in the committee to cut the military budget by at least a trillion dollars in order to properly fund jobs, education, and social programs. In Los Angeles, I'm Ernesto Arce, Pacifica Radio, KPFK. And that's it for the news tonight on Pacifica. Thanks for joining us. With Andrew Stelzer, I'm Mark Miracle. Good evening. KPFA listeners, this is our fall fun drive. We still need volunteers to answer phones. Spare some time to join us at 1929 Martin Luther King Jr. Way in Berkeley. We begin at 7.30 a.m. and go all day, or you can donate to KPFA at kpfa.org or call 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-5732. Thank you. Good evening. This is KPFA or KPFB Berkeley or KFCF at 88.1 in Fresno. Online, we're at kpfa.org. Coming up at the very top of the hour, it's Full Circle. Please stay with us. Welcome to Full Circle, your cultural affairs radio magazine. Tonight, in the heart of the fall fun drive, we bring you a special presentation highlighting the film God Went Surfing with the Devil. This film is an inspirational documentary that takes a look at the Israel-Palestine situation in a new way. We will hear interviews with Matt Olson and Arthur Rashkonen, co-founders of Surfing for Peace, as well as Alex Klein, the director of the film. Throughout the show, we will be asking you to call in and pledge to KPFA, and we will be offering the film as a premium. All right, without any ado, we are your hosts, LaFleur. And Free Will and Franklin. Stay with us. And welcome back, Full Circle, full circle listeners here on KPFA. Tonight we are pre- featuring the film God Went Surfing with the Devil. The film is an eye-opening documentary about three friends' efforts to get 23 surfboards into Gaza and the ways in which the water can bridge peace between Arabs and Israelis. 
And when you think about the Middle East or you hear about the news or you hear about it in the news, the last thing you usually picture is surfers. Well, this film is going to change that for all of our listeners. Tonight we have a solid hour dedicated to this documentary film which tracks the efforts of a small organization called Surfing for Peace to deliver the much-desired surfboards to Gaza. Along the way, they talk to Israelis, Arab Israelis, Palestinians, and members of the Hamas government on the ground and in the streets. And unlike most coverage of the Middle East, we get a pretty real picture of everyday life. Instead of the stereotypical coverage which focuses on the cycle of violence, hate, and stereotypes. We are offering this film as a thank you gift tonight for a pledge of $75. You can pledge anytime by calling 510-848-4425. Oh, sorry, 510-848-5732, 510-848-5732, or 1-800-439-5732. Our goal tonight is to... Uh, our goal tonight is to try to make $1,500 so that we can keep bringing you this radio show and remain on the air. So now let's go to a small clip from the film, God Went Surfing with the Devil. Surfing for Peace is a people-to-people initiative. Rather than working on process, peace process-related issues or big grand ideas, it's just simply people helping other people with the idea that if enough activities are taking place, it'll slowly help build up, up from the grassroots for some kind of a peace initiative or at least the mindset for a peace initiative. Mohammed, my name the current situation in Gaza is that Gaza is under full closure. Right now they're only allowing humanitarian goods in um, and they have to be registered with the Israeli government. They have to be designated as humanitarian necessities by whoever is donating them, the United Nations or something like that, and by the Israeli authorities. How do surfboards qualify as humanitarian goods? Um, Surfboards don't really count as humanitarian goods, and this is one of the problems that we're encountering. There are a lot of organizations trying to promote activities together, but most of it is just dialogue. I don't want to talk. I want to go out and surf, have fun. So the process from this point on is to, uh, to get permits for you guys. We have to go to Jerusalem. We have to go to a couple of government offices. We have to apply for you to get you permits. My name is Muhammad uh, Alwan from Gaza City. I'm Palestinian. Uh, I am uh, agriculture engineer. It was a uh, surprise to me to know that we have here in Gaza surfers. Because there is nobody to support them or to help them here in Gaza. So I encourage to continue to support uh, these uh, guys. I spent most of my time in the sea. It gives me freedom. It gives me a place to stay. It's a good place to meet people. In the sea, even in sports. On the television, you can see people with wetsuits and it keeps them warm in the water. But we can't get warm because we don't have wetsuits and we have to wait until May or June until the water gets warmer and then we get in.
انا بديت انا اول واحد Who was the first surfer? I was the first one 11 years ago. My parents supported Uh, we are always on the beach, we love the sea and we always think about the sea. Uh, we surf and there are sea waters and if we pass the line, the Israeli will shoot you. Welcome back, Full Circle listeners. You just heard a segment of the film, God Went Surfing with the Devil. This is a gift that we are offering tonight for a pledge of $75 to KPFA. And you can pledge any time throughout the show by calling 510-848-5732. That's 510-848-KPFA. Our toll-free number is 1-800-439-5732. And don't forget, for all you online listeners, you could also donate at kpfa.org. Now we're going to go on to an interview with Matt Olson. Matt Olson founded Surfing for Peace together with Arthur Rashkonen, an Israeli surf and skate industry executive and former director of the Israeli Surfing Association. Um, Surfing for Peace aims to bridge cultural and political barriers between surfers in the Middle East, and they've been at it for four years now. So let's go ahead and hear a clip from that interview with Matt Olson now. Before we go on and talk about Surfing for Peace, I wanted to ask you about your background. In the film, it says that uh, you lived in Israel for seven years, so I'm curious to hear about what your background is. Well, uh, my father was a U.S. diplomat, and he was stationed in Tel Aviv when I was in high school. But when I wasn't in school, I was hanging out mostly with Israelis, skating and surfing. And that's how I met Arthur back when we were like 14 or 15 years old. And I always stayed in touch with them, and I ended up studying political negotiation in grad school. So I went back right after grad school and worked on the Israeli disengagement from Gaza, which was their civilian and military evacuation from Gaza. And I've kind of worked on peace process-related things ever since. Excellent. So let's talk about how Surfing for Peace came about. Was it essentially the news that you heard about a small group of men that were surfing in Gaza? And, and that's kind of what gave you the idea. Well, that's what kind of kicked it into full gear. I wasn't actually involved with Surfing for Peace at that stage. I had just moved back to the States and uh, I was living in L.A. in 2007 when this article in the L.A. Times came out about these surfers in Gaza who were sharing one surfboard between them. Arthur Rashkovan and Doc Paskowitz had been working on a little initiative to try to bring together Israeli Arabs and Israeli Jews, both of whom surf but don't have a whole lot of contact in Israel. And when they saw that article in the LA Times, Doc Paskowitz basically hopped on a plane and said, okay, we got to get these guys some surfboards and flew over to Israel. I was in the States, in LA, where I had just started this nonprofit organization, Explore Corps. And for my pilot project, I had wanted to do a surf club in Gaza because when I was a kid living in Tel Aviv, my dad's job was actually in Gaza, to go into Gaza every day and to be uh, kind of the U.S. representative there and to report to the embassy on what was going on. And I was just learning to surf at the time. And he came back after his first trip and said, man, you need to go surfing down there. It's completely empty. There's no one else in the water. So I'd always had in the back of my mind the, the idea of doing a surfing program in Gaza. So I was kind of in the process of building that when suddenly this article in the LA Times came out. And then very shortly thereafter, Doc Pasquitz and Arthur donated the first shipment of surfboards into Gaza. And it made perfect sense for us to join forces at that point. How much time would you say you've been on the ground in Palestine or in Gaza, for example? 
I went in the first time when I was like 14 or 15 with my dad. I went in a bunch of times there. But in terms of long-term staying there, mm-hmm. I started going back in in 2005. I went in a lot because I was working on the Israeli evacuation of Gaza. But in 2008, I started going in to work on our surfing projects more regularly. And I usually spend about three months every year in Gaza since 2008 every summer I've been going. And I'm hoping to go now in December as well. So the borders of Palestine were, were sealed off in 2006, and I was wondering, how have you seen the situation deteriorate or change? There have been a lot of changes in terms of available goods, but one thing that hasn't changed has been kind of the mindset, you know, the this, this siege mentality that people have. There was a good article that was written a few, I guess two years ago, I think it was on the BBC, talking about how visiting people in Gaza is like visiting someone in prison. Mm. It's that same kind of mentality, and that's really true. I find that to be incredibly accurate. Things in Gaza have gone up and down, depending on a variety of factors, mostly on how effective the tunnels between Egypt and Gaza have been. When I went in with the film crew for God Went Surfing with the Devil, this was about eight months after the siege had really tightened down, and it was a ghost town. And there weren't any stores that were open. There was no street food. There were almost no cars on the road. There was gasoline was simply was not being imported. We were waiting for permits with the film crew, and... About two weeks before we went in, or a week maybe, there was an attack on this main fuel transfer station between Israel and Gaza. So Palestinian militants snuck out of Gaza and attacked this fuel transfer station. So, of course, the Israeli response is fine. No fuel for Gaza. So they just cut it all off completely. But within a month, Israel had signed a new ceasefire deal with Hamas, and Hamas had legalized the tunnel system that has been between Egypt and Gaza for 20 or 30 years. Hamas actually legalized it and imposed a system of taxation on it so they could make money from it. And overnight, the amount of tunnels went from around 200 to around 1,100, 1,200. Now, that hasn't helped the economy revive itself because it just means that there are things to buy. It doesn't mean that anyone in Gaza is able to make goods for export. And it doesn't mean that the factories that were in Gaza that constituted the main economic bloodline of Gaza have been able to produce or export their goods. During Operation Cast Lead, which was the Israeli war, some call it, between Hamas and Israel in 2008 to 2009, all those factories were destroyed. They were completely leveled. So Gaza was left with pretty much no way to make any money and no export markets, even if it could send stuff. The reason I asked that question is because that scene in the film where you guys are interviewing a father and a son, it's probably the hardest part of the film to watch because visually you can tell he's struggling and he says something to the fact that, you know, I can't purchase clothes for my family, I can't buy shoes for my kids, you know, I can't buy anything. I, and then the, the kid talks about, you know, we don't have gasoline to go to school. and. Yeah. You're not going to be able to see it, radio listeners, but let's go ahead and play that clip real quick with some uh, voiceovers. When I was little, they taught me on the waves, they taught me how to surf. I don't have my own board. I borrow boards from others. If I had my own, I would go to the beach every day. We can't learn. We don't have gasoline to go to school. It's a siege. You can't buy them clothes. You can't buy them shoes. There is nothing. The feeling is hard. Everyone is suffering. A man becomes so tired from all the complaints he hears. He doesn't have energy for anything. It's like an illusion. I work as a fisherman. 
Last night, we were in the water, and the Israeli soldiers shot at us. They shot at us all, even burned some boats. They were solely killing the Palestinian people. This little child, what was his role now? He doesn't belong to Fada or Hamas. All right, that was a short clip from Godwin Surfing with the Devil. And that pretty much brings down the whole war for me. Like, that moment in that film is just, it's pretty amazing. That kid, his name is Yusuf. Yes. Um, he's one of my buddies in Gaza. His father was, has worked traditionally as a fisherman and lifeguard. So they lifeguard sometimes, but they have to work shifts and whatnot. Being lifeguards, they're fishing. And fishing has traditionally been a, a very, not lucrative, I won't say that, but, you know, it's a good way to earn a living in Gaza. It supported a huge industry there, up to 60,000 jobs. And it's been a source of national pride. It's one way that Gazans kind of set themselves apart from Palestinians in the West Bank is by their fishing industry and the pride that they take in being able to fish. And that has been one of the industries that's been the most greatly affected by the embargo is because the Israelis have closed off most of the maritime zone for Gaza to fishermen. So fishermen can usually go out up to two miles from the coast in order to fish, and that's it. Now, you're talking about big fishing boats. I mean, these are fishing boats that normally go 40, 50 miles out to sea, mm. and they're only allowed to fish a mile and a half from shore. If they go any further, the patrol boats out there will shoot at them. And so that's killed a huge sector of the economy, and people like Yusuf's father, who you know have earned a living fishing, are stuck uh, without it. Welcome back. You are listening to Full Circle here on KPFA 94.1 FM. We just heard an interview with Matt Olson, who is the co-founder of Surfing for Peace, the organization featured in the film God Went Surfing with the Devil. We want to remind you at this time that you can pledge your support to this station that was founded with the goal of creating a place for peace by calling us here at KPFA, 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-5732. Or online, definitely at kpfa.org. For those of you just joining us, Godwin Serving with the Devil is a film about a group of friends trying to strike a friendship between Palestinians and Israelis through their common denomination, the ocean and the surf and the waves. And I want to remind you that we can only continue to bring stories like this, really unique stories, only if you support us. So go ahead and grab your phone, dial 1-800-HEY-KPFA. And let's return now to that interview with Matt Olson, co-founder of Surfing for Peace. So let's talk about the fact that a year has passed since you delivered those boards in August of 2010, over a year. And I understand you have several new really interesting projects that you've tacked on to Surfing for Peace. Can you talk about those? Yeah, well, after we delivered the boards last year, I was really happy. I thought, great, now every surfer in Gaza has a board. I can relax. But I found out that that wasn't true. For a couple of years, the father of one of the surfers had been saying to me, listen, you know, I want my daughter to learn how to surf. She knows how to swim. She's very capable in the water. I want you to teach her how to surf. And I want you to teach her sister and her cousin. And I said, listen, you know, if you want me to do that, I'd be happy to do that. You know, I'm not here to try to ruffle anyone's feathers. I know that having women surf in Gaza is a problematic issue for some people. I said, you know, you're the father. If you want me to do this, I'll be happy to do this. Bring them down to the beach and let's do something. That was in 2008, the first time I heard that. I heard it again in 2009. I was there for three months in the summer. I heard it all the time. I kept saying, bring them down, bring them down. In 2010, I, I heard it again, bring them down. Finally, around the same time that we delivered the boards, these girls show up at the beach. And he says, oh, here are the girls I've been telling you about. And I talked to the girls, and it was clear that they didn't really know how to serve. 
but they really wanted to keep progressing. So I asked them, how can we help you get in the water and do what you want to do, which is surf? And they said, well, you know, one of the problems is if I go into the water, even if I'm wearing lots of clothes, if I get on a surfboard and I stand up, my clothes will stick to my body and the men will be able to see the shape of my body and it will be you know, disgraceful or embarrassing. I said, okay, well, how about if we make you some custom clothing that's specifically for surfing that meets all of the standards that you have in Gaza, but also allows you to surf? Mm. And they didn't, they didn't really believe me. They're like, okay, sure, yeah. Good luck with that one. <laughs> yeah, good luck if you can come up with that. So, but I showed them a few designs, and they were really into it. And so we launched this project last fall called the Gaza Surfer Girl Project. And the goal of it was to get equipment for these four girls, two older girls and two younger, so, and their cousins to get them surfing in the water, to get them a board or two, and most importantly, to make some custom clothing for the two older girls. So I wanted to talk about another part of the film, God Went Surfing with the Devil. Um, there's a clip at the end of the film where a Palestinian surfer starts to talk about how the world needs a more accurate picture of Palestine and Palestinians. Let's go ahead and go to that clip. Everybody in the world needs to see the picture that we are a good culture, a good people that love sports and life and peace. People used to say we like death and not life, but we are Muslims, just like the Prophet Muhammad. Maybe America and France would help us, but the picture for them is wrong. They don't help us. They don't think of us. It's going to take time to achieve peace. There's no way to achieve peace when people see the wrong picture. The peace will come when the people see the truth. Now, based on on that clip and what he said, I was wondering what you think about how much the media is responsible for distorting or misframing our image of the Middle East or of Palestine specifically. Well, I definitely think it's a real problem. It depends where you are and on kind of what bias or what tilt is given to it. My experience in the last few years working in Gaza with a lot of journalists has really opened my eyes to how uh, news organizations and journalists specifically approach stories with preliminary ideas that they aren't willing to get rid of. Going into something with a mindset that this is how it is and this is how I'm going to report it no matter what I find. Yeah. Uh, we get so many journalists that come into Gaza and meet the surfers, for example and interview them and they produce stories that talk about either about the poor Palestinians who are suffering and have no support from the outside community or from a perspective of look at these quaint natives that we discovered who are isolated from the world you know like they're Indians in the rainforest or something you know like in the Amazon and of course neither story is true you go in there and you interview Palestinians but then how can you tell the story about how the surfers in Gaza for example are all by themselves when while you're interviewing them they're wearing equipment and they're surfing on surfboards that were donated by the national community. And, of course, it depends where you go to and what perspective you get. You know, Europe tends to be more pro-Palestinian. In Arab media, Israel almost doesn't exist. It's kind of a taboo topic in a lot of places. And in the United States, Palestinians don't really exist. Of course, I know that there's always going to be media bias, and there's always going to be support for one party or the other, depending on what country you're in. But as an American, I feel that it's so important for us to get an accurate picture of what's going on there because our government is deeply involved in what's happening there every day. The U.S. wants to be the mediator of Middle East peace between Israelis and Palestinians, but we don't have an accurate picture of what's actually going on in the Palestinian territories. It's not just us. It's not just us on the streets here in America. It's people, at the, for example, at the embassy and the U.S. consulate in Jerusalem. They're not allowed to send people into Gaza because it's too dangerous. Now, of course, they send people all over Afghanistan and all over Iraq. 
which is far more dangerous than Gaza, but someone has made a decision Gaza's too dangerous and no one can go in. So we just don't get an accurate picture of what's going on there. So how can we expect to be a mediator for the process if we have no idea really what's going on on the ground and what the daily reality is of people's lives? Absolutely, and that's why we're so grateful for a film like this that kind of just takes us to the ground level or to the daily life of, of everyday people there. And, you know, on the topic of misperceptions of the Middle East, I do want to also comment on the interview in the film with the Arab-Israeli man. I just want to play that clip real quick. As an Arab, uh, if I want to get, if I want to apply to a certain job, uh, most likely the first question that they're gonna ask is, did you, did you go to the army? Yeah, of course, most Arabs don't, uh, don't do the army. And uh, they ask you this first question is uh, like because uh, to just to knock you out of the the system. Like you are, you didn't do the army. Okay, so we can't accept you. What you just heard was a clip from the film God Went Surfing with the Devil. This part of the film really underlined for me how we can't use ethnicity or cultural or, or heritage as a, a guideline for how we treat people or how we allow them privileges. Many people forget what percentage of people living in Israel are actually Arab. Yeah, it's surprising. And even in Israel, you'll encounter this when you talk to people. They kind of come away with the impression that, oh, yeah, Israeli Arabs constitute five or six percent of the population. But they're actually, I think, around 23 or 24 percent of the population now. And this is a population that is really underserved by their government. They don't get the equal share of the tax revenue or social services or anything like that. And I think as long as the Israeli-Palestinian conflict continues, it kind of allows Israeli society to ignore the fact that it has this very large percentage of the population that is underserved by the government. And it kind of allows Israeli society to put that issue on the side. So you know what? At least Arab Israelis are not launching suicide bombings against us. So let's deal with Palestinians living in the territories first, and then we'll address this issue. But of course, it has to all come together as one package. Israeli Arabs living in Israel and uh, Palestinian Arabs living in the territories are the same people. Their families are intertwined. They're all related. You know, Israeli Jews can't make peace with Israeli Arabs unless they make peace with Palestinians in the territories. And they can't make peace with the Palestinians in the territories unless they make peace with Israeli Arabs. It's really quite a simple issue. Everyone demands equal rights. And if you want to solve the problems, that's what everyone needs. Absolutely. How can our listeners follow what you're doing over with Surfing for Peace? The best way to keep track of Surfing for Peace and follow what we're working on is on Facebook. There's a Surfing for Peace group. We use Surfing for the number four because it was started by four people. Doc Paskowitz, Kelly Slater, the world champion surfer, Arthur Rushkavan, and Dorian Sun David. And surfingforpeace.org, also with the number four. It's our website. And, you know, we really run Surfing for Peace as a community. It's not an organization. It's a community of people who are concerned about the issues that face young people in Israel and the Palestinian territories and in the Middle East in general and want to come together as a community to kind of cross political and cultural borders. And we find that surfing is a great way to do that and it's a great way to motivate people. So I want to encourage everyone to come join us, join our conversation, give us ideas, contribute in any way that you can. We want to make this into more than just some niche little sport activity. We want to really build ties across the borders between people. Matt Olson, we want to thank you so much for joining us today on Full Circle. It has been such a pleasure talking with you today. Thanks so much. Welcome back to Full Circle. That was my co-host interviewing Matt Olson of Surfing for Peace, using surfing to bridge people together through their common love of the surf. 
And we would like to remind you that you can pledge your support to this radio station that was founded with the goal of creating a place for peace by calling us here at 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-5732. And don't forget to you online listeners, you can always donate safely and securely at kpfa.org. Our goal tonight during the 7 o'clock hour is to try to raise $1,500 to keep this station on the air. And since we are about halfway there, we're not only halfway there yet, we are going to ask you that you call in now to bring us up to at least $800 before we play the next piece for you. All right, so the clip we want to play next is an interview with Arthur Rashkoman. He is the other co-founder of Surfing for Peace, and he's actually the unofficial kingpin of everything surf and skate in Israel. Um, He's also the formal, former general manager of the Israeli Surfing Association. So this is, you know, not only an important guy, he's also a really great person. Um, now there is, the beginning of this interview is a little embarrassing for me, but I decided to keep it in because, um, I start the clip asking him how much time he's spent in Gaza or when his first trip was. And obviously as an Israeli, he doesn't have that privilege, but I want to keep it in there because I think most Americans don't realize that they don't have the opportunity to enter Gaza as Israelis. And so let's go ahead and hear this interview with Arthur Rashkoven. I was wondering, when was your first trip to Gaza, for example? As an Israeli, I cannot go into Gaza. At all? No, it's impossible for me to go in there. And the only trips I'm doing to Gaza is to the Erez crossing, which is the border between Israel and Gaza. And I'm escorting whoever wants to go in there and move any kind of surf gear in there. That's my only experience. I just assumed that you were there and I completely neglected that fact. I wish. I really wish I could go in there and surf with those guys. That's my dream. At the end of the day, you know, I can send them as many things as I can. But my real dream is just something very simple. Just go out and surf with them. Absolutely. The film is really kind of a down-to-earth, everyday look at these kids and their love of the water instead of focusing on kind of this cycle of never-ending violence that obviously we can't ignore, but it kind of just brings home that people are people despite what their ethnic heritage is. And and there's that beautiful part in the film where Mafid's father says that, you know, once we get in the water, we don't talk about politics and, you know, are you a Jew, are you an Arab? And Can we go ahead and play that? Let's play that clip right now. In the water, we don't ask uh, each other about politics and uh, you are Arab, you are Jude, uh, we don't uh, speak about this. What we are uh, speaking, uh, go this way, it's good, go there, go, go here, go. That, that's what, what we are uh, talking about. Uh, we don't care about the politics and the Qassam and the Gaza and the uh, Golan and the... Uh, we love each other in the water. It's not uh, like uh, out the water. In the water it's uh, different. Maybe you would want to comment on that as someone who can't go to Gaza. You've said it all, you know, surfing for peace is all about that down-to-earth, people-to-people connection. We call ourselves an organization, but we're more a community. We're keeping ourselves away from any politicians or any kind of a political oversight or kind of organization because we're trying to keep it very real. 
Well, I got back from that day in Gaza when we delivered the boards. I felt like I did something very significant in my personal life. And people were asking me, what are you thinking? You're going to bring peace? I told them, I'm, I'm sure I'm not going to create peace because peace is a dialogue between governments and politicians. What I'm aiming for is just to make a few friends on the other side who are, in the eyes of the world, they're considered to be my enemies or my haters. But I know for a fact, even today, that these guys, they want to live their life peacefully and quietly and put food on their family's table and enjoy what they have. And what I have with them in common is the ocean and our passion for the waves. And that's what I'm kind of trying to create, just a connection, just a friendship with the one or two other guys. You know, I cannot change the whole world, but I can tell you for a fact, I'm sitting here in my living room and I have a little plate with a carved sign logo with the first two guys who got the boards, Ahmed and Muhammad, and they carved the logo of Surfing for Peace on a plate with my name and their names. And, you know, I changed my personal world, and this means everything to me. And we, we call it just Surfing for Peace, but it's called more for, like, a peace of mind and, and friendship. Maybe we could talk about, you know, the fact that many people forget that up to 20% of the Israeli population is made up of Arab people. Do you have friendships within the Arab community within Israel? Correct. Well, I would say that I have, I think, maybe 10 friends who I surf with. They're very close to me. You know, Jaffa is about two kilometers from Tel Aviv. It's just the connected city to Tel Aviv. So right. we live our life with an Arab population. And trying to cut ourselves away is the wrong thing to do. And to me, it's very natural. And I'm very lucky to have something in common with people that are considered to be different than I am. Sure. You guys managed to get those boards delivered in August of 2010. I'm curious about what you've been working on since then. We're actually working on a Surfing for Peace 2 event, which is uh, bringing uh, the world's best surfers into Israel and trying to uh, get some guys from Gaza and bring them out for the event and have some kind of a get-together with a musical performance with the surfers. My true goal is, which is something I've been working on for three, four years now, I'm trying to bring symbolically one surfer from Gaza, one from Jaffa, mm. and one from Tel Aviv, and fly them out to California and Hawaii, which is, mm. I would say, the source of aloha. What I'm trying to do is just very simply is just go out and surf with them together and surf for peace. <laughs> I haven't done it until today. My dream is to have... You know, the Israelis, the Arabs in Jaffa, and, and the guys from Gaza just go out on one little surf session and just enjoy what we love in our life. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like to me that the situation there is people, you know, in general don't have hatred for Israelis or for Palestinians. It's more just a political conundrum. It's exactly how you described it. I don't know what you're going to see on TV, a uh, mosque getting burned or a bomb going off in Jerusalem. Right. There's flames going on and the people would say, yeah, we have to raise the Palestinians. But then in times where everything is quiet, you can ask a person, do you really think all the people in, in Gaza want to erase Israel? I know for a fact that they don't. They want to live their life peacefully, and they know that there's people on the other side that want to do the same. Yeah. Like you said, it's a political conundrum. That's exactly what it is. What have you noticed firsthand about the opportunities available to Arab Israelis? From the film, I learned that they cannot serve in the army, and therefore that can be an obstacle to getting work. So what have you seen firsthand about the struggles of Arab Israelis? 
Well, I have to say, it's not just being stuck in the Israeli kind of realm. It's also the Arab communities in other countries don't really know how to treat them because they live inside of Israel and they enjoy some part of our economy. But it's very hard for them to develop and move on in life and get good jobs. And I can tell you for a fact that some of our friends, it's really not easy for them. It sounds also, yeah, like you said, as just a conflict of identity they're rejected from both identities or both cultures in a sense exactly Israeli Arab he has an Israeli ID but he doesn't identify himself as an Israeli and he doesn't connect himself to the Israeli nation but he lives inside of a country that is called Israel sure I wouldn't want to be in that place but is there anything else that you wanted to add about your experience or any message you no. want to leave people with What I personally want to deliver, and, and more than the fact that what we're doing is something that I really believe needs a, a change in people's awareness. Like I said, we're not going to bring peace. Peace is going to take, I don't know how many years. Mm. But as an Israeli, as born and raised kid and surfer in Tel Aviv, I know how the picture of Israel is portrayed in the media, and it's very negative. And one of my missions is to show Israel and the Israeli people, not the government or the country, and show what it really is about. And it's a beautiful country. We have a beautiful life here. And I will do everything I can within my powers to show and help other people that are considered to be my enemies. But these guys in Gaza who are just 50, 60 miles away from me, I know I can live my life peacefully with them. We can live together. And this goes back to the very simple phrase of Doc, who says, people who surf together can live together. And this is just a little thing I'm trying to prove for, on my side. Welcome back to Full Circle, everyone. You heard it there from Arthur Rashkoven himself, co-founder of Serving for Peace, that they can live together with the Palestinians in peace. They can live together um, surfing for peace. And we just want to appeal to you for one moment, you know, as apprentices here, We see day in and day out the hard work folks here um, do to bring you information that is interesting and relative to our world. We're asking you just briefly to support the station now. Pick up the phone if you can. Call 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-5732. That's 1-800-HEY-KPFA. Or don't forget, online listeners, go to kpfa.org and please make a pledge now. All right, we want to see some of those phone lines light up. I'm eagerly awaiting that red light. And next up, let's hear an interview with Alex Klein. This is the director of the film, God Went Surfing with the Devil. I've been interested in doing films for a while, and documentaries seem like an accessible place to start. Um, you don't need a big lighting kit or actors or anything. And um, I got an email, kind of not out of the blue, but I hadn't talked to Arthur Rushkoven in a while, and I got an email from Israel telling me about this plan to bring surfboards into Gaza, and it seemed like such an exciting and interesting and important, you know, event to, right. to get surfboards to these surfers in Gaza. So uh, I got to talk to Arthur about it, and we decided to explore it for a documentary. Did you have any filmmaking background before you went into this project? None whatsoever. Right. I'd gone to UC Berkeley and studied English, and I was always interested in story and screenplays and screenwriting, but as far as making film, no. But this was kind of a dream project in a sense because you got to get on a plane with some of your favorite guys, you know, some of mm. your good friends, Indeed. and make something really meaningful, in, in my opinion. 
Thanks so much. Yeah, it was a treat. You know, I got to make a film with three of my best friends, and we uh, slept and coughed and ate hummus and <laughs> fruit every day and kind of figured out, found the story as we went. In my head, I had this kind of dream idea of what the film would be with this happy ending where <laughs> we got the Palestinians, their surfboards, we got them out of, of Gaza, we got them to surf with the Israelis, and everyone high-fives on a wave at sunset. <laughs> and the reality was totally different and 100% valid. I mean, we had huge problems dealing with the Israeli government getting something as simple as surfboards into the Gaza Strip. And um, there's huge roadblocks to just these simple symbols of peace and togetherness. And if it's that hard to give someone a surfboard or to give someone a wetsuit, I mean, no wonder there's huge roadblocks to peace. I mean, we're talking about just very simple actions to build a community and friendship. And, and they were, were having tremendous problems just getting those across. So I'm curious also about the kind of reactions you got from people, because when I'm going around the station trying to get someone to co-host the show with me and I tell them, yeah, we're doing a show on this movie about some, you know, a couple of guys who tried to get some surfboards into Gaza, people look at me like I'm crazy. They're like, oh, so you're going to do a movie about some kids that are surfing while their houses are getting bombed? And so I get kind of really mixed reactions from people. And I'm curious about when you told your friends or your family, you know, I'm headed off to Israel and Gaza to do this film about surfing, what kind of reactions you got? Yeah, most people react with disbelief. I mean, most people don't even know that they're surfing in Israel, much less Gaza. You know, the Mediterranean isn't known for its huge wave sets. You know, it's not Hawaii. But, uh, yeah, once people kind of got over the fact that there were guys actually surfing there people were really intrigued and for me surfing is a great you know it's bringing guys together on both sides of the border and to me that's what's so important and you know palestinians who never left the gaza strip before are out there surfing and you know they're trying to meet these israelis and go surf with them and israelis are helping out these palestinians you know they're so-called enemies these are young guys who could be picking up rifles and going after each other and instead, they're picking up surfboards and they just want to surf together and their hearts are really full of peace and love and to me that was an important story to tell and, you know, some of the surfers have had their houses bombed. Some of the Palestinian surfers, one of the guys had his house blown up mm. in an airstrike. But to me, that's an important story to tell. I mean, to me, that's amazing that he's still out there surfing and that he, he's sad about the events, but he harbors no ill will towards Israelis or Jewish people. And these guys want peace. And to me, that's, a, that's an important message. Yeah, that's why I love this film so much. I, mean, I think also, too, so much of the media focus is on the violence, the negativity, on the radicals. And that's a minority of the population, and that's a minority of the events going on. I mean, Gaza Strip is still a functioning territory, and Gaza City is a functioning city, and there's taxis and restaurants and a stock exchange, and people go about living their lives, and there is violence, and it's tragic, but there's a larger story to tell. When all the energy and all the media focus gets put on, you know, the jihadis and the radicals and the violence, it kind of drowns out all the other voices, and you forget about the other 98% of the population who just want peace and who just want to live and who just want to do their jobs and get an education and travel and, you know, wonderful, warm, intelligent people. And their voices aren't getting heard. It changes the perception of the situation. And I think until the world has a good grasp on what the situation actually is, they can't begin to address the problems. So for me, it was also a chance to, to tell it like I saw it. Absolutely. I think what you just said reiterated the quote from the young Palestinian surfer at the end of the film, you know, basically. Mm -hmm. And so we have a, an accurate picture of Palestine and what Palestinians actually look like and what they like to do with their free time. And we're not going to be able to achieve peace for that part of the world. And Absolutely. So I want to ask you specifically about the moment when you crossed into Gaza. I remember you're walking through the tunnel and, and you're kind of talking into your recorder saying, you know, 
Mm-hmm. We have the fortified walls to protect from bomb blasts, and we have yeah. this and that. What did that feel like walking into Gaza? One of the things that was strange about crossing into the Gaza Strip is that no one briefed us on how to act or what to do. Basically, we arrived on the Israeli side of the border. They kind of looked through our bags, asked us where we were going to Gaza. We told them we were making a surf documentary that totally confused them. It was an answer that was <laughs> so weird it had to be true. And then, you know, they let us through, and there was a sign that said Gaza and it had an arrow on it. And it said Gaza this way. And it was in Hebrew, English, and Arabic. And we just followed the sign. We, we kept walking through these locked turnstiles and paths, and, you know, you're walking down these tunnels. And then you emerge, and you're in this no man's land, and there's nothing there. It's just rubble. There's dirt and rocks and no trees, no buildings, nothing. Everything's just been cleared out because it's so prone to attack. And you know that there's snipers behind you, um, Israeli snipers um, guarding the border. And you just walk. It was pretty bizarre. You just don't know what to do. You're just there, and you got to figure it out. And hopefully, you don't make a misstep and you know get yourself hurt. It's scary too because a lot of journalists get killed because they'll approach a fence, not realizing that they shouldn't, or they'll approach a Israeli patrol. Or there's a lot of miscommunications and friendly fire that leads to a lot of casualties, which is unfortunate. Welcome back. Those are audio clips. Oh, that's actually an interview from the director. Is that the plur? Yeah, the director of the film um, God Went Surfing with the Devil. And before I even go on in the show anymore, I just want to give a big shout out to the Fleur for all the work she did, um, obtaining this film, making all the edits. And if you haven't heard, we have, uh, subtitles, not subtitles, but, um, voiceovers for the, um, when they're speaking Arabic, LeFleur did all the work for this program. And we want to try to honor her by donating tonight to get this DVD. And that's a donation of $75. But if you do not have $75, we would just ask you to donate anything you can to help the apprenticeship program show their worth on the air tonight. LeFleur did go through all the work throughout the last two weeks, get this film, edit out the clips, get the voiceovers, and put it all together tonight for week so we can hear it, bring it to you, and share it to you. The voices of Israeli surfers, Palestinian surfers trying to get together. You know, they know they're not going to bring world peace through their surfing, but what they are doing is building bridges between two communities at the, the smallest level, you know, person to person, and that's really what it takes to get things started. So if you can help us get our get our ship started here at KPFA, keep us alive with your donation because really 85% of our income comes from the listeners. The numbers we'll give out to you right now, 1-800-439-5732 or 510-848-5732. Once again, if you're out of the area, it's an 800 number, 1-800-439-5732. And if you're in the Bay Area, it's 510-848-5732. And for you online listeners anywhere in the world, Go to kpfa.org, and you can donate securely online anytime. Now, LeFleur, there was a lot in this movie we cut out, or a lot of this interviews and in the film we could not play for you. Um, tell us briefly about uh, Pat, the doctor, I can't think of his last name right now, the Pascal, the guy that uh, brought the sur- first surfboard. Ah, uh, Doc Paskowitz. Doc Paskowitz. This guy is such a character that um, I, I have to talk about him a little bit. He essentially is uh, responsible for bringing surfing to Egypt. Um and Matt and Arthur have had a lot to tell me about him, but we didn't have enough time to play those clips. So basically, this project and this film wouldn't be happening without Doc. Um, he learned to surf during the Depression. He convinced his parents to move from Texas to California to be closer to the surf. And then I believe he first arrived in Israel in about 
1956, which was during the war between Egypt and Israel, he tried to join the Israeli military but was rejected. And so he said, fine, you know what, I'm going to go surfing. So this guy goes surfing off the coast of Tel Aviv. And people saw this guy riding the waves, standing upright on a board, and they really didn't know what to make of it, you know. They said, hey, this is this is strange. And uh, eventually the Coast Guard guys got curious, and they began surfing themselves. And pretty soon, surfing kind of spread throughout that area. The third, uh, I hate to interrupt you. Look at this. We got three callers on the line. Thank you so it. much for those callers. Let's give out the number one more time: one eight hundred four three nine five seven three two or five one zero eight four eight five seven three two. Now, I know I just interrupted you, but we're really trying to um, get a few callers like we are getting because we want to bring you this really special clip of this DVD. All throughout the film, there have. Well, hold on, Mickey, because we're going to play this clip real quick. Uh, all throughout the film, before these guys get into Gaza, because there's a lot of um, trying to get there and preparing, but throughout the whole film, everybody's warning them, oh, watch out for Hamas, there's these big bad guys. You know, there's a lot of stuff in the film that I personally don't always agree with because they get you so scared to go into Gaza from all the people that they talk to, but when they finally get there and they do get confronted by Hamas because they're actually filming in Gaza and they get caught filming near a police station and they get questioned about it. But what happens was they got arrested just talked to for five minutes when they figured out they weren't espionage, uh, they weren't spies um, committing espionage. Within five minutes after that, they wanted to invite these guys to dinner. So the clip we're getting ready to play for you right now is the Hamas field commander who was questioning them after he realized that they were not espionage, uh, spies committing espionage. He had a conversation with them to share his side of the story. Let's hear that. Media is telling us because you know this government, Hamas government, it was elected from the people. People wants this. No, previous government, everybody knows, they were thieves. We want new crew to lead us. I have one uh, brother was killed. One the brother of my friend is only 12 years old. He was just watching from the his house. He was just watching, was shooting. Not only one or two, many many. If they feel that they can't uh, target the uh, resistance, they start targeting the civilians. Sometimes I cry. Sometimes. But sometimes I just pray to Allah and ask mercy from Allah. From our God, Almighty Allah. That He will never leave us. This is our only way to Otherwise what we do. I am telling you about myself and about all Hamas people. All Hamas members. All the government. That if we will get our land, our prisoners, our refugees to go come back to their homes, then we will release it to the Jewish and kiss them. We have no problem. We do not hate them. But if you are dealing with the unfair society, you have to resist. No matter if you die, we all are dying. When are we going to get you surfing? Maybe. Chuck. Think about it. I'm ready. <laughs> God willing. When we will get the boats, I am ready to surf. No problem. 
So we're in Gaza. I crossed over from uh, through Ares this morning. Uh, we still didn't get word about the big shipment and whether or not we can bring it in or not, but I had, had to come over anyway. So I came over, um, I took the biggest suitcase I have, and I filled it up with stuff from the shipment. Uh, I don't know why they want to boss this siege on 1.5 million people. Uh, they haven't any fault. They didn't, we didn't made any fault. Uh, why? Because we elected Hamas. We don't elected Hamas. For example, for me, I didn't elect Hamas. They want me to change Hamas. I couldn't change Hamas. I want to get over women to kill Hamas. No, I, then I will be tourist. I want to, to live free, like everybody in the world. It's very important uh, things for the young people to learn this is sport, nice sport. This is sports will let these young people uh, spend their time on useful time instead of going for uh, uh, violence or uh, fight each other or, or spend their time on nothing. All right, so you just heard some voices of both the Hamas government and the Palestinian and essentially what this film shows us is that that people do not hold hatred for each other and that the problems in the Middle East are political problems. Um, and they've shown that, you know, by simply putting people in the water, we no longer have to ask questions like, oh, are you Arab? Are you Palestinian? Are you Jewish? Because once once they get the guys in the water, it's all about the surf. It's all about getting out there and enjoying the ocean together. And I want to remind our listeners that um, this film was made by a 26-year-old UC Berkeley grad who basically exhausted every penny he had to bring the story to you and to cover the airfare over to Israel and get into Gaza and and renting an apartment. And it took three years to get those surfboards across the border. So this was a long-term effort. And now we're asking you just to call in, make a donation, no small... Do, uh, donation. Uh, <laughs> no donation too small. No donation definitely not too large. Let's get out the numbers real quick. Uh, 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-5732. We got one caller on. You know, if you guys are out there listening right now, if you could just call in with any type of donation, we here at the Apprenticeship Program, full circle, appreciate any donation that we can get. We're um, a group of people learning radio skills we bring people from the community into the station teach them everything they need to know about broadcasting um, how to operate the controls how to um, compose a story compose a script how to mix in the adobe computer programs that we use the number is 1-800-439-5732 510-848-5732 we had a short flurry of calls can we Get some more college out there. We still see one light lit. Um, call up and show your support for the apprenticeship program, for this show, Full Circle, and what we do here. There's another light. Thank you very much. Keep it calling. Uh, the numbers again, 1-800-439-5732 or 510-848-5732. Where are you going to see a film with little kids um, surfing in Gaza? Now, if you haven't noticed, there wasn't 
that many sounds of the kids in there because their access actually to Gaza was very limited and it almost takes to the entire film so you can see that these kids are out there with their secondhand surfboards that they have at the time and some of them are even windsurfing boards and they're out there trying to cut these waves up and these guys went through all this effort and you know their their ties are more on the um the Israeli side and you could you know it's one part that I talked to my co-host here Lafleur about in the film that they're they're a lot in Israel they show a lot of clips of Israel where the rockets from Hamas come in and land and I was like Lafleur this is it's a little one-sided sometimes to me but what this film does do is it shows that these guys can bridge these gaps between um, the Israelis and the Arabs there. And they know that, like Lafleur said, when they get on the water, they're not asking, oh, are you Jewish? Oh, are you from Israel? Oh, are you Hamas? No, you're asking each other, what about this next wave? How's this look? Can you catch this? Um, how are you doing? You know, it's just basic dialogue between people, between nations that get it together. So the numbers are 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-5732. Show your support for the apprenticeship program, for KPFA, for Full Circle. And pick up this film if you have enough. It's $75. God went surfing with the devil. And you can see how they are surfing out there in Gaza. And I just want to give an update. It was just a couple days ago that the guys delivered the custom-made wetsuits to those women in Gaza that saw their brothers you know, out there in the ocean, he said, you know, what? I want to be out there surfing. So, you know, picture this in, in countries where women might not even be able to drive a car or ride a bicycle. They're out there surfing in custom made wetsuits. Thanks to these guys. So we want to show them their support. And we want you to show us your support right now. Thank the you for those call, callers. Thank you. The number to call is 510-848-5732 or 1-800-HEY-KPFA. That's 439-5732. We want to thank Emmy Charlotte, Courtney Supple from the Apprenticeship Program. Courtney, thank you very much. And also, I have two members of my family that have donated. My sister, Stephanie Sterling, and my mother, Roberta Marotti. Thanks, family. Thanks to my mother as well for your donation. We appreciate it so much. And to keep those calls coming, 510-848-5732. You know, these guys, they go out there and they bridge these gaps. It's just people making human connections like we're doing with you right now here at KPFA. They're doing the smallest steps they could take by developing a friendship with somebody that supposedly is their enemy. And when you see in this film that they become fast friends, you know, running on the beach, hanging out and surfing, surfing, you know, in Palestine, in Israel. It's the small steps that we do, just like we do here at KPFA, bring you these voices that bridge these gaps between so-called, I'm just going to say so-called enemies. You know, these guys are brought up all their lives to hate each other, you know, in some ways. And what they're showing with this film is that, hey, we can get a little bit of uh, surfing going on, a little bit of anything going on. And we could make some change. The basic amount of change is just making friends with someone that may not be considered your friend and seeing how relationships develop. Let me give out the number again. It's 510-848-5732, 1-800-439-5732. And we are offering this DVD for $75. And it, it may be a little steep. If you can't afford it, we don't want you to forget that you can pay in monthly installments. And if you were to want this DVD at $75 a month, it would only be, at $75, it would only be $6.25 a month. Now, I don't know if you buy a paper or if you buy Comcast, Cablevision, whatever the heck it is, Dish Network. Work. 
$6.25 a month for this awesome DVD. Show your support for KPFA. Show your support for the apprenticeship program and this show, Full Circle, that comes on 7 o'clock Friday nights. And, you know, the apprenticeship program is not only just involved in our show, Full Circle. We're going to be out, we're going to be out at Alcatraz on Monday morning with that sunrise ceremony. Apprentices are going to be hauling that stuff. Yes, we are. Did you listen yesterday to the three-hour broadcast? I was out in the streets of San Francisco with two other apprentices bringing you all that that we could from out there in the streets where the demonstrations are happening. Keep those calls coming. We look like we got a few lights lit up. Keep them coming in. 510-848-5732. 1-800-439-5732. We're in our last couple minutes. we got four callers on the line. Keep them coming. All right, we got less than three minutes. We want to make our goal of $1,500. I see four callers on the line. I want to get at least four more on the line. So please call in. The number is 510-848-5732. You know, we face a lot of issues today. We're frustrated about where our tax dollars are going into Iraq, Afghanistan, and we want to bring you the stories that matter, and, and we, don't, we can redirect some of that money. We don't need to put it into the military complex. We can redirect it to stations like KPFA that bring you stories that are relevant to your world or bring you stories that you otherwise would not hear. In this case, we get surfers in Gaza. That's pretty pretty great. Just call now if you can, 1-800-439-5732. We're in the last couple minutes for the apprenticeship program, and we really want to make an impact for the fund drive for the station. 510-848-5732. 1-800-439-5732. Securely, you can donate online at kpfa.org. And like I said, this DVD is $75. If you can make it, it's only $6.25 a month. If you can't do $75, it only takes $25 to become a voting member of this local community radio station. We're in our last one minute. I'm going to give out the number a couple more times. 510-848-5732. 1-800-439-5732. We're just about to turn it over to La Onda Bajita. I see the La Onda crew in there. I want to give one more big shout out to LaFleur for really doing extra effort to get this together. If you still can, show your support for LaFleur by bringing... Yay, LaFleur! All the work! Bravo! We're bringing in this last um, few calls. We want to thank a couple more people. Pat Jamison, thank you very much. Lisa Miller from uh, Santa Cruz, thank you very much. And Deli- uh, Delia McGrath from Pacifica, thank you very much. Um, we're just about out of time here. Oh, we got one more minute, so we do have one more minute. So uh, Remember, what, what we're talking about today is bridging the gap between Palestinians and Israelis. What better cause to call in? This story is so important to tell, and we bring it to you because we're willing to do the work to tell the stories that are important. Let's get to your phones. The number is 510-848-5732 or 1-800-HEY-KPFA-439-5732. And what do we got? We got 10 seconds. Call in. Um, we got three people. Be the last person to squeeze in. 510-848-5732. 1-800-439-5732. We're just about to send it over to La Onda. We'll give that number out one more time, 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-5732. We're just going to give a big shout-out to the apprenticeship program, everybody that called in for us tonight. Thank you very much, and keep those calls coming, and stay tuned now for La Onda Bajita. Peace and justice in the Middle East. Yeah.
I guess there wasn't no cart. It is 9 o'clock and you're listening to 94.1 KPFA Berkeley, 89.3 KPFE Berkeley, 88.1 KFC. KFCF in Fresno and online at kpfa.org. Stay tuned for La Onda Bajita. Everybody want to be in control. Don't nobody want to unify. Okay. Three missiles approaching. Captain, five degrees. Approaching at five speed. And, you know, I've been having it for days, man. Are you okay? I'm losing the signal. We're losing the signal. Check. Check what? Check. I'm losing your signal, man. Captain, how long do you have to know? I gotta make it, no matter what. Where does the power lie? The weapons are easy to lie. Can we justify? We gotta make it right. Day and night, we gotta stand and rise. We are the change makers, dropping conciencia and consejos like the U.S. government does soldiers. We don't just report the news, we make the news. Flipping the script on your mind as we are making changes in La Onda Bajita, dropping pearls on Pacifica Radio. This is not just KPFA, this is Radio Liberación. We don't fake the funk, can't pull no punches, porque ya llegamos y no nos vamos. Mi gente, aquí estamos. Y en esta lucha, todo lo logramos. ¡Chicano! Listening to KPFA 94.1 and KPFB at 89.3 FM in Basur Class with KFCF at 88.1 FM in Fresno, Califas. Yo soy Gavilan Molina, cruising with La Onda Bajitas, Radio del Barrio Slan. Tonight we're going to take back La Noche, Simón, que yes. So open up your mentes to a truly unique experience in Radio Landia. We're a new world, a new vision, and a new citizen is possible. So cruise with us as we take it from rock to revolution. To ritmo hasta la resistencia con la voz del pueblo del sol. Aquí no más. FM, firme y más. We are La Onda Bajita's crew. We march. We protest. And we report. We are NPR Radio Comunitario. Orale. And we're coming at you live from the mothership here in Basur Class. Tonight we got a special lineup. This is uh, Friday, October the 7th. Uh, 2011, and we got reason to celebrate. One of those reasons is uh, Compañero, one of the Cuban Five, uh, was released today from federal penitentiary. Simon Quillez, Rene Gonzalez, one of the five released, finally. Now we have four more to go. Keep the pressure on. So this is uh, a shout-out to him and his familia. 
and we got a hell of a lineup here. Remember, we are on Marathon. Uh, this is, uh, we'll be doing the Marathon here for the next couple of weeks. Uh, we'll give you information in a little while how you can, uh, uh, pledge and so forth electronically and be part of helping support Free Speech Radio, KPFA. Uh, we got a, uh, interesting lineup coming here tonight. And uh, we're going to be having reports uh, from San Francisco uh, on the action uh, from the Answer Coalition. Uh, they're still at a action there. We'll be talking to Frank Lara shortly. And then we also have Evelyn Sanchez, who will join us later uh, to talk about the actions happening right now in Occupy SF. Occupy San Francisco is part of the nationwide mobilization by working people, communities of color, people rising up, getting fed up with the whole bank system and the corruption with the corporations rise up so keep it right on us and uh, we're going to go to a little music break and then we're going to come back at you and be talking hopefully with Frank Lara from the Answer Coalition Orale And I forgot to mention that uh, Vox Populi has been moved tonight to the 9 to 10 o'clock slot. And uh, Tocayo Perez and Nahuatl will be coming at you in about an hour. So stay tuned uh, for Spanish language, La Onda Bajita. Now get back to the cruising oldies. Cue. Last long see I'm with my homie Hardcore Solo Maybe you didn't know, so you think I'll give you a chance? No, show no mercy Like a veterano just still kicking Go on the slide, slick and wicked And turn up the oldies a little higher Drive a little slower like my old Gino rider See, I'm insane, so hold out with no shame Mato a todo soy, 18 with the booty I'm 18 with a bullet. Got my finger on the trigger. I'm gonna pop. No photos, we found a body worn. You think you're a local? No, not even almost. Down to be proud to the heart. And if that's you, come on, pop with the stunts to set us apart. Soy, that's the ocean with the bullet. My finger on the trigger. Smoking hoodas when I put my hood every day. Running to my roots, they go up in it, then roll to me, party. The down of fire gives up till tomorrow. Loco for me, now it's my life, so let me live it. No los hijos doros, and you can't deal with the loads. Latino, but if you roll through my hood, you sure through shy. That's how we are, that's how I am, that's how we. Mato a todo soy, 18 with the bullet. I'm 18 with a bullet. Got my finger on the trigger. I'm gonna put it out. Use it right now. 
just want to make an announcement here. Uh, the uh, country and world famous uh, troubadour, singer, poet, uh, John Trudell from the American Indian Movement. And, uh, of course, uh, here in the Bay Area from Radio Free Alcatraz, the founder there back in 1969, will be performing tonight up at Grass Valley Veterans Memorial Hall. Uh, he's up there for a weekend of activities happening up there with the Maidu tribe. Orale. And tonight's program is uh, dedicated to the upcoming week here where Indigenous Peoples Day is going to be recognized and celebrated uh, throughout Khalifas, Khalifaslan. That's uh, Monday, October the 10th on Alcatraz Island. But some people don't agree that it's an island. Rather, it's a rock. It's a mountain rising from the bottom of the sea, ripping through the water to touch the sky. Orale, commemorating 519 years of indigenous resistance and honoring struggles to protect sacred lands. Orale. faded a little and uh, we've been uh, covering uh, the situation uh, in San Francisco today and of course all week long there's been actions throughout San Fran the Bay Area, Califas and of course throughout the country. Uh, with us on the line we got Frank Lara one of the lead organizers for the Answer Coalition based out of San Francisco and uh, they've been out there every day uh, you know, protesting of course uh, what's happening uh, with Wall Street and today uh, commemorating the 10th uh, year of the U.S. invasion of Afghanistan. Welcome to La Onda, Frank. Are you there? Yeah, muchas gracias, Frank, for being with us, taking the time out. Uh, tell us a little bit about what happened today and then uh, what's going on right now. Well, today was a great day. Um, you're seeing all these movements come together with the Occupy Wall Street movement that started in New York. People are starting to have a re re renewed sense that it is them who change the system and it is them who make change and are coming out to the streets. Today we had a march where easily the, the attendance of the march was 700 people. With everybody with different signs, we had contingents with teachers, with children. We had contingents of BAM, different nationalities. We had contingents of veterans. We, and, we, and, you know, we walked, marched straight down through San Francisco showing our strength in numbers and our strength in demand. Well, one of the things that uh, we, we picked up early is that there's a lot of uh, undocumented, uh, you know, uh, workers out there participating in these actions. Absolutely, and that's what we're really proud of is that, you know, in La Coalition Answer, lo que hemos estado haciendo, we've always wanted to say is raise these demands that it is nuestra comunidad la que está siendo afectada. It is our children that are getting sent to war. It is our children that are facing the cuts and seeing 32 students in their public schools. It is our children who are being robbed of the So when we raise our demands, we tell, mira, la comunidad tiene que salir. You know, the issue of war has to be at the force of our demands, too. And so when they were out there, we were telling them, you know, we're an organized group. We provide security. We're going to... So we want people to be outside because only outside can they show their strength. 
Boys, Frank, one of the things that uh, we've been talking about uh, before the show started here is that the unbelievable cost of the war machine and, of course, the illegal invasion of Afghanistan and all of that. I mean, it's 10 years, and, and now it's at a point where the U.S. federal budget spends 60 to 70 percent of it, you know, on this war machine. And, uh, yeah. you know, at the same time, uh, one day, I believe, you know, correct me if I'm mistaken, $130 million is what it's costing this country every day in the war effort in the Middle East. Well, I mean, it's $330 million just for Afghanistan. That's a day. That's just That's for a- Afghanistan. Unbelievable. Yeah. And, and, if I, and I learned also today that $130 million spent in Afghanistan a day would pay the salaries for 660,000 teachers for a year. Yeah. It's 6,600, correct? And it's a whole salaries with benefits, full-time benefits, union wages. I mean, that's the thing. Today they came out with the unemployment numbers, and it was this pathetic 103,000 jobs. When you looked at it, 54,000 of them were Verizon workers. I mean, it's a joke what's happening with the economy. What they want is people to remain in permanent, permanent unemployment. What they really want is that they want to keep us in these McDonald's jobs. They want our children to be ununionized. That's the future for us. And we have to start realizing that it's going to take a fight back movement. You know, this new fight. We always turn to the 30s, the 60s. This new fight. Latinos represent now more than 50% of the population in public schools. Latinos represent more than 30% of California. This new fight is going to come out of the most oppressed. Well, well, the thing, the, the thing about, you know, fighting back and, and taking the streets is that, you know, for La Raza, you know, we've been fighting for decades. For, for sure. decades. You know, fighting against unemployment, fighting against uh, sub-housing, uh, you know, fighting against, uh, you know, uh, the uh, undereducation, uh, fighting police harassment, uh, INS brutality, all those things, you know, forever. Well, now the middle class in this country is finally waking up. It's finally beginning to feel sure. what we've all been living for decades. You know, lack of health insurance, lack of benefits, lack of protection, lack of housing, lack of education, all those things. Things that we have endured and been suffering for decades. Now the middle class is finally beginning to get affected and that's a big change that's a huge change here so at the at the marches and rallies i hear there's an incredible diversity of people coming out there it's just not poor it's just not communities of color now it's middle class it's upper middle class everybody is being affected on what's going on in this country you talked about labor well let me give you a statistic out of the federal budget one percent of the federal budget goes to labor one percent and And education, 12% of the budget goes to education. And again, the war machine eats up 60, 70%. That has to stop. That's going to have to stop at some point. And and somewhere along the line, you know, today, I was in San Francisco, I kept seeing, you know, the blue angels, you know, the jets, the, the birds of prey. You know, those war machines that destroy half of the world, you know, through bombing just undiscriminately, you know, everywhere, blanket bombing countries. And here we are, you know, everybody's talking about lack of this, lack of money, you know, budget cuts, budget constraints. Why is this air show going on in San Francisco with the Blue Angels? They've been practicing all week. How much does it take for one of those jet fighters, you know, to be fueled for one day? 
Tens and tens of thousands of dollars. This has been going on for a week. Now, about a month and a half ago, we saw this unbelievable air show disaster. I believe it happened somewhere in Reno, in Nevada. You know? And that was out in the desert, isolated. You know, people got killed. You know, tens of people, you know, were injured. And, and, And it was, you know, front page news everywhere. Well, why is... It that the brown, excuse me, the blue angels, the brown angels, the blue angels, you know, these flying war machines of death and destruction that rain, you know, indiscriminately tear and havoc on the landscape, allowed in the metropolis area, in a heavily populated area, to do their air show, to practice their air stunts. There's something wrong with that. Hopefully, know, the, yeah. hopefully and the, and board the thing is, is that we really have to point that out, and it's really great that you are pointing that out, because too often, I think this, this thing is this propaganda against our children, you know, against our, our, our people. It's just saying, look at the war. It's a, look at the machines we have. Look at the weapons of death. Obviously, they don't present it that way. But what happens in high schools, especially in the poorest high schools? In the high schools, you know, in the suburbs, especially in, like, Bakersfield, areas where I grew up in Calexico on the border, these isolated areas where people don't have a future and then what they do they show up with trucks army trucks where they play video games simulated killing machines this is what the war is presented to them and it's horrible it's really sad and disgusting and they need to point that out and when you point to our children and look your future lies in an education your future lies in having health care in a union job your future lies with your community of fellow workers it's not up there in the interest of this government, the government that prioritizes war but doesn't prioritize education. We're prioritizing bringing armies and troops instead of bringing new books to the school. That's what we have to point out, and I think that's why these shows are so great. Well, it's time to rise. You know, people are, you know, they found the time to rise now and take part in these actions. Uh, You know, we're going to be coming at you more with information, uh, but right now, We've got uh, Josh Elwood, who's going to join us here. You remember Josh does the thing with us, you know, cruising with the comps. And uh, he's going to be giving you information here on how you can go online to pledge here during this marathon. That's right, Miguel. It's www.kpfa.org. It's very simple. Again, Josh? www.kpfa.org. Right. And help bring this kind of programming, this kind of information out to you. Uh, Frank, I want to thank you for giving us an update here on what's going on out there. Uh, we're going to keep coming back strong. Uh, education is in a crisis. Uh, in the last two years, uh, close to or over 50,000 teachers have been let off in California. Most of them in poor schools, in poor communities, in, in uh barrios and in the hood that needs to change we need to reverse that we cannot have an undereducated class of people you know for the rest of the century so and again thank you for all the work frank we're going to keep on top of this and coming back to you any last words for our listeners tonight yes and i do want to say thank you so much for having us here and that's what's also important is that we're talking about a movement it needs to be a movement it needs to be more like you said of everybody rising up and coming together but taking leadership and saying enough is enough this is what we're going to leave. This is the society we want. We want a better, more just society. A society that gives a right to health care, housing, jobs, education, and not to war. And again, this show, this show here, all the shows from KPFA are so important because, like we always say, it's the corporate media that owns it all. And we, as activists, cannot propel our message. We cannot be out there let you know what's happening in the streets. 
unless we have this type of media. So again, we want to thank you. Anybody that can help, I know it's a difficult situation, but organizers, grassroots movement aren't, you know, we don't have the money and we need people to really step up at this time. If you can't be out at the march, you can always help the organizations that are there to give you the information. Again, uh, Frank, you know, just to, to add to what you just said, you know, corporations, uh, you know, are considered human beings. They, they are considered in this country to have rights that an individual, you know, citizen, an individual human being has. That has to change. You know, that's one of the first things that has to change. And all these corporations doing multinational transfers of money, they got to be taxed. You know, these things have to come to an end. Uh, so, again, um, you know, we're going to be talking more about that. But, again, uh, our lines, our telephone lines aren't open, but we are on a marathon. And we'd like you to go uh, electronically to uh, support the kind of work we do here in La Onda. And, Josh, give us that information again. www.kpfa.org. Right. Again, www.kpfa.org to be able to uh, uh, participate in this marathon electronically. We're going to take a little music break and then we're going to come back uh, with some more information. We got Evelyn Sanchez on her way uh, in San Francisco to uh, Occupy SF. That's the group that's uh, been out there day and night. Uh, occupying the financial center of San Francisco in conjunction with uh, other groups throughout the country. Stay tuned. You're listening to Orlando Bajitas, Radio del Barrio, Aslan. Orale. <laughs>
more cariño, more respect. President, wake up and smell the coffee. Stop spending money on the war machine. More on education. That's what we need.
wanted anything instead of this. We've been making your back for many years already. Rock steady and cut. Many to confetti. But I just want to place it up. Whether it's the mic or a yo soy Gavilán Molina y you're listening to La Onda Bajitas Radio del Barrio Aslan here 94.1 FM Filme y más KTFA KPFA and uh, as you all know if you don't we're on the marathon mode and uh, you can uh, help pledge and donate here electronically by going to www.kpfa.org and uh, help support this kind of uh, creative uh, Chicano programming in Radiolandia. Orale. And on the line, we've got Evelyn Sanchez. Uh, she was with us earlier uh, during Flashpoints. Uh, right now, I believe she's on her way or at the encampamento there in San Francisco with uh, Occupy San Francisco group there that's been, uh, of course, uh, part of the whole national protest against Wall Street. Uh, you're there, compañera. Hey, Miguel, how are you? Good, good, good I'm to hear you. Here. Excellent. Good to have you back on the line, Mujer. Tell us a little bit about what's going on over there, what's happening right now. We know that this has been going on all week. Uh, tell us a little bit uh, for our listeners what uh, Occupy San Francisco is all about and how that relates to the national movement across the country. Yes, absolutely. Well, I can tell you right off the bat, it is uh, half of what it was when I was here uh, night before last, there were tents, there was a communal kitchen, uh, there was a lot of infrastructure that would allow people to be here for days and weeks on end. Unfortunately, that was all taken away by San Francisco PD. Uh, I'm here right now, and there's a huge line of San Francisco cops that are basically encircling the area. However, despite that, there's still at least, I'm going to say, easy two to 300 people out here. And even though they don't have the infrastructure that they had a few days ago, it looks like they're determined to stick it out here and stay here overnight. Um, so it, it still has really good energy, really good turnout, despite the setbacks that they've had from San Francisco PD. Hello? Orale, pues, um, I was going to say, uh, Evelyn, uh, the, the climate there, uh, you know, as you said, you know, the police came in, carted everything away, but it didn't break the spirit of the people gathering there. Not at all. I mean, there are at least, I'm going to say, two to three hundred people out here. They're having a general assembly right now, and they're pretty much trying to decide on next steps. Uh, you know, people are trying to figure out how to rebuild the infrastructure that they had just a, a night and a half ago. It's really unfortunate that Thursday early morning around 1.30, 2 a.m., uh, San Francisco PD and the Department of Public Works basically just shoveled everything that this, uh, this movement here had built over the past week. Uh, but it hasn't broken people's spirit. They're still out here. They're still determined. And I highly encourage people to continue coming out here and supporting this absolutely fantastic movement, despite the fact that San Francisco PD has been extremely uncooperative and cruel and unfair against this movement. Well, well let me ask you something, Evelyn. If people are listening and, and they want to take part, uh, maybe tomorrow over the weekend, uh, how can they get a hold of uh, Occupy San Francisco? Is there a phone number? Is there a website? 
There is a website. It is OccupySF.org. There is a contact number. I don't have it on me right now. But, you know, if people, this, this encampment is literally a few steps away from the Embarcadero BART station. It's right in front of the Federal Reserve Building. Uh, it's a beautiful encampment, despite the setbacks that they've had because of San Francisco PD. Energy is great. I encourage people to come down, participate, even if you can just stay for a few hours. Um, and also, you know, bring something that can help the people that are willing to stay out here overnight. They need blankets. They need sleeping bags. I don't know, maybe some hot chocolate. <laughs> cafecito. Um, yeah, cafecito. But, you know, the, the energy is just fantastic. Well, well let me ask you, uh, what is the makeup of the group there? You know, uh, is it diverse? Is it mixed? Uh, labor? It is. It is. I mean, I'm looking at the people right now, and I see a lot of youth. I see a lot of uh, labor supporters. Of course, we have a lot of people right now that participated in the die-in that was protesting the 10 years of unjust, unwarranted war that we've been making on Afghanistan. I see people of all races, all ages participating in this. You know, they still have their, uh, their pancartas out, you know, their signs, and, and there's just slowly trying to together collectively rebuild what they had a night and a half ago. It's wonderful out here, seriously. Thank you. Yeah, and I don't know if you can hear that they're kind of doing their mic checks for the General Assembly, but they're trying to decide next steps for the next few days. Well, well, part of the next step also is something that's happening on Wednesday the 12th, which is uh, Dia de la Raza, uh, which is uh, Day of the Race, Indigenous Peoples Day, on Wednesday, October the 12th. Yes, absolutely. We're going to be having an action that's going to kick off here at the Occupy SF encampment at 7 a.m. on Wednesday. It is a Make the Them Pay action, make them as in the banks, the corporate banks that have taken trillions of dollars away from taxpayers merely to line their pockets with profits. They've used absolutely none of this money to help people keep their homes, to help people uh, weather out this economic crisis. Not only have they weathered it out, I think they've had it better than any of, and than any other time in their lives. So the, the kind of... Uh, uh, motto of the action is foreclose the banks because if people are suffering, well, then you know, as the responsible ones for this crisis, they should be too. They should be held accountable. So, we're going to be here at 7 a.m. on Wednesday and we're going to be marching around downtown to Wells Fargo and uh, protesting some of the unfair, unjust uh, treatment that that bank has been showing a lot of the uh, people that have taken out mortgage loans from their banks. So I really hope that people can come out here and support. All the people from the Occupy SF camp are going to be supporting us. It's an action in solidarity with this enormous, vibrant, energetic, beautiful movement that is kicking off nationwide. Absolutely. It's encouraging to hear those words. Uh, tell us how people can get in touch with you or with the group that's organizing this action on Wednesday. We have a website, www.foreclosewallstreet.org. 
If people log on to that website, again, it's www.foreclosedwallstreet.org. They will be able to uh, find out the exact location and time of the action, as well as a phone number that they can call to get more information. Uh, so I hope that people can log on to that website. But, it's again, it's Wednesday, uh, 7 a.m. here in front of the Federal Reserve Building, 101 Market Street, literally right outside of the Embarcadero Fart Station. We're going to be meeting here at 7 a.m., putting on a rush hour march to, in solidarity with the Occupy Wall Street movement, in solidarity with all the people that have been suffering through this economic crisis that have been hurting and that are sick and tired of the fact that our politicians and the policies and the laws of this country continue continuously to favor the corporate sector the agenda of that one percent of the population that has nothing to do with our needs has nothing to do with our communities so i really hope people can come out and support all right thank you so much evelyn uh, sanchez who is a uh both a uh, radio uh, host uh, for Flashpoints and also a uh, immigrant rights and labor worker organizer. Thank you so much for that update here on Occupy San Francisco. And again, to get a hold of the action, to get a hold of uh, uh, what's happening there on uh, Indigenous People Day, that's Wednesday, October the 12th, you can go to www w.foreclose.org and get more information on the 7 a.m. action uh, Wednesday, October the 12th in the morning. Thank you so much, Evan. And now we're getting a brief report here uh, from one of our compañeros, uh, uh, Antonio Tony Gonzalez from the American Indian Movement West. And uh, there's a lot happening uh, coming this week. Uh, Tony, are you there on the line? Uh, yes, and good evening. Thank you very much. Uh, again. Thank you so much, Tony. I know that there's a lot of stuff happening here. Tell us a little bit about uh, AIM West activities. I know you've got the uh, film festival coming up uh, next uh, uh, next week, starting on, on Monday, uh, that will be running over at the Bahia Center in San Francisco. Uh, and also you have a march happening uh, on Wednesday the 12th. Uh, yes, uh, the, the same time as what uh, Eva Lena that was was talking about just prior, uh, and theirs is at seven in the morning, as she said. And uh, I had gotten a call to invite uh, Bill Means there that morning, so we're making efforts to try to join uh, these walks or marches all together. I prefer our walk, or our yeah, our walk from Dolores Park to Yerba Buena Gardens as such, uh, a walk for dignity and justice, and to commemorate the 519 years of indigenous people's resistance to colonization throughout the Americas. And uh, that will be, uh, we'll be leaving from Dolores Park at 10.30 in the morning. And uh, Bill Means and Anne-Marie Sayers, the uh, elder of the Ohlone peoples here of, of the coastal Pacific area, will, will be uh, leading the, uh, the walk from Dolores Park. So, yes, uh, we're just as excited about all these activities across the country, Miguel, as as, uh, your listeners have been listening as as well. And, uh, yes, indeed, these are the times, the opportunities to merge ever so uh, much working together in unison, Uh, whereas before, as you said, the the Chicano, the Mexicano peoples have felt it uh, for years and decades 
the American Indian people themselves who are of this land have felt it since 1492, yeah, specifically. And so, uh, as I said yesterday at the federal building at the rally there, and when I looked all around me and I told the people, you are the new Indians, you know, you feel how we feel now. You know, <laughs> you, right. you know how the Chicano and the, the, the poor people feel squeezed, you know, welcome to the res. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so well, we're working together and all these activities should be uh, going forward and the young people should uh, um, you know uh, listen up and, and be more involved as they have been in these recent times and to learn from the past to know that this is a protracted struggle you know uh, we're not going to have results in two or three days you know we're part of a, 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 a of a profound uh, movement of, of people in resistance, and it comes from the people, the Avajo, you know, from the right, people right. down under the people of color, you know, uh, and now joining forces with our white brothers and sisters, you know, in, in these efforts to bring a better living standard uh, for our peoples and in the wars. You know, as you said, you know, the, if people were to look at that one dollar bill, 50%, 50 percent, 50 to 60 percent is going to military expenditure in one way or, in, That's uh, true, or another. That's true, it, it and, is. And uh, yet the schools are, are closing here, less opportunities in the colleges, and the increase in, in prisons. You know, uh, we're definitely heading in, in wrong direction. No, no, absolutely, Tony. And, and uh, you know, again, uh, you know, people are going to be gathering all these different factions that really have never come together are finally awakening and they're beginning to realize that in unity and solidarity, there's going to be tremendous power and, and hope to change this form of government. Listen, Tony, we, we got a couple of minutes here. I know also that on Monday, uh, uh, October the 10th, you've got the International Film Festival starting uh, in San Francisco de Bahi Center. Tell us real quickly right. before we wrap it up here uh, where people can call you to get more information. I know people can go to www.aimwest.info for more information. And where can they call? At uh, 415 area code and the number 577-1492. 577-1492. And the doors open at the Baha'i uh, Center in San Francisco, 170 Valencia Street. That's between 14th and Du Bois. The doors open at 11 o'clock, and we're going to get started with the first movie uh, in that morning with Ishii. It's a new and contemporary documentary uh, about the history of, of Ishii and, and to challenge the anthropologists and the UC Berkeley Absolutely. propaganda that Ishii was the last California Indian. You know, that, that was a mentira. No, absolutely. And, and I think time has proven that that's not truth. But listen, Tony, we have to wrap it up here. We're going to be mentioning the, the activities here at the end of the show. We'd like to thank you for your participation and uh, we'll all be gathering on Monday uh, for the sunrise ceremony on the rock. That's right, Alcatraz. Uh, we'll be there uh, broadcasting, so uh, stay tuned. And again, we'll be commemorating uh, this weekend. Also tonight, John Trudell is playing at the Vets Memorial Hall up in Grass Valley. There's weekend of activity going on up there in Grass Valley with the Maidu tribe. And uh, Monday, of course, Indigenous Peoples Day on the rock. And then the film series, international film series in San Francisco at the Bahi Center. And of course, on 
the 12th of March. All right, thank you so much, Tony. And now we're going to turn over the mics here to the machistas we have in the house, Argelio Giron, uh, with the new machista voices are in the house. Welcome tonight, Argelio, uh, to La Onda. Cubo. Cubo, man. Thank you, man. It's good to have you here, hombre. Maybe you can introduce the crew there and uh, bring us a little briefing. Sale. Um, pues, we are in the studios, a uh, special uh, introduction. Aquí con unos machistas coming out from East Bay, from San Jose State University, and from Evergreen, Evergreen Valley College. Um, we're normally on every third Friday of the month, pero pues, uh, this time we came through, and, uh, you know, we uh, had some uh, stuff to talk about. We're going to have uh, a march in Sacramento coming through on the, uh, it's the 14th Friday, and there's also going to be a um, the Alcatraz event that we wanted to uh, uh, talk a little bit about, not necessarily. Uh, um, pero bueno, anyways, we're gonna be bringing that up in the ahorita and uh, right here in the studio with me. Uh, we're gonna have a uh, roundup of uh, machistas here. Y'all want to introduce yourself? Hi, yo soy Yvonne y yo vengo de Cal State East Bay. Mm-hmm. Hola, yo soy Jessica y también vengo de Cal State East Bay, representando. Okay. Buenas noches, yo soy Mónica Núñez, soy de Cal State East Bay. Buenas noches, soy Sandra García y también vengo de Cal State East Bay. This is uh, Josiah from Evergreen Valley College in San Jose. Sale. And, uh, pues, they are coming through from their barrios out here. I uh, wanted to show a little bit of force of who we are. We have a structure, uh, a nationwide structure of uh, student organizers that pull this organization together. We are the legacy of what has come down from uh, the uh, 1969 original organization that started with the signing of Plan Santa Barbara in Santa Barbara. And uh, we're going to be bringing a little bit about what we are about. We have some things coming up, as we uh, previously mentioned um, as the march in Sacramento and such, and uh, you know, want to give you an idea of what we are about. Going to be finishing off uh, with Francisco. He's going to be calling in in uh, another few minutes. Uh, he's going to be calling in in about what uh, seven, eight minutes, and um, you know, we're going to be talking about what's going on on the 14th. We're going to be pulling these together with a number of organizations. So we're going to start off with a quick Mecha 101, basically an introduction to what Mecha is, and. Uh, we are basically a group of charged politically conscious students uh, organizing events, organizing um, programs, uh, you know, staying active on our campus. Our first and foremost, uh, um, este, our first and foremost uh, objective in Mecha is to uh, promote higher education. Um, you know, and uh, besides from that, we also work for the self-determination of our peoples, of our oppressed peoples, which uh, implies also that we have a consciousness, a social, political, economic consciousness about ourselves and the ties that uh, we uh, carry within uh, our neighborhoods. So within that, we organize ourselves uh, at the national, at the uh, regional, at the state, at the uh, central and local levels, and uh I was actually a uh, national mecha uh, uh, organizer uh, representative, and um, you know this was what two years ago when I started out uh, representing Alta California Norte, which is the uh, region that we find ourselves in, all Northern California, that uh, coordinates at the uh, national levels, um, and you know going to meetings, organizing, coordinating, whatever it is that I got to do, um, and upon that. California NMCC is what we call those 
California NMCCs uh, also do the same thing at the state levels. Um, and upon that, we organize ourselves at different levels at the regional, uh, local, and central levels. Um, we have uh, the uh, central that's going to be broken down uh, by Josiah, was what we previously um, had uh, talked about. You uh, want to give us an idea about uh, our specific central in the Bay Area? Um, our central is broken out um, through 15 um, chapters throughout the Bay Area, from Gavilan all the way down to uh, San Francisco. Um, basically, what it is, is um, it starts usually first as a chapter, well, actually as a machista. From there, a chapter, when we all come together, central, which consists of whole area, um, one of three areas, uh, centrales, the Northern Califas, Um with that, what what it is, is it goes next to the um, region, and then it goes to the state, and from there it's national, because Mecha is a national organization. We run everything through our papeles, El Plan de San La Barba, and um, stuff like that. And well, with well, with that, it teaches us, you know, we have young minds that are hungry, you know, for our gente, for our cultura. And what Mecha does is Mecha brings it to us, you know, as a as a hungry Chicano, Mexicano. You know, Chicana, you know, for the struggle that we have for our people. I, I figure kind of like an Aztec warrior that goes out and fights for their people, you know, and, and a way of surviving is letting people understand about what we're all about, what we do for our people, you know, and that's what Meta brings to the table for me. What does the acronym Mecha stand for? The acronym stands for Movimiento Estudiantil Chicano de Aztlán, and it is a national organization, like Josiah said. Um, Mecha has many goals, mainly to promote and recruit students into higher education, um, detener la cultura, la identidad, y preserva, preser, preservarla, estudiar nuestra historia, y mantener esas, esas raíces de la comunidad chicana, y, of course, become politically active. And what does Chicana Chicano mean? Chicano Chicano um, derives from an uh, Aztec word um, from Chicano. And what Chicano is, is basically uh, a Mexican-American who was born here, you know, and it kind of separates us from the borders, you know, like the saying goes, we didn't cross the border, the border crossed us, and as our struggle for Aslan, what we got to do is we got to, you know, unite with our fellow Chicanos, Chicanas, you know, to go into this movimiento, you know, to fight for what's right, you know, like Momecha does, you know, Mecha um, provides higher education, and through that we have, we have um, knowledge, and what I believe for a strong Chicano Chicana is a smart wisdom one, you know, to share the wisdom also with the other machistas so that way we can all bring a strong national organization to the table and from there we pe we become politic political active you know to help out our other you know fellow chicanos chicanas the term chicano is also grounded in a philosophy not really a nationality mm -hmm. and of course it's a state of mind it's not a birthright Recognizing that all people are potential Chicanas and Chicanos, we encourage those interested in developing a total commitment to our movimiento for self-determination for the people of Aztlán to join Mecha. And that is our philosophy. It comes from the philosophy of Mecha, a written document, one of the papeles that we carry uh, to establish our organization. Um, what are we doing uh, here in the Bay Area? 
in the Bay Area right now, we're um, we're structuring all the chapters, um, getting everybody set. Um, like I said, some of the school year started for the semesters and also the quarter systems, just like Santa Clara Mecha and Mecha the um, the Stanford. Um, so basically, we're just um, putting them together and organizing so that way when it's time to do events, time to get active, we have everything all set. Um, for example, you know, Cal State East Bay. Cal State East Bay, we have you on. Take it away. Hey, for all you um, East Bay students in Hayward, um, you guys know that we're going to have the Alfresco Festival, which is our 22nd annual um, held event. So basically, for you students that don't know what Alfresco is, Alfresco, um, it's like where all the clubs, you see all the clubs and organizations that are on campus. Um, what Mecha does is we set up a table um, and inform students about what Mecha is, what we do, events that we um, hold on campus and off campus, and um, we motivate our Latinos to come out and join us. So to all you Latinos in East Bay, come and check us out, um, the Mecha Club. Thank you. Sale. And what kind of events are you doing uh, locally? Or on campus, uh, Jessica. Well, luckily here on our campus, we celebrate our our annual Cinco de Mayo. We incorporate um, all of our organizations and the community to bring La Raza together. Hacemos comida y traemos la banda para que todos se diviertan y y nos derrotamos como una familia unida que somos toda la raza. Sally. Um, and uh, Josiah was also going to be mentioning us about Central uh, events, right? Yes, um, we're going to be putting together some events and actions going on, um, especially in the Bay Area. Um, right now, we're going to be focusing on a retreat um, to get all the chapters together and um, include new members and kind of like lace them up on what the philosophy is. Um, we're also going to be in the works of kind of like doing like a big old event for the um, alumni of Mecha throughout Northern Califas, Aslan, and also the Central Region and the Sur. Um, right now, we're really putting it together. Um, in the past, we had a social events. What well, is a social event is, is it's a machista social event. And we bring machistas from all over the state, um, all over North Califas, Aslan. And we come together. We have workshops. We have barbecues. You know, we... We sit together, we reminisce about the old days when we talk about the future, what, what Mecha has brought us and what Mecha is bringing towards us in the future. You know, we got to plan for actions and stuff like that. Sally. Yeah. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, one thing that we're going to be up to next Friday, uh, one of the main reasons why we came on air to announce this, uh, what is going to be happening on Friday in Sacramento? Um, Friday, it's, it's going to be the occupation. Um, it's going to be... Um, Rasa Day. Um, basically, what it is is it's going to be Indigenous Day of Resistance, um, hosted by Alta Califas Norte. And what we are is we're going to stand up for our rights. You know, we're gonna we're gonna tell you know the government, you know the state, enough is enough. And we're going to be marching, you know, for po political views, um, cuts to education, um, ethnic studies. And we're going to come together with one familia, different ethnicities, and we're going to be marching. Um, we're going to meet up in Cesar Chavez Park 
um, at 2 o'clock uh, on the 14th, and we're going to be marching to the state capitol, and we're going to be putting together, um, uh, you know, flyers and stuff like that. And the reason it is called occupying the building is because we are enabling from having its regular business day work. So we occupy it by, you know, not having them work and doing what they normally do on a regular basis. Sale. Uh, what is your main main purpose out here? The message that you want to send out through this action? I would really like to send out, get our point across, you know, that we're being heard, that we're there to make a difference. We're not there to, you know, just make a show, be publicized like other people see us. We're there to get a message across. All right. Um, any other, any other uh, ideas in there? Um, another idea, too, is be p politically aware about what's going on in our communities and open up our minds to see what's going on in this injustice society that uh, we are trying to get oppressed. And what we got to do is we got to liberate ourselves, you know, open up our eyes to see what's going on in the community. And that's what METAR brings upon us as a national organization, you know, as students of color. All right. Thank you. Sending it back out to Chuch Emil Gavilan. Orale, gracias so much for uh, Voz Machista there. It was a uh, surprise programming. Uh, we had scheduled to do a little plug there, but uh, uh, the young people showed up here and uh, Voz Machista, and we opened up the airwaves. Thanks again for all that input information. And uh, it's almost top of the hour here. You're listening to KPFA 94.1 and uh, KPFB at 89.3 FM with KFCF at 88.1 FM in Fresno. Yo soy Gavilan Molina. You're cruising to La Onda Bajitas, Radio del Barrio Aslan. I'd like to thank Mr. Chuch uh, for engineering the first uh, hour. And now we got Pedro Reyes uh, engineering the second hour. We got uh, Vox Populi coming up with uh, uh, El Tocayo Miguel and Nahual. Stay tuned uh, for Spanish language, La Onda Bajita.
auditorio de KPFA Radio 94.1 FM en la ciudad de Berkeley, California, también a través de 89.3 KPFB en la ciudad de Berkeley, California y 88.1 KFCF para Fresno y el Valle Central. Este espacio de opinión, de información y de cultura popular se llama Vox Populi, se transmite dentro de la barra de programas de La Onda Bajita el primer viernes de cada mes, también con presencia global a través de www.kpfa.org. Miguel Pérez a mi izquierda y Pedro Reyes en los controles, quien les habla Nahual, les invite a que sintonicen la próxima hora de programación en español, donde tendremos eh, a un par de invitados vía telefónica, ellos son Gilberto Osorio, un artista multidisciplinario salvadoreño, escultor e instalador, nos va a hablar acerca de su trabajo y de eh, esta fecha tan importante que se avecina en el mes de noviembre, que es el Día de los Muertos, y también Miguel Robles, director de la Alianza Latinoamericana por los Derechos de los Inmigrantes, hará eh, conexión telefónica con Miguel Pérez, a quien de paso pues aprovecho para saludar. Muy buenas noches, Nahual, eh, muy buenas noches, estimada audiencia. Eh, efectivamente, vamos a estar haciendo dos entrevistas, uno por el Día de los Muertos, estamos un poquito adelantados, a nosotros nos cae el próximo programa como el día 4, exactamente el día 4 eh, de noviembre, y vamos a estar con Miguel Robles. Eh, director de la Alianza Latinoamericana por los Derechos de los Inmigrantes que hemos estado trabajando en contra de los transgénicos en contra de Monsanto en contra de toda una cantidad de compañías que están arruinando el medio ambiente y la comida que comemos todos los seres en este planeta y por otro lado tenemos noticias estamos en la maratón no se olviden www.capes.capfa.org eh, donan lo que pueden eh, no estamos dando ningún premio así que pueden darnos 5, 10, 15, 20 dólares eh, si se anima si saca la lotería pásenos algo los micrófonos por aquí no se pueden sostener bien recién estamos viendo a Gavilán peleándose con el micrófono que se le caía la verdad, la verdad que sí que nos hace dinero y ese dinero que bueno, que ustedes pagan en los taxes que van a una guerra que nadie eligió, que nadie ha querido y que cada día mueren más gente en aquellos países como Afganistán que nosotros descubrimos que lo único que había eran piedras eh, y cabras y gente eh, guerra completamente absurda que realmente va donde el dinero va a parar a los eh, que fabrican armas a las grandes compañías que fabrican armas y aquí cada día falta más maestros cada vez falta más educación cada vez la situación está peor como consecuencia de eso tenemos bueno, diferentes manifestaciones pero eso se lo vamos a ir contando a lo largo del programa Nahuel. también recordarles a la audiencia que hoy entramos una hora tarde debido a un evento que ya la gente debía haber escuchado la voz de los estudiantes dándonos a conocer cuál es la problemática que hoy el ser estudiante aquí en los Estados Unidos en aquellas lejanas etapas de nuestra juventud donde veíamos que por medio de la televisión, de las películas, cómo era que nos presentaban las preparatorias, las secundarias de este país, los Estados Unidos, impecables y pues nos damos cuenta que no es así Miguel Pérez. Eh, sí, existe dos mundos, existe un mundo contado por Hollywood y existe otro mundo que es la realidad y esta realidad que empieza a golpear 
no solamente a los sectores pobres, no solamente a los inmigrantes, sino a la clase media. Ha empezado a golpear a la clase media y los vimos hoy, la verdad que contentos de que aparezcan finalmente. Creo que hemos estado unos cuantos años esperando en la calle que a ver que alguien se acercara a las manifestaciones. Ahí están, ahí han llegado, bienvenidos. Eh, el trayecto es largo, según nosotros, según nosotros lo que sabemos, porque otros que saben nos, nos han dicho, ah, porque hemos investigado el tema. Al final de cuentas creemos que la economía norteamericana no va a volver a ser lo que fue en el año 2005 y de ahí para atrás. O sea, esto no vuelve a ser así, no va a haber trabajos como como hubo antes, lo único que queda en estos momentos es resistir y luchar. Hablabas precisamente de Afganistán y precisamente el día de hoy se cumplen 10 años de la ofensiva militar de Estados Unidos después del derribo de las torres, todavía ese derribo de las torres a mí no me queda muy claro quién estuvo detrás de esos atentados, de hecho pues este hemos tenido cantidad de información y de algunas cosas que son de dominio público y otras que todavía por ahí están eh, bastante obscuras lo que sí es un, un hecho es que uno de los países más pauperizados, más eh, destrozados y que han pagado caro este precio de la llamada guerra contra el terrorismo pues ha sido eh, Afganistán un país que primeramente sufrió la invasión soviética en el en el siglo pasado, finales del, del siglo pasado, donde los Estados Unidos se dedicó a armar un ejército de, de gente local, obviamente, y también de otras nacionalidades para hacer frente, decían ellos, a lo que el presidente Ronald Reagan acuñaría esta, yo no sé si inmortal o desfachatada idea de el imperio del mal, que sería la desaparecida Unión Soviética Miguel Pérez. Oh, hay mucha tela para cortar en todo eso. Lo que sí sabemos es que después de la caída del muro de Berlín, eh, cambiaron los actores y cambió las circunstancias de lucha por parte de Estados Unidos. Yo recuerdo por allá por los años 90 y pico, 91, 92 quizás, cuando se empezó a hablar del desarrollo de la tecnología policial. Es decir, ya no iban a ser grandes contingentes de policía, sino que iba a ser más que nada la policía que se tenía que encargar de reprimir al interior de los países eh, todo eso cambió precisamente el 11 de septiembre del año 2001 con un proceso eh, muy extraño donde en algún punto todos coinciden cuando se caen las torres gemelas se cruzan los servicios secretos pakistaníes con la CIA, con gente que había estado peleando en Chechenia contra los rusos. Eh, hay algo maquiavélico detrás de todo esto que finalizó y que todo ese tipo de cosas para los interesados en la investigación este, van a seguir trabajando sobre eso. Pero para el pueblo común, para el común denominador de la gente, lo único que estamos absolutamente seguros es que la economía de Estados Unidos cambió radicalmente. Es a partir de ahí que comienza una nueva etapa de lucha concreta por parte de Estados Unidos hacia la toma de recursos naturales, como es el petróleo, y próximamente va a ser el agua. Eso no hay duda. Y también hay un reciclaje, por así decirlo, de personajes siniestros que en determinado momento fueron útiles a determinadas causas. El caso específico de Osama Bin Laden, también del señor George W. 
Bush padre Debo decirlo, George ¿Sí? Bush padre, no George W <risa> Y también de Dick Cheney También pues tras bastidores Alguien que no hace mucho ruido Pero que sabe bastante de estas cosas Que es el señor Henry Kissinger Quien fue nombrado precisamente Coordinador de seguridad Toda esta gente viene de la administración Nixon Toda esta gente eh, Son realmente monstruitos reciclados ¿no? Y lo que han logrado Es aquellos plan, Viejos planes que tenían la invasión de Irak, la invasión de Irán, son planes que tienen más de 50 años. Y estos tipos no han querido morirse sin antes haber realizado su, su sueño, que era realmente la invasión a esos lugares que son eh, la fuente de una energía que no quiere morir en este planeta, que ya ha sido superado tecnológicamente, y sin embargo todavía tenemos a las compañías petroleras y tenemos las tropas norteamericanas tratando de defender algo que nos está llevando a la ruina como planeta. Entonces, en este dicho que se le atribuye a Dick Cheney, en el sentido de que el buen Dios no puso petróleo en los Estados Unidos, si habría que ir a tomarlo donde quiera que fuera, cobraría una justificación, así entre comillas, de los poderosos. Efectivamente, eh, van siendo como las 9 y 11, vamos a ver si podemos llamar a algunos de nuestros compañeros De todas maneras, recuerde, estamos en maratón www.kpfa.org eh, Recuerde que necesitamos mantener este espacio abierto Necesitamos de que contribuyan con nosotros para poder tra seguir trayendo información eh, Y la verdad que estos días... Por un, hacía mucho tiempo que no estaba tan pegado a KPFA escuchándolo prácticamente todos los días y efectivamente la información y los, el, el tipo de programación que sale por KPFA no lo encuentra ni por broma en radioemisoras o canales de televisión comerciales razón de más para que la audiencia pues decida a apoyarnos en este proyecto de Radiofonía Independiente, esta estación sobrevive precisamente del dinero que la audiencia otorga en los diferentes maratones de recaudación de fondos, este es el de otoño, y para que se den una idea, eh, el funcionamiento de esta estación requiere de miles de dólares al mes, tan solo la cuenta de luz... El papel que se utiliza en las eh, fotocopiadoras, eh, las tintas, en fin, todos los reactivos que, que una estación y que un servicio noticioso como el de esta estación requiere, pues eh, obviamente no sería posible sin la ayuda de todos los radioescuchas. De nueva cuenta pueden hacer su donativo a través de www.kpfa.org y la gente se podrá dar cuenta de los intensivos que... Eh, de los incentivos, perdón, debo decir que ahí se se ofrecen en en, eh, en esa página de internet. Aquí nos estaban pasando una información, lo cual un poco nos sacó de de, 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 de onda. Y bueno, sí nos dicen en efecto del de próximo lunes que hay dos concentraciones bastante importantes, pues precisamente de la gente que ya de una u otra manera está cansada de la situación económica actual y de un panorama desolador en cuanto pues a economía, a educación y a salud. Se refiere eh, el próximo 10 de octubre a las 4 de la tarde hay una concentración aquí en la ciudad eh, de Oakland, California, para lo cual pues está haciendo uso de diferentes espacios electrónicos y también de 
de la Internet precisamente para que la gente pueda asistir en masa y que de una u otra manera quienes están en el poder se den cuenta de que este es un movimiento que está creciendo no solamente en los Estados Unidos sino en diferentes partes del de mundo precisamente nos damos cuenta que en Grecia ya se han llevado a efecto paros generales por varios meses y no es por años así es y bueno estábamos comentando de que se viene el Día de Muertos, una conmemoración que sí, ha sido recreada prácticamente aquí en el área de la Bahía, particularmente en San Francisco, con características muy especiales. Hoy en día, eh, hoy día, esta noche, precisamente en este momento, hay un opening en el Soma, el Solos Market eh, Art Center, y uno de los compañeros que está exponiendo ahí es el compañero Gilberto Osorio, de origen salvadoreño, que está con nosotros al teléfono y nos va a explicar... Eh, ¿Qué es lo que ha expuesto en estos momentos ahí en, en el Somar y a, cuál ha sido su inspiración? Gilberto, muy buenas noches, ¿estás ahí? Eh, encantado de estar aquí con la audiencia. Gilberto, cuéntame, ¿qué, qué ha sido, ¿cómo ha sido tu instalación? ¿Qué es lo que has puesto ahí? Mira, eh, en realidad eh, eh, se aproxima el 12 de diciembre el treinta eh, aniversario del, de la masacre del Mozote. En, en El Salvador entonces uh, eh, a través de El Salvador se ha estado uh, se va a, 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 a conmemorar esta eh, indigna fecha diríamos ¿verdad? de una masacre de más de 800 personas eh, que prolongó la guerra por 10 años y um, en este Día de los Muertos eh, se, eh, es, estamos aquí en San Francisco celebrando eh, o más o menos conmemorando no celebrando porque qué más celebrar una masacre pero conmemorando este 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 acontecimiento y eh, básicamente la la, eh, la instalación comprende eh, lo único que fue excavado de la masacre del Mozo que fueron 137 niños apilados en una esquina de la iglesia o la ermita del Mozote. Entonces uh, es, una, uh, es un promontorio pues, de cuerpo, así que uh, deja que desear, pero de todas maneras uh, en, este, en, en este contexto estamos uh, conmemorando ese, uh, ese indigno hecho, digamos, de, de la historia del de Salvador. Cumple el, el objetivo visual. Eh, Gilberto, muchísimas gracias. ¿Hasta qué día va a estar la instalación ahí? Y toda eh, la instalación eh, abierta. Eh, eh, inicia ahora, por supuesto, pero va a estar hasta el 5 de, de noviembre, todo octubre. Y puede ser visitada pues, uh, uh, aquí en Somar uh, gratuitamente. Eh, ¿Sabes cuáles son los horarios de Somar, por favor? ¿Perdón? Los horarios de Somar. Los horarios son nosotros de 5 a 7 de martes a, a, a sábado. Muy bien, Gilberto Osorio, muchísimas gracias por esta información y estamos invitando a nuestra audiencia a que vaya a a ver una serie de instalaciones y particularmente esta de la que tú nos estabas describiendo ahorita. Muchísimas gracias, Gilberto. Hasta pronto. Adiós. Pues eh, tres décadas de ese horripilante acontecimiento, Miguel, si puede hacer una pequeña síntesis de qué fue la masacre del Mozote para que la gente que nos acaba de sintonizar tenga una idea más clara eh, 
es, es increíble que me preguntes este, esto porque tenían la imagen eh, las tácticas de guerra las tácticas de guerra que eh, se llaman terrorismo es de decir, Estado terrorismo de Estado el terrorismo de Estado que ha sido practicado eh, por muchísimos gobiernos en América Latina eh, en El Salvador fue brutal eh, la represión y la, la masacre del Mozote como así se conoce eh, fue exactamente un pueblo en éxodo un pueblo en éxodo que se estaba moviendo de un lado a otro porque había bombardeos y fueron bueno, fueron emboscados por el ejército salvadoreño y masacrados 800 personas 800 personas que imagínate lo que es un pueblo, ¿no? con niños, con señoras embarazadas con ancianos, con jóvenes eso fue la masacre del Mozote y bueno, eh, es lo que sigue sucediendo en otros lugares del planeta, ¿no? Y que parece que en la guerra de Vietnam, en Milay, la masacre de Milay, pudiera haber sido fuente de inspiración eh, claro, de claro. estas mentes perversas. Eh, lo, lo que estábamos hablando recién de Dick Chain y de toda esta gente que venía de la época de Nixon, también de la época de Nixon vienen estas eh, tácticas del libro que prácticamente son lo que se utiliza en la Escuela de las Américas que ahora creo que la han cambiado a otro lugar pero sigue operando de la misma manera eh, sí, son, son prácticamente como cos, cosas de manual, como cosas de libro eh, qué es lo que hay que hacer cuando una población eh, se revela, cuando una población eh, ya no quiere ser dependiente cuando quiere ser eh, autónomos, cuando quiere mejorar su vida porque tienen las posibilidades y el conocimiento para hacerlo entonces eh, por diferentes excusas ante el comunismo ahora son los recursos naturales la impresión que da es que siempre fueron los recursos naturales y bueno ahora las consecuencias de eso es estas guerras que tenemos ahora en Afganistán en Irak en Libia con masacres ocurridas en el pasado pero que siempre son tienen las mismas características y evidentemente vienen de la misma fuente de origen. O bueno, sea, el manual de guerra es el mismo. Ya les hablaremos también de la guerra que se libra en México y de las tácticas que por esa, tristemente por esa línea van. Vamos a pedirle a Pedro Reyes, quien nos está asistiendo en la consola de hoy, a quien aprovechamos para saludarle, darle nuestro agradecimiento, que nos ponga una cumbia y ya regresaremos a platicar un poquito de lo que en los últimos días nos dimos a la tarea Miguel Pérez y Nahual de recabar para la audiencia de Vox Populi. Sintoniza 94.1 KPFA Radio en Berkeley, Radio Libre. <música>
acá continuamos en Voz Populi, KPFA 94.1 o www.kpfa.org. Recuerden donarnos dinero. Estamos en el teléfono con el director de la Alianza Latinoamericana por los Derechos de los Inmigrantes que ha venido realizando una tarea en cuanto no solamente a los derechos de los inmigrantes sino también al trabajar en contra de los transgénicos, en contra de la comida modificada genéticamente que tanto mal le está haciendo a la humanidad, ya le habíamos dicho esto un poco al principio y va a haber actividades, este es un mes lleno de actividades y la LIADI y está convocando a una marcha y a una conferencia de prensa creo que el orden es al revés Miguel Robles, muy buenas noches, ¿estás ahí? Buenas noches, ¿cómo estás? Bien, bien uh, Miguel, ¿qué va a pasar la próxima semana? La próxima semana hay varias cosas pasando La primera, el próximo jueves vamos a tener una conferencia de prensa en el City Hall de San Francisco para este, invitar a la gente a venir a las 7 de la noche ese mismo día, el jueves 13 de octubre al War Memorial, donde vamos a, a tener a Bandana Shiva, que es una filósofa, científica la líder del ecofeminismo a nivel mundial, que va a estar en el War Memorial presentando junto con Miguel Alcieri profesor de Berkeley y Debbie Berkeley for, for the, del centro de, 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 de un centro que se dedica a la investigación sobre la comida saludable y ellas van a hablar sobre la presentación del reporte global de Ciudadano sobre el estado de los transgénicos a nivel mundial. Es un reporte que ha salido del, del trabajo de científicos y, e investigadores de los seis continentes. Esto va a ser el, a las 7 de la noche en el War Memorial en San Francisco, que es el 401 de la calle Vanés, a las 7 de la noche el jueves 13 de octubre. El 14 de octubre vamos a salir en una marcha en solidaridad con la marcha que está pasando ahora de Nueva York a Washington D.C. y que se llama The Right of No March. Esta gente está demandando que les pongan la etiqueta en la etiqueta de los productos alimenticios que pongan si contiene transgénicos, si está genéticamente modificada la comida, lo cual nosotros sabemos que el 80% de la comida que se vende en Estados Unidos contiene de una o de otra manera ingredientes que son modificados genéticamente, ¿verdad? Entonces lo que vamos a hacer es que vamos a ir en solidaridad con esa marcha que se está llevando del primero al 16 de octubre de, de Nueva York a Washington D.C. Nosotros vamos a hacer de West Coast la, la marcha de la costa oeste, de Right to No March, de Sa San Francisco a Sacramento. Y vamos a salir a las 9 de la mañana de San Francisco, de la calle 24, esquina con Misión, donde vamos a tener también una conferencia de prensa junto con David Campos, el supervisor del Distrito 9. De ahí nos vamos a ir a donde está la gente de Ocupa y San Francisco. Y después vamos a Oakland, Berkeley, Richmond, San Pablo, Vacaville, Fairfield, Davis, toda esa área. Y vamos a estar reuniéndonos con diferentes grupos. Y vamos a entregar en los City Halls este reporte global sobre el estado de los diemos a los diferentes mayores de cada ciudad para que lo revisen. Y también vamos a estar en Sacramento el 16 en, una, en un rally que se ha hecho en colaboración de grupos que están en contra de los transgénicos y gente que está ocupando Sacramento, ocupa y Sacramento. Entonces, al día siguiente, el lunes, vamos a tener una conferencia de prensa en el City Hall donde vamos a entregar a Jerry Brown en su oficina y en la oficina de Gaby Nielsen este reporte global sobre el estado de los GMOs también. Miguel, números de teléfono, contactos para la gente que quiera participar. 
415-368-1891. Estoy en San Francisco, pero tenemos también gente que está organizando en Oakland, en Richmond, en Berkeley. Si, si me contactan a mí al 415-368-1891, les puedo dar los contactos de la gente que está organizando en Sacramento o en diferentes áreas. Muy bien, Miguel Robles, muchísimas gracias por esta información. Seguimos en contacto y le vamos a dar seguimiento al movimiento. Muchas gracias, Pablo. Hasta luego. que no, tu palabra se va a borrar, tus hechos en el libro escrito van a quedar, no, sirve palabra sin acciones como un disparo, sin bala y no trae solución, digo que no, tu palabra se va a borrar, tus hechos en el libro escrito van a quedar, no juega la competencia, yo soy en la guerra, mostrando quién es el que a mi gente entierra, y es que la tierra se ha llenado de mucha porquería, con esa te toca enfrentarte todos los días, así es la cosa, no es de color de rosa, si no te matan ellos, capaz y están cortando tus posibilidades Escondiendo la verdad de su mundo de mentira Donde ellos son normales Respeto a todos los que cantan pidiendo justicia liga Hablando en esta época crítica Y estoy pensando, razonando La cosa aclarando desde el ombligo De Babilón, bombas detonando Digo que no sirve palabra sin acción No, no
4.1 frecuencia modulada no, lo que le quería decir es que por favor no se olvide de donarnos dinero en www.kpfa.org por favor no se olviden miren que el que estos micrófonos sigan con la lucecita roja prendida depende de ustedes y nosotros le queremos avisar de que yo me imagino que ya ustedes han tenido en KPFA información sobre este movimiento de huelgas de hambre que hay en las cárceles en California. Este es un movimiento que se viene dando desde hace unos meses y el día jueves 13 de las 5 a las 7 de la tarde va a haber una vigilia en la 24 emisión allá en San Francisco y si usted quiere más información puede acceder a www punto prison hunger strike solidarity wordpress punto com y eso es la página web donde usted puede obtener mayor información sobre este movimiento bueno, ya que seguimos con los anuncios de servicio a la comunidad, hay que recordarles que el día 22 de este mes de octubre es el Día Nacional de Prevención contra la Brutalidad Policíaca, para lo cual pues la mayoría de gente que asiste a estos eventos viste de negro porque se considera que es un día de luto. Y hay que recordar que cada año pues son decenas de personas jóvenes las que fallecen en situaciones bastante oscuras y bastante sanguinarias por parte de los que se dicen pues son los defensores de la comunidad 
recordamos el caso de el joven Oscar Grant del cual pues se hizo todo un espectáculo circense en la impartición entre comillas de justicia y terminó con esta sentencia al oficial Meshule de un año en realidad ofensiva creo yo ofensiva ofensiva para todos eh, la verdad que lo de Meshley eh, demostró hasta qué límites la justicia puede ser hipócrita en cuanto a una sentencia. Eh, nos preguntamos qué hubiera pasado si hubiera sido al revés, si Oscar Grant hubiera matado a Meshley, posiblemente las consecuencias serían pena de muerte o cosas por el estilo. Y bueno, también... Con el perdón de tú y yo, el triste episodio de, de... ¿De dónde fue donde ejecutaron a este señor hace unos días? ¿Fue en Georgia? En a, a Troy... Pedro, tú que andas por esos por esos lugares. A, a, el señor este Troy, ¿dónde lo ejecutaron? Sí, fue fue en Georgia. 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 Que son estados donde tradicionalmente se ejerce una brutalidad contra las personas... De color extraño. Mal llamadas. De color, tristemente, vemos el episodio de la ley de Alabama, Miguel Pérez. Tú que trabajas muy de cerca con estos Uy. grupos de defensa de derechos civiles. Eh, Una síntesis rapidita de lo que está pasando en Alabama. Eh, mira, lo, lo que traemos por acá, básicamente, es de que el gobierno federal eh, se opone a que la este, en Alabama se... Eh, persiga a los indocumentados en la forma que aparece la ley. Y traemos una cosa que dice que el Departamento de Justicia de Estados Unidos presentó este viernes una apelación contra la ley antimigrante HB 56 del Estado de Alabama, luego de que una jueza de distrito rechazó ponerla en suspenso mientras se emite un fallo judicial definitivo. O sea, la señora jueza permitió de que la ley se aplique hasta que no haya un fallo judicial definitivo. Esto quiere decir que si te detienen en Alabama, te van a deportar. Y en todo caso, este, después se revierá el caso. Pero la deportación te la comes igual de todas maneras, ¿no? Es una moción ante la Corte, es decir, el gobierno de los Estados Unidos, en una moción ante la Corte de Apelaciones del 11 del Circuito de en Atlanta, la administración del presidente Barack Obama pidió la suspensión de la ley. Argumentó que Alabama infringe en el derecho consagrado por la Constitución al gobierno federal para definir y ejecutar las políticas migratorias, que hasta el día de hoy son ninguna. Este... El propósito de estas eh, iniciativas de ley como la de Arizona es meramente crear un clima de miedo para que la gente de esa manera deje por cuenta propia estos lugares. Mira, yo creo que hay un poco de las dos cosas, o sea, eh, una de las cosas que se dieron cuenta los republicanos, el Tea Party, eh, precisamente porque aunque están muy en contra del gobierno, conocen muy bien el sistema. Y esto es una cosa que nosotros recién ahora la empezamos a aprender, que es muy simple. Cuando tú tienes un movimiento político, tienes que obtener éxitos. Los éxitos son legales hasta ahora, hasta el día de hoy. El éxito que obtiene cualquier movimiento político se transforma en la ley y en el manejo de la ley. 
Entonces, el Tip Party y todos estos movimientos que están empujando a nuestra comunidad mmm, de muy mala manera, es decir, que piden que salgamos del país, aunque ya llevamos muchas generaciones aquí adentro, aunque somos la parte vital de la economía norteamericana, somos el 17 por, eh, somos algo así como el 13% de la población de Estados Unidos y somos el 17% de la clase obrera de este país. O sea, es increíble, no hay persona latina que no trabaje, no jodan con eso. No hay persona joven, latina, indocumentada que no trabaje. Es imposible vivir en este país sin trabajar. Y esto lo sabemos en carne propia. Bien, entonces, esta gente que logra transformar sus paranoias y sus locuras en leyes, es lo que nosotros tenemos que empezar a combatir, sacando nosotros también leyes. Nosotros también tenemos acceso a las mesas de supervisores. Nosotros también tenemos acceso a las mesas de educación. Nosotros tenemos poder local, lo que pasa es que hasta aquí no lo hemos sabido ejercer. Y eso es una de las cosas que tenemos que aprender cómo ejercerlo. Eh, desde la Alidad hicimos bastante de esto, con muy buenos resultados, y no nos ha costado tanto esfuerzo como mucha gente nos decía. No, ni se metan ahí, ese espacio es de los blancos. No, no. Nosotros podemos hacer cosas aquí también. Entonces lo de la ley de Alabama. Lo de la ley de Alabama es más de la misma medicina. Es el crecimiento del movimiento de la derecha echándole la culpa a las minorías de color sobre la crisis económica cuando sabemos que la crisis económica está producida por la guerra, está producido por la corrupción bancaria, por la falta de, legal, de legalidad sobre los bancos. Los bancos operan sin plataforma jurídica. En estos momentos los bancos hacen lo que quieren. Banco of America acaba de decir que va a todas los, las casas que tiene foreclosure, las va a ejecutar. Y se acabó. Por otra parte, la cantidad de recursos económicos que se gastan, muchos de ellos del orden estatal, es increíble en elaborar todo este tipo de, eh, de iniciativas de ley, que dado el orden eh, constitucional de este país, pues difícilmente pasarían. ¿Quiénes, aparte del Tipari, están detrás de toda esta campaña de intimidación? Y por otra parte, ¿hasta qué punto son confiables las encuestas que dicen que en Alabama, que es un estado eh, eminentemente que ha sufrido de discriminación, qué tanto es eh, confiable las encuestas que dicen que muchas otras minorías están a favor de que se lleven a efecto estas eh, iniciativas de ley? Mira, yo creo que ese tipo de cosas, eh, sobre todo con nosotros, nosotros los habitantes de Estados Unidos, nosotros los que vivimos aquí, eh, cuando tenés una dictadura tan fuerte de medios de comunicación, cuando los medios de comunicación bombardean a la gente todo el día con avisos que nosotros nunca hemos visto en Aguas, yo he visto algunos avisos fuera de California y es increíble, Increíble las imágenes, eh, los textos, las cosas que se dicen, eh, la satanización que se hace sobre nuestra comunidad. Esas cosas nosotros no las hemos ni visto ni vivido. Pero en otros lugares de este país sí se viven, sí es la carne de todos los días que te ponen en la televisión este, y en los noticieros. Entonces, esta manipulación de la gente... Por supuesto, después sale y le pregunta... ¿Usted está en contra de que haya gente indocumentada acá? Si la gente, eso es lo que ha visto en la televisión durante todo el día, durante toda la semana y durante todo el mes, con toda seguridad que te van a decir que sí. 
Sobre todo porque es mucho más fácil y mucho más entendible para el, los seres humanos pensar que la culpa de la economía que está en declive es culpa de otro, no del sistema. La gente aquí, desgraciadamente, y a todos nos pasa, a todos nos pasa, creemos que un día de esto nos vamos a levantar y que se solucionó el problema de los bancos, que va a haber trabajo y que todos vamos a volver a ser felices. Uh, y que todos vamos a obtener los sueños por los cuales nos mm, caímos en este país. Uh, te decía anteriormente de que todo dice que no va a ocurrir así, pero el clima que se va creando, el clima que se va creando permiten que leyes como la de Alabama y quizás hasta más duras puedan llegar a ser pasadas en diferentes territorios de Estados Unidos. Por eso no hay que abandar, abandonar ni un instante la lucha, la movilización, el moverse, el hacer, el crear redes este, sociales. Las redes sociales, pero no, no las de Internet. Las redes sociales, de verdad, hasta ahora, hasta el día de hoy, gracias al Señor que está en el cielo, y no al Señor de los cielos, este, se puede hacer política, pero únicamente mirándonos a los ojos, tocándonos, comunicándonos de a uno, de a dos, de a diez, de a mil, de a cien. Pero no se puede hacer electrónicamente. Eso de, eh, electrónicamente es una fantasía que a mucha gente se le ha ocurrido. La comunicación puede ser, pero no se hace un movimiento político a partir de, un, de del Facebook, concretamente. Bueno, y recordarle a la audiencia que ya que tocaste tú ese tema vital de los medios de comunicación, esta estación está llevando a cabo su recaudación de fondos de otoño, para lo cual ya en este momento no hay personas atendiendo los teléfonos para todos aquellos que tengan la amabilidad de ayudarnos a echar para adelante este proyecto de radiofonía independiente, pero sí lo pueden hacer a través del de sitio web de la estación que es www.kpfa.com. O RG, ahí vienen cantidad de incentivos para todos aquellos que pues eh, hoy en día tengan la fortuna de estar empleados y que quieran pues eh, simplemente seguir parte de esta gran familia de estaciones que conforman el grupo Pacífica y nos decían aquí los eh, personeros de la estación que esta es una de las pocas estaciones de radio que siguen perteneciendo a la comunidad aquí en los Estados Unidos, algo que en verdad pues eh, es satisfactorio, pero a la vez también es preocupante, ¿no?, que sean pocas las estaciones que se, se deban precisamente a su audiencia. Eh, así es, y esto es problema de la, la rey, de la ley de radiodifusión que existe y de medios de comunicación que existe en Estados Unidos. Eh, una ley que fue hecha en la administración Bush por el hijo de Colin Powell, que en este momento no me acuerdo cuál es su nombre, que nos dejó una, una ley de medios de comunicación de las más salvajes es más o menos el que tiene plata la compra básicamente y que ya antes ya que hablábamos de todas estas gentes maquiavélicas el señor eh, Ronald Reagan pues es el considerado padre del bueno, eh, exactamente y de estas nuevas formas de liberiza, liberalización total de la economía y pues los medios de comunicación precisamente fueron uno de los más afectados con estas políticas de, de regularización yo no sé si el, el término en español se ha aceptado de, de desregular sí, de la forma de la misma manera que se puede arreglar me imagino que se puede desregularizar pero la desregularización de los medios de comunicación de este, los bancos 
de cuanta cosa tenga poder eh, corporativo es lo que nos está llevando a donde nos está llevando eh, las corporaciones eh, han dado un salto de calidad en cuanto a su a su origen eh, el origen que tenían era mmm, ubicar su mercadería y obtener ganancias hoy en día lo único que les interesa a las corporaciones y lo están haciendo y lo están haciendo bien es ganar dinero y una de las cosas más fabulosas de todo esto es que la economía de ciertos sectores anda bien es decir, la economía de las petroleras, la economía de las, de las compañías que compran armas, las compañías de los que quieren privatizar las guerras, porque el Blackwater no es ni más ni menos que eso, es ver quién los contrata para ir a matar gente. Eso se llama la privatización de las guerras. Entonces, en un mundo que, que, se, que se ve como se ve, eh, ha sido un placer ver, por ejemplo, hoy en el programa anterior, a los chicos de Mecha, eh, vimos hoy increíbles contingentes en la marcha contra la guerra en San Francisco muchos jóvenes está reverdeciendo el movimiento se empieza a ver gente joven eh, y qué bueno porque eso nos da futuro nos da un futuro de, de lucha y de entendimiento que la educación es lo único lo único que uno tiene Vamos a escuchar una canción y regresamos con un poquito de noticias ya para finalizar este espacio de opinión, de información y de cultura popular que se llama Vox Populi, que ya lleva varios años dentro de la barra de programas de la Onda Bajita, a quienes pues siempre les agradecemos las facilidades para con nosotros y la noche del día de hoy a Pedro por el soporte técnico. Yeah. 
también sintoniza 94.1 KPFA Radio y aparte del contenido de los programas también para nosotros es un placer poner música que pues no es fácil encontrar muchas veces en, en el cuadrante tanto de AM como de FM escuchamos precisamente la sanmarqueña que es una canción típica del estado mexicano de Guerrero en interpretación del trío costeño anterior a eso estuvo los faquires de Cuba con otro clásico también un porro colombiano que se llama Mi Cafetal y escuchamos a Alica, quien es de Uruguay y vive en la Argentina, cantarnos una canción que se llama Palabras sin Acción. Durante el mes estuvimos por ahí recopilando algunas eh, noticias y se las vamos a dar a conocer en estos últimos minutos que nos quedan de programa. Y nos dicen que narcoterroristas en México, peligro inminente para Estados Unidos, gobernador de Texas, a través de la agencia APRO, que es la que... Eh, pertenece a la revista Proceso de México nos dicen en el Distrito Federal que el gobernador de Texas, Rick Perry pidió no descartar ninguna opción para responder a la amenaza de los narcoterroristas ya que dijo son un peligro claro e inminente para la seguridad de Estados Unidos frente a esta amenaza no debemos descartar ninguna opción en la mesa incluyendo operaciones de seguridad en cooperación con el gobierno mexicano como lo hicimos con Colombia hace unos años hace unos años puntualizó el precandidato presidencial fue este mismo señor que dijo que de llegar a la presidencia pues él iba a andar sin rodeos, no iba a andar con rodeos e iba a mandar tropas a México efectivamente y cuál ha sido la reacción de los políticos y los gobernantes mexicanos frente a semejantes declaraciones pues yo creo que hicieron muchos no salvo por ahí una tácita respuesta del el embajador Arturo Sarucán yo contabilicé dos diputados, este, por supuesto del PRD, a, que se oponían enérgicamente a una posible invasión. Después el resto como que no ha, no ha dicho gran cosa. Eh, muchos piensan que puede ser este discurso de campaña, otros piensan que es la, la mera neta de que sí este, hay algo de eso. Y por otro lado, la, la guerra con, contra los... El narcotraficante eh, sigue dando números y números y números y números y números. Eh, dicen que ahora capturan a ocho presuntos involucrados con los 67 asesinatos de Veracruz. ¿Te acuerdas que eran 32 y después aparecieron otras 32? Yo no te entendí el mensaje anoche, pero digo, pero como no habían sido 32 las, hace dos semanas atrás, no. Hubo ya en otros 32. ¿Por qué no nos hablas un poco de eso? Sí, ya en otros espacios de aquí de esta estación dimos a conocer precisamente esa masacre de 35 personas que fueron tiradas a, pleno, a plena luz del día en el puerto de Veracruz, donde deliberadamente dejaron dos camiones de redilas y de este de estos dos eh, vehículos de una forma grotesca, 35 cuerpos, que se dice no tiene nada que ver con la eh, el crimen organizado, fueron expuestos de una manera pues eh, ejemplificadora. Exactamente. ¿Y de los otros...? Recién se descubrió ayer 32 cuerpos en tres casas de seguridad y se atribuye la autoría de estos horripilantes acontecimientos a un grupo paramilitar, del cual pues ya desafortunadamente el tiempo no nos va a dejar hablar, pero para la próxima entrega de Vox Populi vamos a hacer un poquito más de investigación al respecto, lo cual es bastante preocupante lo que se viene en México en este año próximo de elecciones. Bueno, eh, no se olviden que www.kpfa.org 
Estamos en maratón y nosotros le decimos hasta la próxima. Muy buenas noches y que tengan un muy buen fin de semana. Sintoniza 94.1 KPFA Radio 94.1, repito, en la ciudad de Berkeley, California, a través de sus diferentes repetidoras y en www.kpfa.org, donde pueden hacer sus donativos en línea. Sintonizan esta estación que siempre ofrece información variada y música también bastante Muy variada. peculiar. Una vez más, al fin de la onda bajita, once again, we wanted to say thank you to all the listeners out there. Gracias por escucharnos and for tuning in. Uh, stay tuned. Don't forget, you can always pledge safely online at kpfa.org. You are tuned in to La Onda Bajita on Friday nights from 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. Aquí con nosotros, cruising down low in Aslan. Que no? Una vez más, stay tuned for the history of funk. And we'll be back again next week. Don't forget, the fun drive is happening, and it's still going on over the weekend, so please call and support. Sister Citizen, her smart, sassy self, is coming to Oakland for a KPFA benefit. That's Melissa Harris-Perry, the very bright, outspoken professor and public intellectual. You can often see guesting or hosting on The Rachel Maddox Show on MSNBC. Henry Louis Gates Jr. says she's one of our most trenchant readers of modern black life. Indeed, she is. Sister Citizen, her new book, is all about black women in America. Hosting will be Blanche Richardson of Marcus Books. This KPFA benefit happens Monday, October 24th at St. Paul Church, 114 Montecito Avenue in Oakland. There's wheelchair access. Tickets are $12 advance at brownpapertickets.com or at Marcus Books or other independent bookstores. Get yourself to kpfa.org for more information. That's Melissa Harris-Perry, October 24th. For the first time in the Bay Area, Latin Grammy winner direct from Spain, Diego Sigala comes to UC Berkeley's Zellerbach Hall on Sunday, October 23rd at 7 p.m. Presented by the Bay Area Flamenco Partnership as part of its sixth annual festival. Tickets are going fast. Get yours today at bayareaflamencofestival.com or by phone at Brown Paper Tickets, 1-800-838-3006. This event is co-sponsored by KPFA. Diego El Cigala in Berkeley on Sunday, October 23rd. For tickets and information on this and other festival events, call 1-800-838-3006 or go to bayareaflamencofestival.com. This event benefits Bay Area Flamenco. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
Let's try once again. Ahí lo echamos hasta el ratón. Don't forget History of Funk coming up with Ricky Benson right here. Stay tuned. Tuned in to 94.1 KPFA Berkeley, 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno, and online at kpfa.org. Stay tuned for the History of Funk with Ricky Vincent. Peace, this is Paris, and you're in tune to my man Ricky Vincent, the Uhuru Maggot, every Friday night on 94.1 FM KPFA. Bringing you back what you're missing, hip-hop. Everybody, we gonna be grooving tonight. Yeah, we got a lot of jam factors to deal with, y'all. This Friday night, it's a beautiful evening in the Bay. Let's get our groove on, y'all. What's really going on?
that's how it's supposed to be done. Bring the groove. Bring that jammy, Sheila E., the long version. You know we like it long around here at the History of Funk. Watch out. Here's a Herbie Hancock. Hang up your hang-ups. You're listening to Funk on KPFA.
Courtesy of Cameo, I Just Want to Be. 1980. Herbie Hancock, 1975. Yeah, Sheila E., The Glamorous Life by the whole album. You need the long version of uh, that jammy. Ricky Vincent here, holding it down till 12 midnight. A lot of things to say, a lot of things to do. We got some punk funk up here for you. Uh, so we can get over the hump on this fundraiser month here at KPFA.
Yes, KPFA, the extended play of uh, your boy Rick James. Uh, and the super, yeah, super thing. I got Gary Boxoff in here. Roof. What's happening, folks? I got the filthy feel. On the one. What's up with yeah. y'all? Filthy Phil's feeling the vibe. Uh, I just want to let y'all know, for all you freaky uh, history of funk fans, uh, KPFA is in this fundraiser. Uh, even though we don't have the apparatus, we want to recommend that everybody get on uh, kpfa.org and uh, donate uh, $15, $25, get Give a T-shirt, phone, you know, get a little hat, or whatever it takes. Uh, just donate. If you donate it Friday night, it goes on the count and... Uh, and uh, they recognize that uh, we're the place to be. That's right, folks. You know what to do. Uh, if you're online, uh, check us out at www.kpfa.org. Right away, the first page says, Donate Online. And uh, all kinds of wonderful gifts. But check it out. You need to do it for the funk. I mean, for you funketeers out there. And i got to say, I just met uh, Filthy Phil, who's in the studios. And he was telling me about the days when he was young, in high school, listening to Ricky Vincent. And the G-Spot on the radio. So, uh, you know, if you've been listening for two, three, four, five, six, seven years, uh, it's time to donate. Donate and uh, give up the funk. Uh, give up some of that money out of the checkbook and uh, support. You know, listener-sponsored radio, public radio, Ricky Benson, and just support the music, the R&B, the yeah, love of it. The, funk, the Friday the Night Vibe. The whole thing, everybody. Just keep it on the one. We're not going to bombard you because uh, it's after hours. We want everybody to know, though. You want to keep us on the air? Uh, break that out, you know? KPFA.org. That's how you're supposed to do it.
about this p-funk music if y'all don't know there's a lot of this music uh coming back out on cd uh that junie morris you know junie's responsible for this entire song let's just break that down uh except for maybe uh the scatting that the felipe wind does and the lead guitar from michael hampton just so everybody knows and there's a double album of junie five and bread alone just came out you can get both albums on one cd all of us had that bread alone. Is that what you do? Oh, yeah. I had it on CD. Yeah. And, uh, I had it on cassette, man. I found it at 99 cent somewhere. <laughs> somewhere out there. At the, at the market? Oh, yeah. So get your P-Funk Sweatman is available on the, on the CD and U.S. release. And uh, Bernie Worrell's All the Woo in the World, Brides of Funkenstein. Brides of Funkenstein. Uh, right. Take a snoop at the dustygroove.com if some of your locals aren't uh, distributing the P-Funk properly. Oh, yeah, and donate to KPFA.
Give it up. Give it up to Felipe Wynn. Felipe From the Spinners for that scat. Man, the lead right. singer, all those 70s hits by the Spinners. And uh, believe it or not, uh, he just jumped into the P-Funk. He jumped all the way into the advanced stages of the P. Right. Uh, we want to give him much respect. Uh, the late Felipe Soul Wynn uh, doing all them scats. If you see them today, nowadays... Uh, 
Um, uh, Greg uh, Thomas is doing them uh, scatting vocals. He does a pretty primo job himself. Uh-huh, when they're on the road, on yeah, tour. I mean, they just there's so much talent in that P-Funk band. Uh, it's incredible. And it's bursting out. We hear from Amp Fiddler and we hear from Ron Cat Spearman and the Cat Delics all the time. And uh, they're coming to town. We're always in town. They're playing always. at the Boom Boom at the end Resident of the month. Funk. We'll talk about that a little bit more. Oh, yeah. Funkadelic from uh, Uncle Jam Wants You. All 15 minutes and 41 seconds of glory uh, of that jam. Uh, we heard the extended mix of uh, Super Freak, uh, Rick James. I got that from the... Uh, um, the uh, deluxe edition of Street Songs. This is one of the most recognized, uh, at least, uh, uh, you know, best-selling records of the '80s. And uh, Rick James Street Songs. And so they packaged it. Harry Weinger and those guys over there at uh, Polygram gave you a double CD with alternate takes and live renditions and everything. Mm-hmm. So uh, much respect uh, to the funk that gets over the hump. You know what that's I'm right. saying? Yeah, we heard that cameo. I just want to be. That's what got G spot up in here. Oh, that's <laughs> right, Larry Blackman. Oh, girl. Yeah, he did oh. his thing. That was when uh, Aaron Miles got on bass and first uh, joined the band and uh, went nuts uh, with Cameo. Tighten up that sound. The way Wayne Cooper, do. right, on yeah. vocals. Uh, and uh, Charlie Singleton was still in the band doing that stuff. That he played it. I just want to. Yeah. I just want to be right. Is uh-huh. that what? Yeah. Charlie, I don't know if Charlie was there already. Yet. Yeah, well, I think he was in the band by then because they had still had eight nine. They still had about seven people. Uh, with the Secret Omen album back oh, in 1980. Yeah. I think that was before Cameosis. Some of you cameo heads, you know we're talking about Ricky Vincent here. I got uh, the G-Spot. I got Filthy Phil. Yo. And we're just grooving on the goodies here because uh, uh, that's just what we do. I played that Herbie Hancock. He was right in the pocket. Even hang though he's a jazz up. man. Yeah, that's the one yeah, right there. Hang up your hang-ups. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got to get over the hump. Herbie knew exactly how to hit it on the wood. That's and right. then he just sort of clowned and did whatever he wanted. So uh, much love and respect. Uh, to Herbie Hancock and of course Sheila he started this thing off with her breakout she was well known in the Bay as, right. uh, as you know sort of the, the uh, you know sort of young uh, angel of the Escovito family yeah let's and get real she though she's from out. Oakland yeah right. broke out and uh, well that's what we love to do here with the history of funk is break out these artists and, uh, and just keep the jam going and you know we gotta stay on the air so uh, everybody that's listening here kpfa.org that's how we keep it going. Spread a lot uh, of fun. Yeah. Uh, just uh, donate a few dollars. Yeah, just a few. Yeah. Whatever you can do. And keep us going. Keep us, uh, uh. Keep us uh, popular. It's up to you. You're playing oh, dance yeah. records, man. Dance music. Uh-huh. It's I Friday it. night. Yeah. What we got to do. Raise your hands in the air. Come on, y'all. Let it out.
Body Slam. That's a one-off yeah. single. It just did its thing. Yeah, we got Dante and Marlon in the house. What's up, y'all? Uh, people coming through. Filthy Phil still rolling here. Nero, uh, Chong Spradley doing these uh, keys on here. Oh, man. That's not Razor? Razor Sharp? Are you right? Razor Sharp Johnson. Oh, man. Razor. 
both of them are on Collins, oh, 94.1 KPFA, Berkeley, uh, what are we listening to, 89.3 KPFB, Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF, Fresno, online at KPFA.org, that's what we do here. Oh, man. Okay, yeah, man. we play the funk every Friday night from 10 to midnight, and uh, we get down, the whole Friday night vibe, the La Onda thing, uh, what we do, the uh, block report, the sideshow, right. the Turtle Island, everything that goes on. Uh, we bring that Friday night. We just want to let y'all recognize that. Uh, so if you want to give us something back with your credit card at kpfa.org, uh, get up in there and get your T-shirt and get your goodies. Uh, we'll get some other little premiums as we go because this fundraiser is going to run a month just about. Uh, but we want everybody to know that that's what uh, we're doing on the air 24 hours a day. Uh, we broadcast, and uh, so we are authorized now to inform you that uh, you can go to www.kpfa.org and uh, hook us up because we always give you them tickets. We give you all the goodies. We let you know about all the jammies. What's it worth to you? Michael Franti's going to be at the uh, Greek tomorrow night. Oh, man. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you should get, be able to check that out. He said it's streaming live somewhere, too. We got to uh, look around for that. Uh, who else come up? Quest Love. Is DJing tomorrow at Defermery Park oh. and at Public Works tomorrow night in San Francisco on the Mission. Okay, Quest Love. That's a very the legendary nice Roots crew. Uh huh. Uh, next Saturday. Oh, I saw. Oh, Quest Love was in that movie. Um, Black Power mixtape. The Black Power mixtape. Yeah, oh, he laid down some uh, some tracks for that. Y'all need to go catch that. It's playing at the Shattuck Theater downtown Berkeley. Uh, probably other places in the Bay. Uh, you need to catch up on some of that information of the nation. You know what I'm saying? Speaking of the nation, the Fela-bration is uh, Saturday the 15th at the New Parish. That's next uh, week. With the Lagos Roots and uh, some uh, members of Fela Kuti's band. Oh, that's delicious, man. It's the African, the motherland funk. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. This is also Black Panther History Month, so uh, don't sleep on that. Uh, we we'll probably 45th anniversary? Yeah, that's coming up. We'll be talking more about that next week. Maybe we'll do our Gil Scott Heron tribute next week since we didn't get to it over the summer. Wow. And we need to get to something. Something a little on the righteous side of things. All right? All right. So maybe that's what we need to be doing. We'll be back uh, with some more, uh, some more of this hump right after this. Hello, listeners. Enjoying these late night sounds? Since 1949, KPFA has provided timely, eclectic, and sometimes futuristic music late night just for you, our listeners. We've begun our fall fun drive 
and are asking you to join us in supporting KPFA 94.1, your free speech community radio station. You can go online to kpfa.org and click the Donate Now button, or you can mail a donation to 1929 Martin Luther King Jr. Way, Berkeley, California, 94704, or call us during business hours at 510-848-5732. We need your support. Please donate to KPFA tonight. Thanks.
Can you believe that's the average white band? I can't believe something like that. The average white band? They came there soul searching. Love your life. 76. Love your life. Yeah. KBFA, I got some uh, positive barcade music for you. Get over this hump. Yeah, shout out to everybody occupying Wall Street. On the uh, first uh, Barcase album, yeah, that would be the thing to do. The first uh, uh, best of the Barcase album. That's the th- that's the one that has um, Funk Essentials. Yeah, Funk Essentials. Yeah. Speaking of some Funk Essentials, uh, this is a uh, produced by uh, one of the Cool and the Game people, a band called Conquest. Something called Optimistic. 
and Mama wanted some of this beat. Yeah. Seven minutes of fun. Yeah. That's the whole darn family from the LP. The whole darn family has arrived. You can download that if you want, or you can just kick back and groove with us. I want your love. That's chic. From uh, the best of Sheik, Sheik Sheer, I think that was originally on there. Much love to Nile Rogers, who's uh, battling uh, prostate cancer right now. Uh, the guitar yeah. player for Sheik, and of course, uh, we uh, will never forget the bass player, Bernard Edwards, yeah, who really laid down the groove. Yeah, give it up for him. Uh, we heard Optimistic, that's Conquest, Amir Bayan, uh, one of the Clue the Games, produced that. Get on to the jam. I want some of this. It's called Seven Minutes of Funk, y'all. From the band called A Whole Darn Family. Got an old picture of the old family in front of the house. Doing one-hit wonders, but this uh, it's a wondrous jam here. Where were they from? Everybody sampled them, too. Somewhere in the D.C., Northeast area. Okay. 
Here's our backup mix for the second half of this track. Track like crack run on. Yeah, 
you, you ride the rhythm like your wheels fell off. Hold on for Molotov, straight mashing. Like you won't get back, I told you this. You won't be too voodoo. Yeah, sucker for love, ass too. Like I'll be in home, with that mama on like last mine. You, you fake the fuck back ten out of ten times. You don't tell me nothing. You don't tell me nothing. No, I'm not. You ain't got no wins in me, cause I'm. Don't talk about it.
straight back with no hands. Ron Casper and then the Cat Delics with the Lady Chi on them vocals too. Yeah, production of Phil Jones PTFI. Who the hell? Yeah, which one is that? PTFA. Hope y'all feel some of the depth of the people around here. Deep in the back. Yeah, slap back. Don't talk about. Underground Mayhem, new album from them. Slapback. Can't get Dude. enough of Slapback? Yeah, come back with it, Slapback. Yeah, bring that beat back. Yeah, bring it back. Got some P Theory for you. Kevin Goins. Watch out. KPFA.
PFA, uh, the P Theory. That's Kevin Goins' band out in uh, Europe, uh, from the hood to the wood. What's the name of that track up in there? Message of Love. Yeah, they bring the stanks. I just want y'all to know there's some new, old stanky music that you can get your hands on from P Theory. Yeah, when we talk about uh, all around the world for the funk, you ain't lying with that one. Yeah, they bring it. They bring in the goodies. Macking with no hands. That's our voice. The cat jelly. Yeah, that's how we like to do that. Here's some original OG. Johnny Talbot. Picking cotton. Now 
Cast from uh, back in the day. Who who was that? Uh, Fred and Honey. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, Lee Dorsey, New Orleans. Some of that New Orleans flavor. Everything I do gonna be funky. Johnny Talbot and the Things. They're from San Francisco, doing their things. The Block Reporter's on its way in. Uh, it's some Charles Wright, the Funky Thing. It's brand new, but it sounds like it's an old style. Oh yeah, I like this. Yeah. Hope y'all enjoyed the flavor. I think we'll do something righteous for uh, Black Panther History Month next Friday. Uh, Bootsy and, uh, Collins' birthday coming up soon. Oh, yeah. You know we take care of that at the end of the month. Uh, see y'all next Friday night. Thank you. Thanks to uh, Dante and Marlon and Filthy Phil and G-Spot. And uh, kpfa.org. Give us some love, everybody. Give some love, yeah. Yeah, you all need to hook up the radio station 24-7, kpfa.org. Give a little donation to the nation. How about that? To the funk nation, baby.
shaking. California quicksand got a nigga sinking. I can give a fuck what you niggas drinking. This is West Coast nigga thinking. California quicksand got a nigga sinking. I can give a fuck what you bitches drinking. Baller, nigga, I'm a Hall of Famer, lion tamer, with two four-fit framers, understand, that your life's in danger, did your mama, tell you not to talk to strangers, little nigga, I'm the hillside stranger, have a banger, call the boat a long range. most rappers, they wanna hug singers, I'm a nigga, that wanna hold the panger, she fold, he pull it up out the hanger, a little something, the few you niggas anger, the swine, I'm your face in a mansion, cause Jesus born in a manger. Motherfucker, mother, long on Jerry Springer. I'm a gangster, up in your CD changer. I'll thank you for 20 bucks, then I'll thank you. Police, police, still get the middle thing. This is West Coast nigga thinking. California quicksand got a nigga sinking. I can give a fuck what you niggas drink. At home, mama in the bathroom, leave her ass alone. Cause she probably taking chronic straight to the dome. Go play your little oh, stop being grown. Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle, 50 million and a throne. With a big Zulu bitch, nigga, getting blown. Watch your tone. If you wear copper tone, go back to Africa. It used to be a theme song. I'm in the zone. Do anybody got a zone? I ain't your papa, but daddy is a rolling stone. Use a clone who don't know that you're strong. Unless it's wrong. I'm in a throne with two bottles of Patron. You need a loan to put up the family stone. Nigga gone. Tell them Ice Cube is home. Gorilla niggas. Here come King Kong. This is West Coast nigga thinking. California quicksand got a nigga sinking. I can give a hope what you niggas drink. This is West Coast nigga thinking. California quicksand got a nigga sinking. Hell of it, hella rich. Never have to sell a brick again. Must I tell a bitch again? The boot is on my dress and check I'm on some next level. It's never been fucked in the game. I'm celibate. Rarely out my element, barely out the ghetto with. One foot out and one foot in. Intelligent as fellas get. Listen, let's settle this. Be clear, I can fall back. Sell me here. Still, it ain't no one ahead of me. Consider it a blessing if you get to stand next to me. Five star general, OG veteran. Cake like Edelman. Blowing that celery, stack that cash like the U.S. Treasury. Every single thing I ever did was done heavily. Rapping till you're 70, still ain't no catching me. Put it on my pops, Big Bill and Beverly. Be standing on the top, still after they bury me. Nose in the air, so stuck up, arrogant. Ain't got long, hot songs, best cherish it. I wanna drop mine, that's over. Benito, just paying for your file like a free throw. The nigga think that he could see me Other than the magazine covers of the TV No, I sold more mixtapes than your CD You're waiting on your big break Praying you could be me He ain't made it for DC Hold low, I've been all around the globe Like a god, how they treat me Broads hit their knees, eyes closed when they greet me Mouth wide open, jet begging me to ski Ski in a deep sleep, stop dreaming
dreaming. I'm six albums in for ten years. I've been fire hot steaming. The limelight's mine. I'm gleaming, beaming. That's why I say I'm king, bitch. I got my reason. so chilly. All on my mind is to get more millions. Niggas talk ish, that's silly. Shout a hate about that really. It's it, nigga. I'm silly.
more settled. Now I'm living fine, sipping wine, served by the devil. And my level of hustling has increased from $100,000 a week to controlling the east side up. Mom says I reap what I sow, but I feel like a giant, so I beat five bucks. I'm running the slums with drugs and lead. I need to quit while I'm ahead, she says. But the drug trades broke women. Now I got slugs for my days for my enemies. Tendencies of a hustler doomed for death. Can't seem to make mama happy, so I'm going for self. Going for wealth, fighting done it. Caught slipping that light and bullets rattled my five running. Tried to mash, but I crashed into a stop sign. Sorry, mama, for the pain. I thought the world was mine. Living the cruddy life, what? like this, kept with a bloody knife. Wanna make records, but I'm old. 
damn, look how that got open like a window. No more endo. Look at a video, say to myself that to the video. It's on the TV, believe me, could be done. Something got to give, got to change us, now I got a son. I got to do the right thing for shorty, and that means no more getting high, drinking 40. So I get back, looking tight, slick again. Fake, jump back on my again. Nothing but love with those that know how it feel. And much respect to all my
brand new legacy. I'm addicted to how we make love. So unexplainable when we touch.
Nike game for this, break out the Adidas. I got plenty girls, but it ain't enough. So I ask you, tip what's up with Benita? Give me the data. I rap with a blue tongue, cause I'm hooked on these now or later. Peace to haters, they inspiration to me. They help me hop on this elevator. Like I'm locked inside school A girl in the fur coat still feel underdressed Cause hanging with Spiller is just that cool Dope
so I'm a plane, yo. Snatch your hand bones from the game, though. Put it on mine, took a long time. VA miraculous, I'm looking online. And the weather so necklace, so let them know that I put up the footage that I'm taking your shine. Wanna see the real change looking your mind. Your brain look like you ain't brother. Overgo, overload, broken soul, niggas playing games in the hood, they got you. Play a thing, it's cool to be a pen still. We gon' set it free like fish in a pen pill. Take this or rearrange it, change it. Danger, sways of looping laser. The tale of this life is the tale of a writer. 
fiercest, compassionate and callous. A reckless hedonist and disaffected malcontent. I spit that wonder rhyme sh- me and my conglomerates shall remain anonymous, caught up in the finest sh- Get that type of media coverage Obama get. Spit that Kurt Vonnegut. That blow your brain, Kurt Cobain, that Nirvana sh- Who gon' bring the game back? Who gon' spit that rainbow on the train tracks? That gold rope, that five-finger ring rap. Running with my same pack. You can find a price where the lepers and the lanes at. Life is like a dice game. One roll can land you in jail or cut your cake. Blowing kisses in the rice rain. Nice whip, nice chain. The closet is closed. Stench is like slave blood and private and tall. Yeah, they built my city on top of a grave. Niggas die, niggas get high and watch the parade Back in the early 90s, where they at, where they at Get the gag, get the gag, was a popular phrase Bally animals and rugby's was a popular craze Just the vivid memoirs of an obnoxious slave I paid ways like Nat and Harriet I blast on troopers and scariot And fell off in the chariot uh, I'm sitting pretty, spitting flames, gripping brains Ain't a damn thing changed How did you do it? My young lad, do you ask a dolphin how it swims? No Or an eagle how it flies? From fiends. I swam down Sh- Creek and came up clean with a new lease on life like Andy Dufresne. It's the most poetical, that king unforgettable. Clarence 13 next to Lost Rhapsody from Bellevue. I'm splitting atoms, spitting flames, bringing change. Things will never be the same. I got the rap game singing that last like Etta James. Lames get their plane shot down like John McCain. It's a dream, it's a dream. The flow's elegant like Miss Coretta Scott King. A lot of kings sing death and turn queen. Crack they 24 inch rims in the ravine. Respect the architect, never test the Elohim. Good night, this is JLX Live from New Orleans. New Orleans, New Orleans. My journey has brought me to an understanding of the divine forces with which we have all been bestowed. It was in this search that I came upon a revelation which has called me to guide millions of people towards their righteous destiny. Destiny. Part two, here go. I split that orchestral Medina barn Exceptional Extra extra terrestrial From out the ghetto Rest of yo Put your yard up For knowledge Like the lessons do So fly Fiends can get high Off the residue So real I'm surreal The pure deal Dante Flacco Flow handsome Guapo The sun, moon And stars Grits in the gospel School and knock harder And the teachings Of apostles Pistols Prayer meetings Player balls Card shows Festivals Funerals The grotesque And beautiful Phenomenized normal The needed hardly happens Fresh V's at high speeds, zooming backwards. Fast forward the last moments, the flash open. Trick chopped and they click clack and blast on them. Damn homie, it was all good a week ago. 
saw him the truth, but can't make him believe it though. Get on. Gates of hell like a battering ram. Clapping, yelling profanities like your Samity Sam. After that, I'm back home scanning the land. 23 million square miles of contraband. I know you feel me, but still hope the opposition kill me. Cause you don't want to see God manifest, really. UFOs and cabbage water, really the kid. You ain't seen one of these in a trillion years. Abacadabra, I popped out the meat grinder shining. The elegant art form of rhyme is just blinding. And that's just a regular hat trick. Get up, CeeLo, body, lettuce, he was 
play number two off of Pieces of Meat. Tabby Bonet, we played radio off his album Fresh. Lupe Fiasco, Break the Chains, Lasers. Ladybug Mecca, we played Children's Saint. J Electronica, we played number track six and track four. Ladybug Mecca, we played Never Get Over It. Right now, we about to play some of that brand new Beta Wiener. Check it. Racked up, man. You racked up? Call in to represent your city. If you like what we're doing, call in 510-848-4425. Thank you to everybody that pledged. If you have it, kpfa.org. Keep us on the air. Block report. Just like a swisher, they be kissing on my pistol. My work never sizzles. 
wanna hold you cause you precious, you my black girl Let me take you in my hands in motion From a black girl into the woman that I need to be the queen over my new world When I first saw you, I knew that you was chosen to be my other half You wasn't mine then, but baby, you was a lady I had to have As a part of my family before we met on the physical level You was in my fantasies, I saw you naked with my third eye me and you made love on the astral plane Before we knew each other's name Then the day came when I met you in the flesh Fantasizing is cool, but reality is the best Cause you were blessed with a body built like A brick house, thick thighs, thick beautiful breath That pressed against your silk blouse I tried to keep from staring, but I couldn't stop Especially cause you was wearing your hair Dreadlocks into me It ain't nothing more erotic and attractive Than a crystal wing shamed up a blackness All natural, no makeup, no lipstick No fake fingernails, all in the class by yourself They brought you to the juice They introduced you to me And when I looked into your ebony eyes I realized that I could see my future getting brighter Hoping if we got together You would let me come inside I will be your father I like it when you close your ebony eyes and open your ebony thighs. When I put it in, I've never been so hypnotized by the rotation of the hips of a woman until I let you ride. You got me coming inside of your world of erotic, exotic, freaky lust. Dripping your booty while you on top of me, I'm about to bust. I like to hold it while you roll it around. And when you bounce it up and down, I get a rush of pleasure. Ain't no message to the treasure. I want it very deep up in your mind. Let your body clutter like it's better. Cause it's wet a plus and juicy and fat. And when I hit it from the back, you say you like it like that. And you go crazy when you nothing, baby. You ain't ashamed to let it loose. You call my name. Make me want to come with you. Sister, tell me about your fantasies. I want to make them all reality. Your sexuality is manifest. When you get undressed, when we caress, when you press your breath up against my chest, I wonder, is it because I'm sorry yet? Or do you love me like you say you do? I knew a few women before you that wasn't true. Like Jezebel, but would you be a queen like Nefertiti? Never tell me, never tell me a lie. For the bean in your burner, be down the ride and get dirty. Bust a move and disappear like Houdini. If the food in you worthy to serve me, cause you deserve me, you heard me. I want to teach you and release your Kundalini to live. Now we living, girl, we living in a happy home. I will be your father, big along. I'll be your preacher, teacher. Anything your heart can Never break any promise you promised me. Cause one thing that I really need from my woman is honesty. I'ma be the man that you need me to be on every level. Just as long as you don't go out like even the devil. See, you can't trick me like Samson. Got tricked by Delilah. This poison is alive on the tongue and the mouth of the life. But my desire is for you to keep it real and stay forever mine. And I'll be the one that loves you until the end of time. You will find that I'm the kind of brother that loves to bump and grind. With my mind as well as my body, I keep you wet and sweaty, acting naughty in between the sheets every day. You could be my personal freak and I could be your gigolo We could do it on the limousine floor or in the back seat We could do it on the motel balcony in Hawaii Or in Jamaica on the sandy beach And when you reach your climax and relax in that special place I sent you I hold your shaking body digging the sweetest taboo Every day will be a new adventure And when I'd invent you in every position imaginable We could start all over again like a ritual You know what I'm saying Going bluff for bluff Lick for lick, doing it in the dark with a candlestick. Uh. I will be your father, figure. Put your tiny hands in mine. I'll be your preacher, teacher. Anything your 
it when I'm done and make sure it's broke. When I'm gone, I won't get gone. Cause I won't let nobody press up and mess up the scene I set. I like to stand in a crowd and watch people wonder, damn. But think about it, then you understand. I'm just an addict, addicted to music. Maybe it's a habit. I gotta use it. Even if it's jazz or the quiet storm. I hook a beat up, convert it into hip hop form. Write a rhyme and graffiti in every show you see me in. Deep concentration, cause I'm no comedian. Jokers are wild if you wanna be tame. I treat you like a child, then you're gonna be named. Another enemy, not even a friend of me. Cause you'll get fried in the end when you pretend to be competing. Cause I just put your mind on pause and I complete when you compare my rhyme with yours. I lick you up and as I stare in your face, you seem stunned. Remember me, the one you got your idea from. But soon you start to suffer. The tune get rougher when you start to stutter. That's when you had enough of fighting it to make you choke. You can't provoke, you can't cope. You should have broke because I ain't no joke. joke. As serious as cancer Who can keep the average dancer Hyper as a heart attack Nobody's smiling Cause you're expressing The rhyme that I'm styling This is what we all sit down and write You can't make it So you take it home Break it and bite Use pieces and bits Of all my hip hop hits Get the style down Packed in it's time to switch Put my tape on pause And add some more to yours Then you figure You're ready for the neighborhood tours The E-M-C-E-E Don't even try to be When you come up to speak Don't even lie to me You like to exaggerate Dream and imagine it Then change the rhyme around That can aggravate me So when you see me Come up freeze Or you'll be one of those Seven MCs They think that I'm a new jack But only if they knew that Sound familiar, I'll wait to eat, they play him. So I'ma have to diss who broke, you can get a smack for this. I ain't no joke. Operations in effect.
know we both came from the same places The money and the fame made us all change places How could it be? Who the misery that came to pass? The hard times make a true friend afraid to ask A currency but you can run to me when you need me I never leave honestly Someone to believe in as you can see This small thing to a truth What could I do? Real homie self you get through And come anew he do the same thing if he could Cause in the hood true homies make you feel good And after times we be acting up Call the cops Bringing a cease to the peace that was on my block And never stop when my mama asked me Will it change? Tell her yeah but it's clear Always be the same Until the end of time These broken wings I need your hands to come And heal me once again Until the end of time Everybody who gave a donation, but for those of you that can't give a donation, on Monday through Friday you can uh, volunteer. 
for the fun drive, 6.30 to 8 p.m., 1929, Martin Luther King in Berkeley. That's where you can volunteer. But um, we got some tickets. Do y'all want some tickets? We haven't heard from nobody all night. The phone number is 510-848-4425. We got some tickets for Kylie Buds. We got some tickets for Big Sean. We got some tickets for Layla Hathaway. We got some tickets for Andre Nicotina. I wish I had some tickets for the Jay-Z and Kanye. We ain't got that. But Jay-Z and Kanye going to be out here on the 10th of December. Andre Nicotina is going to be out here on the 10th of December, too, at the Regency Ballroom. Um, Layla Hathaway is going to be at Oakland Yoshi's the 2nd through the 4th. Big Sean is going to be at the Regency Ballroom on November 22nd. Merz is going to be live at the Fillmore on the 18th of November. Um, Justin Buer and DJ Cuber and Mixmaster Mike will be live at, I believe it's Yoshi's. I believe it's Yoshi's, but it's on the 10th of November. You might have to look that one up. Uh, the Jazz Mafia is live at Yoshi's in San Francisco the 13th through the 5th of November. And Kali Buds, the, the reggae artist, will be at the Fillmore from the 11th to the, no, 11th 4th. That means uh, November 4th. And um, who else? The Alchemist will be out here on the 15th of November at um, Bricks and Mortar in San Francisco. Who else will be out here? Um, Trade the Truth will be out here October 15th. Um, Lupe Fiasco is going to be out here October 10th. Uh, Marsha Ambrosia from the group Floetry is going to be out here on the 13th of this month. So y'all stay tuned. We need to hear from 10 cities and then we'll start giving away tickets. You got something to say, Sauce? Yeah. Say happy birthday, Sauce the Boss, because mine is Sauce Tober 9 on mine. Y'all know what so it is. So what's that, baby. Sunday? Yeah, Sunday. KPFA, baby. Y'all happy rockin' with birthday us. Happy birthday to ya. Happy birthday to ya. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to ya. Happy birthday to ya. Happy birthday. Oh, that was dope right there. Stevie Wonder Stevie, Stevie remix right there. Tell them how old you're going to be, man. What you got to say to the listeners, man, oh, when you're going to be this new age? I'm going to be uh, three and some change. You know, we ain't nothing changed around here. It's KPFA. Y'all better tune in and call in and get these tickets, man. We ain't playing no games. 510-848-4425 is the number. Again, for y'all that's moving slow, because I know it's 105 in the morning. 510-848-4425. Call in. We need to hear from five different cities, and we're going to start giving away tickets. Where y'all at? KPFA. We live in the building. Brand new Jasmine Mitchell.
This was from the late 90s. This is when they called that. Before it was Neo Soul, when they called it Acid Jazz. That's Nadia Davenport on the vocals. Hold on, y'all listen. gonna get that at right there Woo! you know what i'm saying it's my boy beast in Visalia in tulare county the 559 happy birthday bruh you know you listening to that black report y'all clap it up for my man beast Woo! man beast. <laughs> you know what i'm saying Hey, Nate called in from Hercules. What's some of the yo, other cities? Big up, Nate, baby? big up, Nate. Oh, yo, we got Rona Park. You know what I'm saying? Santa we got, Rosa. We got Santa Rosa, American Canyon, Belmont. You know what I'm saying? Antioch, Cotati, Alameda. You know what I'm saying? Yo, we got like 10 people that called in, 10 cities, man. Trust. All right, well, check it out then. This is what we're going to do first, man. For caller number... Five. Since Lion Face was the last one talking, caller number five, we playing Kali Buds. We giving away the Kali Buds. I'm ticket. blind to you. 510-848-4425 is the number. Keep if you want to see Kali Buds at the Fillmore in San Francisco on November 4th, you can go to hip-hop.com and find out more about the shows. But if you want to win it for free, right here, 510-848-4425. 
Man, you got anything to say? You know, we've been giving them just straight audio dope right yeah, here. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. Man, that, man that, was, that was so eclectic, man. I, I'm like baffled over here, man. That was nice, man. You had Endeavor, you, you had Tupac, you had Lettuce You know, that was a plethora. And you know, a lot of it was brand new. We played that brand new with that old. They played that CeeLo, Bodies. The Beatle Weeder. Racks Up. Racks Up. You know what I mean? What you got to say, man? We see you on the line. Keep holding, callers. We're going to get to you. We're getting to you, callers. All I got to say is, Sausage Balls, happy birthday to me, baby. What did you? That's what it is. Here we go. Here we go with some more. Hey, somebody get the call. Georgia Ann Muldrow. The name of the song, John the Conqueror.
call in. We're looking for caller number three, Immortal Technique Tickets. Fillmore in San Francisco, November 3rd, 510-848-4425. 510-848-4425. If you want to see Immortal Technique at the Fillmore in San Francisco on November 3rd, check it. Andre 3000 off the Idlewild soundtrack. Never full mainline corporate. Learn about it. It's the new game. 
with it, boys, it's the new game. Dope boy with a Mac, cool bang. Hello, in the click, Wu-Tang. Hard body, you cool tang. Me, I'm the top of the food chain. Kicks, like Liu Kang. I say blood, but I ain't Sue Wu Kang. We dogs, but some of y'all cats And further down the chain, some of y'all rats Paperwork facts, aim for his neck and swing with an axe Put a rubber band around ten racks And send a band full of n- with Max while my whip get waxed, I'm in the shit with lemonade, relax. CL when they reminisce, pull up at your vigil, I gotta take a piss. I got gorillas in the mist, and ice cubes on my wrist. Banger, but no bandana. All I got in this world, Tony Montana. Watch for the all white savannas, full of eggs and bananas.
Tickets. You want to see Quest Love tomorrow night at the Public Works? 510-848-4425. We got two pair. 510-848-4425. When I was a young boy, people tried to tell me what I should be. And then a wise man sang, decide your own destiny. Once you set choices you make, 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 make. chances you take. Oh, to be free, to be free, to be free. I got to be brave.
man, you babies on one-on-one. Now this is the last chance for us to get off. So either get loose or you ought to get lost. Cause I'm just about ready to do my thing. Cause I'm a stone cold New York rap machine. I'ma give you what I got, and baby, that's plenty. And never has one man rock so many. I'ma make you wet, it makes you sweat. Just to see how funky you can get. Now when I'm on the mic, I do serve well. And I go by the name of the rapper John Lewis. Now sit back, relax, put on your headgear You're ready for a trip through the atmosphere Gonna take you for a ride through the twilight zone I don't need a spaceship, I use my microphone So hold on tight with all your mic Cause I'll be rocking like this for the rest of the night It's Jalil, yo, your master rapper And when I'm on the mic, it's a sheer disaster Cause MCs crumble when we rumble I'm thick and soft just because I'm humble. So all you MCs, I hope you're real good listeners. Cause in this battle, I'm taking no prisoners. I'm slaying MCs right on the spot. Cause I'm the master of the rap, the doctor of the rap. The jack of all trades, the master of one. And the thing I master is called having fun. We got three minutes left to rock this funk. To separate the good stuff from the junk. So get in the groove and feel the sound. And once you're inside, spread yourself around. From the bottom to the top, top to the bottom. Come on, man. Get funky while we got it.
Cali Bud right here. We smoke it on the regular. And it don't matter where we get, we bring the weed back to America. High Times Magazine did an interview with the editor. Did an acute message been distributed large portions of Dross today. The Cressida's hit by Hitchin Jessica that would challenge any competitor and come back with the highest grade of weed. The hell with a replica. And when my grandfather passed, he left me as the inheritor of about 70 acres of farmland and the best since him earlier. I know my to owe them, I tried to pull out them north of that picture. I'll load them, I'll make nice them, sit them, love the smell when they be that money. And if you need to cush your diesel, you know where to come. You are out of town or local, no matter where you and your people from. I got them in eights, quarters, and halves. I give you a couple pounds. Blurred. Whenever you see police, come around. Finally, the herbs come around. I quit when me, I look for me, get it by the phone, yeah. Sweet and see, I come around. Me, I take a little chat and pass it around, so.
who don't know enough about music. So, uh, y'all thought this was a hip-hop show, but really, this is just a dope music show. So, if we think it's dope, we gonna play it. If it's Gil Scott here, we gonna play it. If it's Nadia Davenport, we gonna play it. If it's some pop, if it's your mama rapping in the kitchen, we gonna play it. So, right now... Well, let me tell you, that, that right there playing is the late, great Gil Scott here, one of the grandfathers of rap. I know many of y'all have been miseducated to think that African Bambada and them originated this, but this is a continuum before this. Y'all better do some research on this Gil Scott. Revolutionary suicide. Next, you know what I'm playing? You know what I'm playing next? I'm going to play one of the dopest bassists and one of the dopest artists out of the bay that don't get no credit. Michelle and Dad Cello Checker.
Andromeda, Michelle, and Dantello. Off to me, her best album. You know what? Now we finna go to the, um, some rarely heard Bill Withers. Tell KBFA, we not a hip-hop show. We a dope music show. Put yeah. that on there. Dope music show. DMS. DMS, yeah. man. We getting ready for Roots Communication. Shout out to all the prisoners up and down California doing the hunger strike. Fighting for, for sure. better conditions. You for know sure. what I'm saying? We the Wall show. Street protests. Shout out to the Occupy Wall Street protesters. You know Occupy <laughs> San Francisco. What? Occupy LA. New Occupy New York. All, all that. them big worms. You know, shout out to the people in San Francisco who are about to stop, start squatting in houses for Homeless Day. And San Jose. You know, for National Homeless Day. So we with all y'all, man. All the prisoners, all the peoples 
We getting ready for Roos Communication. This is the Minister of Information. Brother K. I want to thank everybody who supported me in the fun drive and helped me raise like $4,300 yes, from Wednesday, Wednesday at 8 in the morning. Wednesday at 8 in the morning. Next Wednesday, I will be on the air again. I need your help again. Log on and listen. This is the pledge drive, so make sure you donate. We don't play commercials, so you can hear just all dope radio. But you got to contribute. It's like subscription type radio. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So if you like that kind of stuff, make sure you a dollar, contribute. Two dollars, five dollars. You know what I'm saying? A day. Hundred dollars. Yeah, if you just want to give sauce. A hundred dollars, you know, no, call no. sauce. And, you know, we gonna we gonna pledge to the drive because if you dip the sauce, we gonna pledge to the drive. KPFA dot no over there. Check it out. We signing off. BlockReportRadio.com. Uh, Facebook, Black yep, Report yep, Radio. Yep. Facebook, J Short Bafonky. Yep, What's yep. your Facebook? Lion man? Face, Dreadstar TV Live, at Twitter, at Facebook. Whatever, baby. Twitter at Black Report Radio without the O. It is D Wayne Saucy Underwood at Facebook. You know what it is. Y'all come out. Oh, and Ustream. Check me at Ustream, Dreadstar TV, more Lion Face. More. Facebook, get at your boy. Okay. You know what? Since we was on that old school vibe and Roots Communication, he like to bring that Roots, man. We're going to bring that Roots of hip hop. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to play. See, we got about one minute left. I'm going to play. I want to give old a shout out, though. Let me give one, one, one shout ahead. out, though. Go ahead, man. I want to give a shout out to my little brother. Shout out to Yaya and them. No. I, I don't know. Hold on. Shrimp. The pimp. He's sitting down, you know what I mean? And he will be out in a minute, man. Sauce the balls and shrimp the pimp. Yeah, yeah. Man, is this Pinky in the Brain or what, man? No, this, yeah. this ain't Pinky in the Brain. We do everything hey, Friday. I ain't playing, though. If you can hear this shrimp the pimp, you heard me, boy. Shrimp you the know pimp. I mean? Shout out to Happy him, Happy birthday to me, and I love and you, shrimp Jefferson, the pimp. Yeah, over there. Gil Scott here. Rest in peace. Geronimo Pratt. Gil Scott. Gil Scott. Rest in peace. We got some tickets. Quest Love tomorrow night at the Public Works. 510-848-4425. 510-848-4425 is the number. I know you've been hurt by someone else. I can tell by the way you carry yourself. But if you let me, here's what I'll do. I'll take care of you. I've loved and I've lost the same as you. So you see, I know just what you've been through. And if you let me, here's what I'll do. I'll take care of you. You won't ever have to worry. You won't ever have to cry. For I'll be there beside you. Your weeping eyes.
darling, tell me that you'll be true. There's no doubt in my mind, know what I want to do. And it's just as true as one and one is two. I know I'll take care of you.
Money Whaler Production. The album The Never Ending Whalers. Respect Indigenous. If you want to know about how to get out to Alcatraz for Indigenous Peoples Day Sunrise Ceremony, check out treatycouncil.org. That's Treaty Council, spelled C O U N C I L. For the International Indian Treaty Council. Right here on Occupied Turtle Island. It's Roots Communications. Select the Lapu Lapu alongside Sister Extina. Respect all the true and steadfast crew. Each and every single one of you. And you and you and you. KPFB in Berkeley, 94.1 FM and 89.3 FM, or KFCF 88.1 FM, Fresno. Audio streaming for the people from KFCF.org and KPFA.org. KPFA.org Organization We don't need no corporatization Select a Lapu Lapu A.K.A. Brother K Host of the Roots Communications Friday 2 to 6 late night mix Bringing you some reviews from The Mill Valley Film Festival The Mill Valley Film Festival Happens in Marin It includes local independent films in the Bay Area, as well as an interesting array of international films, particularly from Africa, Asia, and Oceania. Chen Kaiga, as a red guard, denounced his own filmmaker father. Yet after the Cultural Revolution, Chen Kaiga himself became a filmmaker, one of China's fifth generation of filmmakers. His films include Yellow Earth. Farewell, my concubine, Temptress Moon, Emperor and the Assassin, The Promise, and his 2010 film, Sacrifice, a spring-autumn period war drama. Sacrifice is a story about the extermination of the Zhao clan by a rival general and the attempt by a doctor who sacrifices his own infant son to save the lone surviving member of the Zhao clan to secretly raise the young boy until he can exact revenge another film from China The Lady featuring Michelle Yeoh as a Burmese opposition leader Aung San Suu Kyi the Nobel laureate is already sold out 
to check for details of films and possible additional screenings. You can look at mvff.com. That's Mill Valley Film Festival. mvff.com. Busong. Palawan Fate. A beautiful magical film from the Philippines by Areas Solito. Produced by Sinem Malaya. Busong Palawan Fate interweaves stories of several Palawan indigenous people showing their struggles with oppression at the hands of henchmen of a foreign boss, discrimination from urbanized people, and witnessing the exploitation of the forest and its consequences, as well as indigenous ways of healing. We'll review the film Musong Palawan Fate more in depth on the last Sunday of October on the annual Filipino Art Story Special for Filipino American History Month here on KPFA. That's Sunday, October 30th, 7 p.m. until 10 p.m. Pacific Time. You can get in touch with us about Filipino Art Story via the Facebook group KPFA API Radio Specials or the Tumblr blog IndoPacificRadio.tumblr.com. The last selection we're reviewing from the Mill Valley Film Festival is a film from Oceania, the Indo-Pacific Islands, called Miss South Pacific, Beauty and the Sea. And rather than speak of it, here's an audio impression of Miss South Pacific, Beauty and the Sea. Like flecks of Nadiva, the mother of pearl, islands of Pacifica scattered across the ocean. Blue skies kissed by the sun, the land pulsating with the heart of Mother Earth, our Pacifica, spirit born of the land and sea. Another round of applause for all the queens. is preserving the environment the Pacific way. We are small in numbers, we might have small islands, but in fact we cover one third of the world area and we are the most affected because of climate change. And so we must make a stand and advocate for the issues of climate change here in the region. Special thanks to Alpha Kong from La Onda Bajita for assistance in editing. Stay tuned to KPFA because we're going to be offering chances to be on the guest list of KPFA at the Mill Valley Film Festival. You can hear the Ayaman in Music Mix mode Friday late night, 2 to 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the group's communications on the Great Turtle Island. Select the Lapu Lapu Sanenao. Wishing you peace. Yes, uh, the review that we ran also on Apex Express on Thursday at 7. And, uh, you know, right about now, I'd like to let you know that uh, we got some giveaways to check out Chen Kaiga's The Orphan of Zhao, a.k.a. Sacrifice. Yeah. Screening at the Mill Valley Film Festival on Saturday, October 15th. That's seven days from now. Saturday, October 15th, 3.15 p.m. 
at the Sequoia Theater, Mill Valley, over there in Marin. Yeah, the Mill Valley Film Festival is a major festival, actually. Thousands of people attend it. It's been going on for many years. If you want more details about uh, what's going on there, you can check out MVFF for Mill Valley Film Festival. That's MVFF.com. Yeah, these tickets are to see the film Sacrifice, a.k.a. The Orphan of Zhao, by Chen Kai Ge, you know, the guy who did uh, Temptress Moon and uh, The Promise and some other pretty, uh, as I would say, uh, uh, cinematography-wise, excellent films. Yeah, so this is for the film Sacrifice, The Orphan of Zhao. Showing Saturday, October 15th. Yeah, that's an afternoon showing in Mill Valley at the Sequoia Theater. For details about this and the other films, once again, you can check out mvff.org. We'll give away those tickets to the first caller at 510-848-4425 to let us know. When was the spring-autumn period? Or, tell us, what was the uh, empire that rose that China gets its name for? Which dynasty? Yeah, to see Sacrifice. The Orphan of Zhao, Saturday, October 15th, 3.15 p.m. At the Mill Valley Film Festival. You tuned into the Roots Communications. The Great Turtle Island on your free speech radio. Fading out sounds from the film The Orphan of Zhao. Going into a track from Sizzla.
lesser known, the digital underclass. Sometimes we got kind of janky equipment. But what we do with just a little sometimes is a lot more than folks who got too much. The 99% living on 1% of the resources. If you really check it. Equal rights and justice. Equitable distribution. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with even telling the truth about that? You tuned into your free speech radio. If you support KPFA, if you support the music programming and whatnot, you can pledge right now online if you want. KPFA.org. You can wait to tune in and actually call in during a show that you particularly like or support. You know that if you pledge at a level of $25 or more for a year, that's just like a couple of bucks a month if you add it up that way. 25 bucks or more a year, you get to vote as a KPFA member. Part of what we need to do, we got to get the program council back in effect. We got to get more respect for young paid staff as well. We need to bring in new blood, bring more of the youths forward. Some of the folks who've been holding on to some of the old, you know, stuff. Need to start really sharing it in the right way, and let those who really do the work with the love. Let them get their fair share. Even though we don't judge the color is fair. We're talking about. Equal rights and justice. Make it happen.
tune in to the Roots Communication.
teach you the truth. Broadcasting to you from Olone land. You don't know? You better know. Olone. Look it up if you're on the web. O-H-L-O-N-E. You search it with the words Bay Area. California. Turtle Island. Indigenous people. Show you that. 
disc version of Legalizer, the album from Peter Tosh, Xavier. Big up DJ Ivier, Brethren Spliskanken, and Melda Brethren Manoy, Tony Moses, yeah, bringing you the Reggae Express, Tuesdays here on KPFA, 10 p.m. until midnight. And later on, on Tuesday night, you can hear another show from the KPFA Reggae Collective, hosted by the fisherman, Peja Peja. Yeah, he's on 1.30 a.m. Pacific Time, Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. Does late night hype. Yeah, yeah, big up, you know, all those who went before. Yeah, as we look forward. Yeah, justice must come, even seven generations on. The fire this time. Dub reality. Diversity. Indigenous resistance.
Thievery Corporation. Based out of Washington, D.C. Thievery Corporation.
a crooked mile. He raised a crooked sixpence to hide a crooked style. He won a crooked vote, and he smiled a crooked smile. Win the vote. Their tongues are silver forks. There's a lack of wisdom. You can hear it on their breath. Sampling off of the album Tank.
tuned into the Roots Communications on the Great Turtle Island. Coming up, we got a track from a new tribute album to Gregory Isaacs called We Remember Gregory Isaacs. Coming up, a track from Jay Borg. Hey, we're the Native Elements, and you're listening to Kayumangi on 94.1 KPFA in Berkeley. Hey, that's bass. <laughs> I'm 
J-Book got a new album too, you know? Check it out. Tribute album to Gregory Isaacs. We remember Gregory Isaacs.
Morgan Heritage. It was a lovely time. The reggae on the river is here, by the way. This song always makes me think of the river.
is dedicated to the girl. John McLean, Riwa Lovers.
This is my professor of Ariwa Films. On the roots communication. And you must remember that Ariwa means communication. So you're in tune with us as Ariwa on the roots communication in stereo for folks with more than two ears. Check it. Boom. South Africa. Yeah, enough respect all around. True sisters and brothers.
Lights Communications on the Great Turtle Island. Right here on your free speech radio, KPFA. Select Lapu Lapu alongside Sister Extina. Say big up the whole uh, the reggae collective. Big up our sisters and brethren and all the other community based collectives as well. Right here on your free speech radio. Non commercial, non governmental. Listener sponsored radio. That means we don't accept censorship from Bechtel, Halliburton, B of A, any of them. None of them can tell us what we're going to play here. But we do got to pay our PGE. If you want to help support keeping free speech radio broadcasting, You can pledge online at kpfa.org. I um, suggest that if you want to wait just a little bit, you know, say that uh, you'll wait to make sure payday comes. Some of us wait until Friday, for instance. Then maybe you can call in during a show that you like or support. Yeah, and if you got web access, go ahead and take a look at kpfa.org. We got free MP3s archived there, and music shows stay up for up to 14 days. Basically, you can go to kpfa.org, go to the schedule, go to the program grid within the schedule. On the program grid, you can click on the name of any show and listen to it if you got a, you know, Nice enough sound card on that uh, machine that you're checking out the web with. Let's see, yeah, you know, with respect to the people who have put in work, you know, don't uh, get stuck on just the uh, king, the most uh, visible people. Come up from the people. Just don't wanna be lonely. I'd rather 
This is your girl, Shireen, and you're listening to Brother K on Roots Communications. KPFA Berkeley, keep it locked. Not the way you talk, and it's not your beat up car. 
definitely ain't no movie star And it's not the clothes you wear And it's not your lovely hair And it's not your gangster flex Baby, it's all about the sex Me just love off your boombox Love the way you want me from police stuff Funny big booty, funny big sex Tell me time to the when me boom flex Love the long ding dong boombox Love the way you walk, you make this girl suck Climb up on the cabin and the big truck Have me a little half even though you broke Love the long ding dong 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 Yeah, who am I say? Me no even understand why your wife a broke your heart You might have loved me but to me it's just a whoop star Me no stop for tango truth, me make it the fun And if they claw them poor, you're good enough star
Now clap your hands and stamp your feet. This happens to be a trade wild tree. Bidding McLean by Sly and Robbie and the Taxi Guy. Bidding McLean.
That's what means black in Arabic. It's 4.15 on the clock, Pacific time. Broadcasting to you from Olone land. It's your free speech radio, KPFA. The world's communications on the Great Turtle Island. Righteous Crown Prince Reggae Dennis Brown
Pacific Time. Don't be 
a minivan, we gonna touch me. Let me be wife and we hungry picnic. We have been travel over hills and valleys. Just to find this yeah, good, good thing, yeah. The good, good thing. Roots is communicating. You're listening to Roots Communication with Brother K. My name is Robbie Shakespeare from Sly and Robbie. Don't miss Roots Communication. Roots is communicating. Roots Communication with Brother K. Play it some more.
Brown.
Dee Brown to Paris Island again.
reggae lovers, now listen to KPFA with Brother K. Now, Leroy Epton says I say. KPFA or KPFA in Berkeley. 88.1 FM KFCF in Fresno.
harvest uptown. Famine downtown. Mm-hmm. Earl Chima Smith and Hydrants, Volume 2. Harvest uptown in the famine downtown. Can't you see? No money, no money, hey, money. Money for the rich and no money for the work for me. No money, no money, ain't funny. I'm nervous uptown and if I'm in downtown, can't you see? No money, no money, ain't funny. Money for the rich and no money for the work for me. No money, no money, ain't funny. To rise up every day Even the people feel his cats away Kind of way Get paid Get paid Of his uptown in a farm in downtown Can't you see No money, no money, ain't money out Money for the rich and no money for you and for me No money, no money, ain't money out Of his uptown in a farm in downtown
Silky Dress. And I work on radio stations, and I await all the regulations. I said, my brother in the ghetto, him no have nothing to do. My sister in the ghetto, she no have no way to sleep. I said, I feel it in my heart and soul. What? I feel it in my heart and soul. I said, the children in the ghetto face the separation. The children in the ghetto face the starvation. And they don't even have a proper education. Ow! They don't even have a proper education. The children in the ghetto suffer from malnutrition. The mama and them daddy said them gone for a mission. And I feel it in my heart and soul. Why? I feel it in my heart and soul. I said the children in the ghetto have no parking which to play. They play in dirty water every night and every day. And them don't even have a proper education. Ow! Them don't even have a proper education. The children in the ghetto, they know have no TV I say I feel it in my heart and soul Why people they I feel it in my heart and soul I teach a man in the ghetto, teach a boy and the girl Teach them all the history of the old wide world And let us give them all a better education Ow! Let us give them all a better education Some children in the ghetto say they live by hustling Children in the ghetto say them full of discipline And they don't even have a proper education Ow! They don't even have a proper education Enjoying these late night sounds? Since 1949, KPFA has provided timely, eclectic, and sometimes futuristic music late night just for you, our listeners. We've begun our fall fun drive and are asking you to join us in supporting KPFA 94.1, your free speech community radio station. You can go online to kpfa.org and click the Donate Now button. Or you can mail a donation to 1929 Martin Luther King Jr. Way, Berkeley, California, 94704. Or call us during business hours at 510-848-5732. We need your support. Please donate to KPFA tonight. Thanks. Oh, 
And I please do good this year. I please do good this year. And I please do good this year, yeah, yeah. A black man is a soldier out there, yeah, yeah. All people, I said you got to be fair, yeah, yeah. Oh. I'd please do good this year. I'd please do good this year. I'd please I do ice. Yeah, the yeah. fire coming in the enemy song for ice and sink and I'm in culture. You're in the flesh in the four easy Babylon culture. Extinction of the needs of way of life and culture. If you have buffalo, the light just be soldier. But the leaf and roll the blocks and I'm fit for the jump over. I suddenly I got all the ices unto I oja. Replace the fire. Whoa, I'm a night that I told ya. If you don't know this, you choose to ensure you last your composure. What ah. me say that? Cause black man is a soldier out there a year. How good people said they got to be fair a year. Oh, I just said do good this year. I said do good this year. I said do good this year a year. How black man is a soldier out there a year. Oh, people said they got to be fair a year. Oh, I just said do good this year. I just said do good this year. I just said do good this year. Guess the youth give it that we Get man and crew, man, stay here. Ain't none of that evil business, so not ill few day I hear. Oh, Rastafari, I see you know that's good. Oh, you come from a lion, a Jesus standing up front, so not the rear. Oh, good the people said you got to be fair. How the wickedness have to burn right there. What we do, so I see I ever spin it, sit up on the high golden chair. So the burning wickedness are right there.
see them, make them plot all up and they feed them. Guns in a sack, head back, and no feed them. Bullet going overdose, them like coke, they ain't overdose, man cocaine and no frame. Just say the word, don't give no wrong man name. Even if on the street, that you come from the street, that mean them no while them team. them. But them better take heed, this a necessary need, this a boy gun never yet see them. When me say, bust up, boy roll like teeth, boy take leave, he go stay on for grief. Bad man go sit up, gun now retreat. Boy see me face get dumb, can't speak, send them to me mark. That's for the grave, boy then I watch them, boy then I break them, throw them out, them life will I see them. I play them, I play, I gaze them, I gaze. Them better watch one of them fight, but wait, them better try watch them freeze. No me don't want free to win some haters, I pray don't fear, cause I do or die, I do or die. Them can't come mix me neither And they can't come fix me neither Me no care who them say are the leader Headline the news and cleaner Pre them a pre but hype for the media Long talk and laugh we no in a wait I dream them boy they a dreamer Them boy they no say them a shatter But wait them a see me a barretta Them better change up them style now And try get them act together Batman a madman, madman tackle them hard and a alligator Man a take out the foot and the hand them And take out the cardical sweater Man a take out the head and a put it in a box What you say? Marathon that better Some fingers got some magic But never ready for whatever Them a dead stress we get in a option I wonder which one them redder The mother, the brother, the sister, the aunt I wonder if them redder the neighbor No me no one free to win some haters I pray don't fear cause I do or die I do or die
into the night at Benosif Studio. Yeah, it's reopened there in South America, Soma Filipinas neighborhood, no? Soma Filipinas, San Francisco, 185 6th Street at Howard. Benosif Studio, you can find them on the web, on Facebook. Tribute to E. Ivan Fictuoso. Tonight, the family reunion, aka E Noise Pop. Featuring Golda and the Guns, the Skyflakes, Big Nut Funk, Kiwi, Bankrupt District, DJ Simon, now DJ Albury, Kevin Camilla, Cadavasco, Alan Manalo, Ramona Bai, Taste Better Wit. Relationships and much more, including Potato Couch at Bindle Studio, that's 185 6th Street at Howard in South of Market tonight. Yeah, much love to Kapitid E and all the fam. You tuned in to the Roots Communications on the Great Turtle Island. Messenger, 
Shia Ahmed in the Lighthouse Band, the album Black Turtle Island. If you don't know what Turtle Island is, look it up. And look it up with the word indigenous or native. Black Turtle Island, the album from Tichia Ahmet. these late night sounds? Since 1949, KPFA has provided timely, eclectic, and sometimes futuristic music late night just for you, our listeners. We've begun our fall fun drive and are asking you to join us in supporting KPFA 94.1, your free speech community radio station. You can go online to kpfa.org and click the Donate Now button, or you can mail a donation to 1929 Martin Luther King Jr. Way, Berkeley, California, 94704. Or call us during business hours at 510-848-5732. We need your support. Please donate to KPFA tonight. Thanks. From San Francisco, California, the most beautiful city in the world, bringing to you the joy, peace, and love of gospel music. Are you ready for a miracle? 
Coast to Coast on radio, television, movies, and live performances for more than 25 years. Ladies and gentlemen, the international ambassador of gospel music and your host, here he is, Image A. Powell and the Gospel Experience. morning, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, driving along in your cars, walking along the streets at work, or, or perhaps still relaxing at home. Well, for the next three hours, we're inviting you to be our very special guest. And we shall make every effort now to lift your burdens, brighten your day, bring you that joy, peace, love, happiness you need as you go along your way. So step back, let God do it. And as you go along your way, just remember now to reach out, text someone today in a positive way, knowing that it's always nice just to be nice. And don't get so wrapped up, tied up in self that you can't see what goes on around you or you really don't take time out to show the least concern. Because when one gets wrapped up, tied up in just self, one makes a very, very small packet. So you step back, let God do it. KPFA 94.1, KPFB 89.3 FM, Berkeley, California, KFCF 88.1, Fresno, California, online worldwide, it's kpfa.org. And we're going to uh, begin the morning program off with a selection dedicated uh, first hour dedicated to our seniors, songs you used to hear very seldom here no more, and to educate our youth, and of course some young adults as well. So, relax, call a friend, email a friend, invite them to join us, or we have some dynamite gospel music coming your way. This is Emmett A. Powell. Step back now, let God do it. Oh, 
one on the aisle in a live dark sea when I saw far in a distance the shield it seemed to be Captain Beckham He cried So loud and free My child I've come to save you Step on board And follow me Ship of Zion, ship of Zion, tis the old ship of Zion, ship of Zion, ship of Zion, tis the old ship of Zion, ship of Zion, ship of Zion, I got on things that you find out about this pilgrimage, this journey we are on, is addressed in this next section on encouragement. And that is that every believer needs encouragement. A lot of times we're made to feel guilty as Christians. We do have joy, yes, and joy doesn't depend on what's going on outside of our lives, but when something happens to us, we get down, we start thinking our faith is defective. But if you look at the Word of God, Jeremiah needed encouragement. Job needed encouragement. Paul, one night in prison, had the Lord himself come to encourage him. And if you read in the, the book of Luke, Jesus himself in the garden, when he got through praying, God sent an angel down just to encourage him. There's some songs that you need to share with those you love who need encouragement and perhaps just put in your own memory banks to hum every now and then when something comes up on you kind of heavy and in all of our lives that happens. The next time you find yourself down, ask yourself this, what am I standing on? Well, you can stand on the solid rock, true, but if you just stand on the promises, just start seeing one day how many promises of God you can quote from Scripture. He promised never to leave you. 
He promised never to forsake you. He promised he'd be a healer. Stand on the promises of God. Then ask yourself this the next time you find yourself a little down. What am I trusting in? See, if I put my trust in a human being, I know I'm going to get let down sooner or later because they will fail. But I'm going to trust in the Lord for just a week. For just No, no. Until I die. And when I trust Him, then no matter what comes, I can say, it is well with my soul. Not feeling good today, but it's well with my soul. Trouble in my family, but it's well with my soul. I know both how to be a base and to be a bound because God never fails. Be encouraged, my soul. God bless you. your voices to this saying tonight, standing on the promise of Christ my King, through eternal ages, let His praises ring, oh Lord, I will shout it and sing, I stand on the promises of God, let's do that again, I Promises of Christ, my King. Let His praises ring. Put your hands together. Come on, put your hands together and praise the Lord.
worship the Lord. Peace like a river.
suffering and shame. It is only because of the sacrifice that Jesus paid on that cross that we can say his way. Because he decided to die. He said that if I come down, you can't go up. What, what can wash away my sin? My denomination? My clothes, my degree, nothing but the blood of Jesus, his sacrifice, has fixed it for you and for me. Somebody ought to give God the glory. But did you know what he said? He said, if anybody will come after me, you must deny yourself, take up yours. And follow me. But Jesus by the cross alone, and all this world go free. No, there's a cross just for one or two of y'all. There's a cross for the preacher. There's a cross for everyone. And there's a cross for me.
presence of
I'll go ahead on and praise them. They're, they're changing the faith. Well, we might as well have church while they're changing the faith. I don't know about you, but I feel a dance coming on. St. John 3.16, the golden text of the Bible say, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, and whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That's why we invite you tonight to come and go with us to our Father's house because we've obtained a new name over in glory. So therefore I believe I'll testify while I have a chance. Glory, glory, hallelujah, since I laid my burden down.
is our fortitude to be able to communicate with God. I'm excited about being able to to tell him what I need. There's something special, people of God, about the sweet hour of prayer. You can talk to him and tell him what you need. And then, Lord, while I'm in prayer, shine on me. Shine on me. You know why, Lord? Because it's me, not my brother. Not my mother, not my father, but it's me standing in the need of prayer. Somebody give God praise. Dream. 
One of his requests is that we want the light from the lighthouse. Anybody in here want the light from the lighthouse? Just to shine on you. KPFA, 89.3 KPFB, Berkeley, California, 88.1 KFCF, Fresno, California. Worldwide online, it's kpfa.org.
that's me, that's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Well, this morning for the first hour, I carried you to Chicago, Chicago Saints. <laughs> they carried you to church, songs that mother and grandmother and great-grandmother used to sing. <laughs> you don't do a lot of that anymore in church, all right? I even heard in there uh, Dolores Barrett Campbell. My good friends uh, was on there, and the Barrett sisters. All right, we brought to you standing on the promises. I've got a feeling everything's going to be all right. Blessed quietness. And I will trust in the Lord. It is well. Must Jesus bear the cross alone? I stand amazed. I know it was the blood. Come and go with me to my father's house. New name over in glory. Believe I'll testify. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Sweet hour of prayer, shine on me. It's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer.
one of these whole verses. Listen to it. You see, I haven't. Number down so that you can have it and call in, make a pledge, 
grab bag we have here is $60. Who knows? This might be in the grab bag, but you can, they, they don't look and find any particular uh, CD. You know, if you say, I would like to be in the grab bag for $60 or more. Come on now. Come on board. We need your help and your support. Let's hear a little more of this Chicago thing. Come on and call. We have operators there to take down. All you need to do is call in, make a pledge of any amount that you can afford, but $60 gets you in the grab bag, the gospel grab bag, and that's number 238. Help us out this morning. I want to help out number 238, the gospel experience this morning. Get in the grab bag for $60 or more. I'm going to give you our two numbers now. All right. If you're in the 510 area, you call 848-5732. 848-5732. That's in the 510 area. 848-5732 or 1-800-439-5732. Come on now. Give us a call. Get the early birds. Get me perked up this morning. All right? Let's get in and, and make a pledge. Any amount that you can afford, but $60 get you into the gospel grab bag. They can't pick any particular uh, CD out, but they'll send you one when you pledge and take care of the business of $60 or more. Come on now. Operators are there. Give us a call. Be the early bird, okay? Come on now. <laughs> this morning. Come on now, pick up that phone. Give us a call. I need about five of you to call in. Make any, any pledge that you can afford, but $60 gets you in the grab bag. But whatever you can afford. Pick up that phone now. Give us a call. Be the early bird this morning. 
510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-5732 1-800-439-5732 Come on now, give us a call, my early bird. All right, I'm telling you that that, uh, that that gives me some inspiration out there for me to get going here with this fun drive. Now, we've got a goal that we have to make, and if I don't make this goal, I don't know. Let's pray. Well, <laughs> might put somebody here who can make the goal, all right? So we don't want that, do we? So we want to keep this gospel music going, keep it flowing now. I'm watching the board. I, I need about five of you to call in. I'm watching the board now, and I want to see you sort of wake up. Get that cup of coffee, but call in, okay? Make a pledge. 510-848-5732. 510-848-5732. Or 1-800-439-5732. 1-800-439-5732. Let's get the operators busy. This morning, and if all the lines are taken, you you just hold on or you call back. Don't 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 give up, okay? All right, let's have five of you call in, okay? Come on now, come on. More gospel music coming your way now. That uh, well, that that that. Now speaking of Chicago, I'm going to play this because it's a very very dear friend of mine that we've uh, been in concerts together. We've uh, Toured together in Europe, and uh, and he went home to be with the Lord uh, last week, and uh, one of Chicago's finest. So let's hear from this uh, artist here. I think I've got him here. You've heard him. He's blessed thousands and thousands and millions of hearts throughout the world. He was a world traveler and, of course, one of gospel's best, the late Jesse Dixon from Chicago.
is the great Jesse Dixon. We lost him on last week. Went home to be with the Lord, but he has left so much back here for us to remember him by. Great, great gospel audience. Now, we need some volunteers. If you uh, like to come up and man the phone, help us out here because the, the people are calling in and we're short of, of phone volunteers. So uh, come on up and spend a couple hours with us, or two or three hours, just answering the phone, taking down the information and giving them the information that they need. And you're already calling in, uh, uh, want to get in the grab bag, and so uh we need some phone volunteers real urgent. So uh, many listeners out there who usually come by and man the phone for a while, we need your help this morning. Come on, KPFA, that's 1949, what, no, 1940, yeah, 1929, Martin Luther King. All right, right off the of university. That's 1929, Martin Luther King, right off the university. Come on up. Oh, I see this. He likes the message song. All right. He likes the message song. All right. That's beautiful. Okay, so come on up now and volunteer. Uh, the operator, we do have, what I think, one or two operators. One operator there this morning, so be patient until the others come in. All right, take your time in calling in, but I know you want to make a pledge, and we appreciate it because we bring you the best in gospel music on a Saturday morning, and you don't want to miss it. We have a goal to make. They say your goal is such and such. Oh, wow. So we're going to need a lot of you calling in, and we're going to need a lot of you, some of you come and volunteer this morning, okay? some rehearsal because I had a piano and organ at that time in my house. I had for day. Good morning, Gabrielle. Oh, good morning, Brother oh, Powell. And when they would come out for concerts, they would always come by. Matter of fact, on my uh, web, you see uh, Jesse Dixon. and uh, That's right, on the photo gallery. Right, right. I have them there. We, you we got were, Al Green and Albertina uh, Walker. Oh, those good friends of mine, you know, that a lot of them going home to be with the Lord, but... Uh, they leave such great, great memories here. Jesse Dixon. All right, uh, Gabba, good morning, good morning. You know, good we, uh, we, we start, I think I see a volunteer working there. Yeah, that, happy that, fun drive. Yeah, Come on that, down. I see a, all right, there he is, the phone volunteer. All right. So that's the good. So if you've been calling now and uh, 
and uh, the line was busy or you couldn't get in, you could start through his uh, couple of them here. That's call in. And now, if you want to pledge, want to get in the grab bag, it's number 238. If you pledge $60 or more, get in the grab bag. We have a goal to make this morning, and I know you're going to help me reach the goal. I'm not going to tell you what it is, because when when you reach it, you're going to hear me shout, all right? So, <laughs> come on, but we, we need a lot of you to call in and help us make reach the uh, goal that they set for the gospel experience. No amount is too small or too large. That's right, that's right. You could go beyond the $60, way beyond the $60, <laughs> okay? But at least $60, you request getting into the grab bag, then they will say to do that. But they can't pull any particular uh, selection out, okay? All right, let's go back to more gospel music now. Call in, hear the numbers again, 510 area code, 848-5732-510 area code, 848-5732-R... 1-800-9... I'm sorry, 1-800-439-5732. 1-800-439-5732. right, come on now, give us a call.
from uh, well it's in the case now but uh, hey we're in the midst of our fun drive we're in the midst of the fun Mississippi drive. Mass Choir uh, well that was, yeah yeah the choir but I'm trying to think of her name the lead singer as well as I know her no I'll I'll put it out now and find out who it is uh, oh no 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 I'm pulling out the wrong thing but anyway it's uh, What's her name here? But it doesn't have it. But anyway, <laughs> uh, that is the Mississippi Mass Choir behind her. And she's been a member of that choir for a long, long time. Okay? Now, what we are talking about, the main thing we are talking about today, is that we need you to call in and make a pledge. Help out the Gospel Experience Program. We have been here for uh, a few years now and uh, doing our portion here at KPFA. And we're trying to keep your spirit lifted and you get a blessing. Uh, One lady called in this morning. She said, you don't know how many times you, how much you bless me on Saturday mornings. And we appreciate that. So... You can be a blessing to the gospel experience now by making a pledge. So uh, if you pledge $60 or more, or more, or much more, <laughs> right, Gabrielle? And you get it to the grab bag, and that is number 238 there, Gabrielle. And you get in the grab bag and, of course, get out a gospel CD. They'll uh, send you a gospel CD, okay? They can't send you any particular one, but uh, it'll, be, it'll be a good CD anyway. Uh, or if you, can't apply, if you can't afford that amount, whatever you can afford, we will not turn it down, all right? So what you need to do is give us a call and they'll take you through the steps. You could pay half of it or whatever. You could put it on your credit card or whatever. However you want to do it, they will work with you. And uh, so all you need to do now is call in. So, Gabrielle, give them the numbers, please. Pretty please. 510-848-5732. 510 848 or 1-800-439-5732. 1-800-439-5732. Or securely online, www.kpfa.org. And we have got a goal to reach this morning, and we need your help and your support. All right, let's have another selection by... It's one of my uh, uh, Florida artists, uh, Apostle J.A. Cash. Listen to him now.
Give those uh, who who pledged this morning early, early, early pledges, early calls. Uh, thank let's you. say thank you to Eugene Frazier of Richmond. He likes the message song. All right, on. Thank you to Leo Galloway of Oakland. Thank you to Ms. Renee Bailey of Antioch. Who tends to pledge whether we're having a drive or not? Thank you, Miss Bailey. Thank you to Lady Sunrise. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Gwen Sunrise of Alameda. Thank you to Loretta Pearson of Fresno. Gets up every Saturday morning to hear your program. All right, Brother Paul. Right. Does that perk you up? Well, that perks me All up. right, people, if you want to get in on this next flurry of calls, don't hesitate. Get off the fence. 510 or 1-800-839-5732. All right, and we're going to do some public service announcement because we have a gentleman here who's going to come up to, uh, he's going to help with a volunteer, answer the phone, and we're going to let him uh, make his announcement and go right there and pick up the phones and answer the phones, okay? Right now, let's go with some public service announcements. Uh, uh, Gabrielle, why don't you do the first one? Okay. Let's see. Are you ready? The 39th church anniversary of Foothill Missionary Baptist Church is taking place October 16th at 3 p.m. The guest speaker will be Reverend Andre T. Green, pastor of Mount Carmel Missionary Baptist Church. Dinner will be served between 1.30 and 2.30. And uh, if you need more information, do call 510-531-6041. They are located at 1530 Foothill Boulevard. Did not note the city, but... Mm, Foothill Boulevard is... Oh, maybe, that's, uh, that's, maybe that's, it's that's, Oakland. That, yeah, that's, that's Oakland, Foothill Boulevard. Oh, there. Okay. Uh, uh, go ahead, uh, Make your announcement, sir, while you're here, and then you're going to get in and answer the phone. Yes, we are. Thank you very much, Emmett. This is, um, we want to say out there to our listening audience and reiterate the uh, event that will be coming up on October the 20th and dealing with the Tuskegee Airmen, the Golden Age of Travel. The Tuskegee Airmen will be presenting an event at the Oakland Aviation uh, Museum in Oakland, California. That's located at uh, 8252. Uh, Earnhardt Road, Building L621. We're encouraging our listening audience to come out and support the Tuskegee Airmen for the very fact that the contribution that they've made to our community is definitely not in the minds of many that, that, that are unaware of them. So these uh, this fundraiser that we're doing, we're asking the community to come out and support us with this event. This event is also being supported by supporting partners such as vet to vet of Northern California, the East Bay Aviators, Inc., as well as the Bay Area Black uh, Pilot Associations and the American Legion um, of Oakland of uh, 417 
and the USO of Northern California. We have supporters that are helping us in uh, doing this because of the fact of your com through community support, we can make this event a very successful fundraiser. So we ask you to come out for information and contacting us regarding this event. You can reach us at area code 510-655-8611. That's 510-655-8611. And as a part of our emphasis in dealing with the Tuskegee Airmen, we would love for the listening audience if they can go and actually look up the uh, book that is called The Tuskegee Aviation Experiment and the Tuskegee Airmen from 1939 to 1949. That, very, that is a very comprehensive documentation on dealing with the, uh, the plight and the involvement of the Tuskegee Airmen in, in uh, supporting our bombers as they fought in World War II. So we appreciate the listening audience support in dealing with this event. Again, you can reach us at area code 510 655-8611. The tickets can also be picked up at Reese Records in Berkeley, and we are available to support you by way of email. You can uh, email us at fundraisers at options2000.com. All right. Thank you, Amy. Thank oh, you very much. Okay. Now you're going to go in and, and, and answer some phones, right? Yes, sir. I'm going to be very supportive. All right. Supportive. Thank you. All right. Uh, Bayview Hunters Point Violence Prevention Summit. Uh, no more violence, no more pain. Come let us voice, let your voices be heard. Now this is taking place on Thursday, October the 27th, 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. at the Bayview Opera House, 4705 Third Street in San Francisco. They're going to have speakers there from uh, San Francisco, uh, City College of San Francisco. Uh, they're going to have uh, the mayor, Mayor Ed Lee, with uh, invited supervisors Corn and uh, Represent from the police department, sheriff department, and the attorney, district attorney's office, and many organizations coming and sharing how we, uh, how they can prevent uh, the violence that's going on in the community. So that's again Thursday, October the 27th, 6 p.m. at the Bayview Opera House in the city of San Francisco. The Friends of Negro Spirituals presents its 8th Annual Negro Spirituals Heritage Day Celebration, an event honoring the Negro Spirituals, the ancestors and preservers. Hold out your light. Join in celebration of the Negro Spirituals, the ancestors and individuals who are holding out the spiritual light. Spirituals light. West Oakland Senior Center, 1724 Adeline Street, Saturday, October 8th, today. Oakland, California. Children, youth, and young adults are invited. For more information, do contact Sam Edwards or Levon Chrisman at 510-869. There's no water in the studio. 869-4359. Or find them on Facebook at FS. FNS Spirituals. Admission is free. However, donations are welcome. They are a 501c3 organization. And thank you to them for always um, donating to KPFA pretty much every fund drive. This time for their annual Negro Spiritual Heritage Day celebration, they have Linda Tillery. They have Carl Leroy Blake. 
and they have Mrs. Juanita Meadows, pianist, choral director, and music teacher. All right, save the date. Save the date. Saturday, November the 5th, 6 p.m., the San Francisco NAACP branch Freedom Fund Gala at the Hilton San Francisco, 333 O'Farrell Street. Now, they're going to where uh, Dr. Amos Brown there is the president of the San Francisco chapter, and they're going to have as guest speaker Dr. Uh, Sal uh, Lamar, uh, Mike Lamar there. Uh, he's president of the Jackson State uh, University of Jackson, Mississippi. And there's going to be quite an event, and they're going to have entertainment there. Matter of fact, the Love Angels will be one of the guests there. Isn't that nice? They asked me to have the Love Angels. Brother Paul, you have presented so much talent. You are just... (laughs) Just the work well, you do is well, really said, heartfelt. If you can't help somebody, make it along the way. I know what it was when I was starting off into gospel, you know. And, uh, you when know, you did the ch- when you did get, your van. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's hard <laughs> to get a break, you know, but uh, that's what we're trying to help. And we get, we get so many And you got West Coast Got Talent now? West Coast Gospel Got Gospel Talent. Talent. Okay. Now, this go again. For more information on this, you can call for a ticket. more information, you can call 415-922-0650. That's 415-922-0652. KPFA 89.3 KPF. Berkeley, California, 88.1 KFCF Fresno, California, worldwide online. It's kpfa.org. And people, you can continue to call and pledge, and can, you can come in and answer phones. Uh, I answered phones yesterday. Oh, you did? And I found there was a star. There's a star here at KPFA. Oh. He's your friend on uh, Twitter. Uh, Mitch Jezerich. Oh, really? Oh, yes. So that's what he's one to listen to Monday through Friday, right after dem- Democracy Now. I know a star when I see one. Uh, and he had Robert Wright on. Oh, right. That's Robert right. I watched Robert Wright. I watched Robert on uh, CNN uh, yesterday, too. You know, I watch him all the time. He's on CNN quite often, Robert Wright. He's right here at the university. Yeah. Uh, well, he's... I was wondering why he wasn't a guest at KPFA, but hey, Mitch Jezerich had him. All right. I see. Okay, so I got this one personally sent to me, Brother Powell. The City of Oakland presents a Neighborhood Safety Summit. Don't miss this important City of Oakland-sponsored summit. Working together, we can stop the violence in our community. Saturday, October 15th, 8 a.m. until 1.30 p.m. at the Laney College Gymnasium, 900 Fallon Street in the City of Oakland. Participating will be Mayor Jean Kwan, District Attorney Nancy O'Malley, Superintendent, of Oakland Unified School District, Tony Smith, Chief of Police, Anthony Batts, Chief Probation Officer, David Muhammad. They all invite you to attend the Neighborhood Safety Summit, 8 a.m. until 1.30 p.m. I will be there with bells and whistles, and they have strategy sessions, dialogues, and workshops in the areas of community policing, gang awareness, loitering, racial profiling, restorative justice. I want to go to that panel. Okay, so for more information, do call 
If you need Spanish interpretation or Chinese or some other language, uh, you may call for more information, 510-238-3091 or visit www.oaklandnet.com slash safety summit. All right, annual Women's Day uh, to be held uh, at the th- TBC, the Third Baptist Church, on Sunday, October the 30th. Uh, 10 a.m. service will be, uh, the speaker will be uh, Annette Lewis, President, uh, let's see, the, three, the, the 10 a.m. speaker, uh, Trying to see here now. Well, anyway, the three <laughs> three PM speaker will be Gwendolyn E. Boyd. She's executive minister for church operation at Ebenezer AME Church in Fort Washington, Maryland. She will be the three PM speaker. Services start at ten AM, and there will be a special speaker. Oh, uh, right will be uh, Florence Wright will be the uh, guest speaker and she's the civil rights veteran active author first African American female to hold public office since reconstruction in Mississippi alright so mm-hmm. she will be the AMM speaker and the church is located at 1399 Mike Alice Street in the city of San Francisco The Church for the Fellowship of All Peoples invites you to explore the growing edge of spirituality and social transformation taking place 11 a.m. I'm sorry, every Sunday 11 a.m. However, Sunday, October 16th at 3 p.m., they are presenting their 16th annual convocation, Nourishing the Beloved Community. Please join them for a special music program presented by internationally respected pianist Dr. Carl Blake, performing works by Beethoven, Chopin, and African-American composers. The theme of this year's convocation reflects the importance of musical expression in a thriving community. Come and enjoy a feast of music and food as they celebrate the 16th annual Howard Thurman Convocation. All are welcome. Please um, visit www. Oh, I don't see their website on here. Oh, here it is. Dr. Dorsey Blake is great about sending us announcements and giving us reminders. And he is a donor. That's right. And he will answer phones. He'll come in and encourage you to (laughs) donate other clergy members. He's our clergy role model. (laughs) www.fellowshipsf.org. All right. That's going to be a new CD release and birthday celebration of the very renowned soloist Vanessa Murphy. And she's already contributed for West Coast Talent. West Coast got gospel talent. And uh, this uh, new CD release will be Saturday, October the 29th, 3 p.m., the Love Temple Baptist Church, 8401 Birch Street in San Francisco. That, again, is Saturday, October the 29th, 3 p.m., and uh, she is some, some, wow, wow, she will get you moving. So, people, when you listen to Brother Powell's show and you hear the intro and you hear a certain voice that your, of Brother Powell's uh, show, 
I just got a nice announcement from his wife, Jean Woods. Now, oh. that's Princess Woods oh, who really? does your... Oh, really? <laughs> from oh. the San Francisco oh. Bay Area, the oh. most beautiful city in the world, blah, blah, blah. So yeah. you got Jean up this early in the morning? Jean, okay. yes. Jean, uh, she sent this one over. And um, it is. she wants everybody to know about the Lions Creek Health Fair today. It, oh, it is yeah. free. Uh-huh. All right. There will be health screenings and flu shots and mm. more off or free. Ice cream will be provided, root beer floats, lots mm. of fun for mm. the children. It's a family affair if you want to bring the whole family. Um, <laughs> and it is right near the Coliseum BART station. Um, at the Lions Creek Park, that is 66th Avenue, actually a 6818 Lions Way at 66th Avenue. Uh, it is the third annual. It is free. Mayor Jean Kwan will be there for more information. Do call. Oh, save me some ice cream, okay? All right. (laughs) Don't let it melt. (laughs) Hey, the... uh, Bethel AME Church, the the 40 to 147 sessions of the California Annual Conference of the African-American Episcopal Church will be held. The host church now will be Bethel AME Church, uh, hosted by Reverend Dr. J. Edgar Boyd. Yeah, he's a Floridian, too. All right. <laughs> uh, he's the host uh, for this uh, conference uh, that's going to start on tomorrow, the 9th, at, through October the 16th. And the conference hotel is the Hilton San Francisco Bayfront Hotel, uh, 600 Airport Boulevard, Burlingame. Now, they're going to have on tomorrow at 6 p.m. will be Black Tie Gospel Concert. And that uh, should be quite, quite an event. And there are events happening all during the week. There uh, some will be at the church, and some will be, of course, at the hotel. So for more info, for more info, matter of fact, they, 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 they want me to cater to one of these events here. Oh, isn't that oh. Have some of Paul's soul food, all right. <laughs> but call me, we need your, 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 your food. We haven't had it in a long time. I said, all right, we'll see what we can do. I've got to get in the kitchen. <laughs> but anyway, here's, uh, for more info, you can call 415 921 4935, that's 415-921-4935, it's the 40, 147th session of the California Annual Conference of the A, uh, African Methodist Episcopal Church. KPFA presents Melissa Harris-Perry, African-American author, professor um, in Citizen Shame. Sister Citizen, Shame, Stereotypes, and Black Women in America at St. Paul's Church, 114 Montecito Avenue in Oakland. The host is Blanche Richardson of Marcus Bookstore. And this all takes place on Monday, October 24th, 7.30 p.m. For more information, do visit kpfa.org. Yeah, I see her picture here, too, on uh, here with Dr. Wright. Well, you're just yeah. big brother. Yeah, yeah. You see and, all and, that over there. <laughs> and she's always on CNN. You see, I watch the news from... Yeah, she's, she's a lot of time on MS. 
MSNBC. That's where I get my news, MSNBC and CNN, uh, because they really bring it to you like it is. That's where Al Sharpton now has a program, and uh, they're on MSNBC. Uh, a dear friend of ours, a dear, 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 dear friend of ours, one who contributed so much, and we were intent to have him in here so he could talk about his, his uh, released book that he has, Gene Viale. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was a dynamic book. Oh, I really yeah. enjoyed yeah, it. He's a dynamic singer, but we want you to send, put up some, send out some prayers for Gene, Gene uh, Viola. He was supposed to be on West Coast, got gospel talent, but he was in the hospital. He has a serious, uh, very seriously ill. And oh. they are saying that it's a certain time that he will be here with us. But I know God is able to take care of that. And uh, he has... Uh, liver uh, need a liver transplant and you know that's not a easy thing you know so we want you to pray for Gene Viale I'm going to play something by him a little later on he's contributed so much he used to sing with the James Cleveland uh, singers he also used to travel uh, with the uh, caravan many times they would travel because he was the one who had to go into the to the restaurant and buy the food and take it to the groups because they weren't allowed to go in Gene could always go in because of his uh, nationality. He could go in and buy the food and take it to the cars as the, as the singers traveled the South, you know. And Gene uh, is a fantastic... He was at my uh, last year, year before, appreciation. Yes, he know? was. Yeah, and he was supposed to be at West Coast at Gospel Town. So send up your prayers for Gene Viola. Absolutely. Simon and Schuster presents Our Bodies, Ourselves, the 40th Anniversary. Meet the editors and contributors of Our Bodies, Ourselves. This new edition in San Francisco, Tuesday, October 11th at 6 p.m. Book Passage, One Ferry Building, San Francisco. There will be a panel and signing with Judy Norsegian, Ellen Schaefer, Marcy Darnovsky, Emily Leard and other book contributors. For more information, do call 212 area code, that's New York, 698-4384, where they're having the Occupation Wall Street. I'm so excited about that, Brother Powell. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, here's another uh, birthday musical. Uh, Minister of Music is having his birthday musical celebration. Benton Smith, Minister of Music at the Dance. Dance Memorial Church of God in Christ, located at 7900 International Boulevard in Oakland. Superintendent Joe L. Noble presides there. They're going to have the Dance Memorial Choir, and there are uh, going to be other outstanding singers there. And that is today, October the 8th, 7 p.m. And a talented young man there, musician, writer, singer, uh, all of those good things there. So Benton Smith, uh, this evening at Dance Memorial uh, Church of God in Christ, 7900 International Boulevard, 7 p.m. is the time. Lion's Guide to the Career Jungle by Dr. Laura Lyons is available at Amazon.com or you may email Dr. Laura 1412 at AOL.com and Brush up on uh, your career strategy, reinvent yourself, or get the perfect job for you. All right. You may visit um, 
Amazon.com for Lion's Guide to the Career Jungle by Dr. Laura Lyons. All right, the, and I think this is the last one. Uh, yeah, okay, uh, let's see. Save, save the date for this year program on Sunday, October the 16th, 2.30 p.m. at the Seven Hill Conference Center, 800 Front Boulevard in San Francisco. Actor Danny Glover will be the speaker. And this is for the... Uh, Clinton Endowment Scholarship Fund where they give out scholarship to they've given out over 50 students uh, has been given $2,000 scholarship over the past uh, 11 years and they have this each year uh, Vera Clinton who is a member of my church yeah okay very planted and you know she's about 90 I think she's 95 and she's still giving out scholarships she believed in it I know when we you know growing up there she was really into getting your education and she's still into that and she's showing her love by giving out scholarships she didn't give me one when I was growing up there but wow I didn't get one from her <laughs> so anyway uh, that will be taking place on Sunday, October the 16th. For more info, you can call uh, 415-929-9564. That's 415-929-9564. All right. Hey, we've got to get back to the business of the morning. I've got, they have put on, the, we, we have a, a healthy uh Gold. Gold that yes. we have to reach this morning. <laughs> we have to reach it. And folks, please, please be pretty pleased and help us out because we definitely want to reach our goal this morning. Now, here's what we are doing. We're doing a fun drive. And uh, we do this, uh, what, three or four times a year because the station uh, function on your contribution a few grants, and they are few indeed, but we rely on you, the listening audience, to support KPFA, uh, one of the first stations of its kind in the country, I believe, the KPFA Foundation. But anyway, uh, we need your support. We have some beautiful programs here, all genres of music, but uh, one of the greatest is the gospel experience. Gospel music on Saturday morning. They say, I don't know what I would do without uh, waking up on Saturday morning and hearing gospel music. <laughs> you know, it's not Sunday, it's on Saturday, all right? So uh, uh, we need your support, so we got a goal to make. Now, we have some operators in there, and they've been relaxing while we've been making these announcements, but we need you to call in real soon and, and, and make, if you make a pledge of $60 or more, and get you into the gospel grab bag, but whatever amount that you can afford, whether it's 25 or 50 or 60 or above, we would love to get some large donations to come in, and that would definitely help us reach our goal. So whatever amount that you can afford, call in right now while the operators are here to take down the information, uh, what you need to do, and help us out. Help the gospel experience reach its goal this morning. We've got about, what, about 45 minutes to do it. We've had some wonderful callers already, but we need more, more, more 
and many, many more. All right, so let's hear this next selection, and we're going to give out the numbers. Uh, area code 510-848. Uh, may I have that information, uh, Gabrielle? Uh, 848. Yeah, what's that? Uh, 848-4425. Uh, <laughs> give me the sheet of it. I've got so much. Okay, here's the numbers you can call. Area code 510-848-5732. 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-5732. Now, we have listeners all over this Bay Area, all over this country, and also foreign countries. I even got a letter from Panama. They listen there in Panama. They listen there in Mexico. They listen throughout Europe and so forth. So you could pledge online, securely online. We would welcome your gifts. But wherever you are, if you could make a pledge, uh, make a donation to help us Keep this gospel music going. $60 or more, get you in the grab bag of gospel uh, CDs or whatever amount that you can afford. We would appreciate it while we play this number here to really get you in the mood.
hands and pledges this morning. All right, have a good spiritual, good time out there. But call in and make a pledge, make a donation of any amount that you can afford. And I see we have a match. Oh, my, my, my. I like that. But before we uh, talk about that, uh, thank you for coming in and answering the phone. And you have another message that you would like to uh, announcement that you would like to do? Yeah, Emmett, this is Charles again. And I want to make the announcement regarding an event to our community out there on um, Saturday, October the 22nd from 12 to 4. Vegan One Club will have live entertainment. Vendor exhibits, live performances, health and wellness education, special guest speakers, food tasting, and much, much more. They will be hosting this event at the uh, address of the Masonic Center located at 3903 Broadway, Oakland, California, 94611. For more information about this event, you can contact 510-655-8611. That's 510-655-8611. And we really need to be more health conscious these days, you know? Definitely. That is so important. Well, Emmett, with our community running rapid with the diabetes, high blood pressure, the prostate cancer, as well as uh, the um, um, breast cancer and high cholesterol, we need to uh, definitely make some serious changes in our food eating. Uh, It is destroying us. We're committing suicide very slowly, and we need to be educated. And that's the purpose of this event. It's a community outreach event, and that is to bring our community out and let them listen, listen to information and also take action on the information that could possibly change, save their lives. All right. Okay. Thank you very much for that. Now, what's the number they could call? They can call 510-655-8611. And also the pick tickets can be, um, be gotten at the Reed Brothers in Berkeley. Reed Records. Reed, excuse me. Reed Records, excuse me, in Berkeley. Okay. All right. Thank you very much, Charles. All right, folks. Now, I've got a match here that I need to get across, okay? Now, what this match uh, means, I've got a $200 person out there. They said, I'll give you $200 if you get that matched. In other words, it doesn't have to be one other person or two people uh during the match, but if I get a combination of you, but I have to get 200 or more in the next, let's say, 20, next 15 or 20 minutes, okay? I need that within the next 15 to 20 minutes. Now, you could call in and whatever amount that you can pledge, but the combination has to reach, uh, $200 or more. Now, I know, I, I know there's one person out there could call in and say, hey, there's your $200, okay? That's cool. If I get three or four of you to do that, that's even better, right, Javiel? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's really better. So, I've got to make, we've got to make this match now. So, all you need to do is call in and pledge the amount that you can afford, uh, $50, uh, $60, or $100, or $25, however, but I need you to call in now so that we can take the benefit of this $200 pledge. Once we reach that, hey, I get yours and his, so that would be up to $400. All right? Yes, sir, Charles. Yeah, and then, um, I would like to say that I would take on that uh, match 
by donating um, 60 bucks toward that. All right. So if we had three more people to call in. Thank you, thank you. If we had three more people to call in, then we made that match, and that would be wonderful. Okay, we want to go beyond the match, too. All right, so come on, folks, call in. Let us give you the numbers again. It's uh, 510 area code, 848-5732. That's 510-848-5732 or... 1-800-439-5732. 1-800-439-5732. That's 1-800-439-5732. Now, here's the person who came in to to uh, to help with the phones and he made his announcement. And now he's contributing to this match. So, folks, get on the phone so we get that $200 and above. And that'll be $400. That'll be well on the way of our reaching our goal this morning. And Mr. Okay. Siegel will have to give it up. Okay. Mr. <laughs> Oh, oh, yes. Mr. Siegel of San Francisco. Oh, oh, from San Francisco. I know he's ready to give it up now because we go, we're going to make that match. All right. We already got $60 to want it, right? Okay. Let's All have right. a song here by uh, oh, this group here. You remember the... Uh, you didn't hear you weren't there last week, April, uh, 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 Gabrielle. But boy, I had my Baptist bounce last Saturday. <laughs> These are the Liggett brothers from Saturday. They contributed. Charles, you were there. Yes, you I heard was there. Them, you? Oh, my. Electrifying. Oh, yeah. I'm going, going home to make it with the family. Yeah, yeah, I'm going. Yes, I am. I'm talking about the promise 
the promise that you made to me. When you hung out, out on the cross, Lord, when you died on Calvary, on judgment day, I'm going to plead my case. When you break through the sky, I know I'm going to a better place. Yes, I am. Another way. Coming back real soon. You get your house in order. You better sweep around your own front room. Preachers and teachers, you gotta go that same way. You don't wanna get left behind on that jumping day. I'm just an old raggedy singer, and I'm saved by your grace. One day, Jesus, I wanna see you face to face. I'm going, yeah. Yes, I am. Keep on calling. Come on. We've got to get this match. We've got to get this match going. Make your donations, right? Call and make your pledge. The operators are here to take down the information, let you know how you could go about uh, reaching that pledge that you were pledging, okay? You could do it on credit card or check or half payment or whatever, but we need you to call in and make pledge. Help out the gospel experience. We have a goal to make. We have a match here of $200. We've got to match that in a combination of calls. 
of pledges uh, so that we could get that $200 from him, singular, and also yours. All right, so we would appreciate your calling in while we're here. Another of these gentlemen here blessed us last Sunday. The West Coast got gospel talent. We've had some dynamic talent, some 30-some artists who have participated in West Coast got gospel talent. Okay. These are the uh, Hotfield Brothers here out of, uh, well, aren't they out of Berkeley or in the Bay Area anyway? Brothers, and they blessed us on uh, last week. All right. Okay, you got more more, more thank yous? Uh, are we coming close to the match? 
Look, okay, we're all right. She's letting know we're coming close to the match, so we need you to call in, folks. Keep on calling in. We have got to get this match. We have got about, I said, 10 more minutes to get that match, okay? Come on now. Let's help us to get that match right now. So, Gabrielle, you okay. have some more? Uh-huh. Okay. And who was that just singing? That's yeah, da- turn that up. That's David. That's David Hartfield. And uh, Miss oh, M said to give a shout out to him for her. All right. Hartfield Brothers. Okay. Maribeth Holleran of Mill Be- Valley. Thank you. Thank you. Charles Lovelace, who was just here. Oh, yeah. Thank, Thank you. you. All right. Miss Shirley Williams of San oh, Francisco. That's a girl. That's my sweetheart. All right. And Ronald Wilson. That's my cousin. Uh, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, his father and my father are brothers my father was the youngest he's deceased but his father is older than my father and he's uh pushing a hundred oh really Bless 100 him. years young right on right on i have to show you his identical twins <laughs> nate oh. and noah oh. okay david harfield david. thank david. you turn thank that up please okay five miss joy moore just called she said we didn't give out the number okay she said we're doing great but we need to give oh. the numbers All out right. four one five oh five 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 ten. Eight four eight five seven three two. Eight four eight five seven three two. Area code five one zero one eight hundred four three nine five seven three two. That's one eight hundred four three nine five seven three two. I see oh, you calling, yeah. perking up, that. brother yeah, Paul. Keep calling. calling, and let's hear David Harfield some more. Five one zero eight four eight five seven three two. All right, come let's on. hear David some more. All right, here's David. <laughs> Artists come and participate on West Coast Got Gospel Talent. They're supporting us here on, on the Gospel Experience, the KPFA, and, and we appreciate that more than you can ever know. We do appreciate it. Those boards are lighting up there. All right, here's the number again, 510-848-5732, And here's Sister Murphy. She's getting ready for her new CD release, and she was part of West Coast Got Gospel Talent. You wait till you see the sister. All right. There's only one bridge that will take you to heaven. There's only one bridge that will take you there.
Her CD release, uh, Gabrielle, you got excited about that. Yeah, that? I'm going to have to come and see her. <laughs> right. I like that. Oh, yeah. She, she, can, she, she can stare you up, I'm telling wow. you. Wow. Okay, uh, folks, uh, keep on calling now. They, uh, I, I've got to make sure I make the meet this match and beyond. Uh, take me beyond it. Take me beyond the match, okay? Uh, if you, any amount that you can pledge, i got to make this $200 match, so... He could get up off, and I hope to tell him soon to send it on in because we're gonna, we are gonna make that match, okay? But I want to go beyond it because we have a little load here to. Uh, I got to reach the goal. I got to reach the goal this morning that they have set for us, uh, okay? During this fun drive today, and uh, I think we have uh, one more Saturday to do it. But we need your help right now to give us a hand. Call in, make a pledge, as many have already, and here are the numbers. Any amount that you can afford, $60, get you into the gospel grab bag, and that's number 238. Pledge $60 and say you want to get in the grab bag, and they'll send you a gospel CD after you take care of the particulars. Okay, you can pledge 100 you can pledge 200 which we have here, and we've got to make that match. Or you could pledge 500 which is about that. You, whatever whatever uh, comes to you at this particular time, that you get up and make a pledge. Okay, we would appreciate that. So the numbers again, one five ten area code 8485732, 8485732. Or 1-800-439-5732. You can keep calling. Yes, indeed. And they can play it securely online, too, can't they? At www.kpfa.org. And I've I, I got, y'all, I've got a, a email from our friends in, in Panama. That listen to oh, us. Padre <laughs> Nicky. That's right. <laughs> From Panama, they listen to us. And then, oh, my, oh, my. That's wonderful how people listen all over this country. and, and All over the, the world. Throughout the world, yeah. Okay, you're calling in. Let me give the number again. When I give the number, then we get people calling in. Here you go. 510 <laughs> 485732 or 1 800 
439-5732. Keep those operators busy. We'll be going off in about another 15 minutes uh, so, but we got to reach this goal and uh, hope to be making the announcement soon that we have made it. But you keep on, you know, we want to go beyond that because we got a big goal here to reach, okay? Uh, let's see what we have queued up and here. Keep calling 1-800-439-5732, 1-800-439-5732, or 510-848-5732, 510-848-5732. And thank you for that tip, Miss Joy Moore. Now, she's another star here at KPFA. All right. Oh, yes. We, 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 we got a lot of stars, they say, here at KPFA. Even you, Gabrielle. Uh, April is well, I did interview, I, well, I introduced Alice Walker, the Pulitzer Prize oh, yeah. winning author at the Afro Solo. Right, right. So I felt like a star then, but it was such a humbling experience. Yeah. It really was. Well, and then also April uh, is, she's in Florida. She's in Florida today. Really? Yeah, so I think she was, because they were going, she and her uh-huh. husband was going to Disneyland, and they were going, then they were going to Washington, D.C., where her brother-in-law was being installed as minister. Oh, that's right. He's going to be installed in yeah. his installation. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, so she is traveling. But she'll be back week after next, yes. everybody. All okay. right, here we go. Uh, Gabrielle, uh, these, uh, oh, oh, that didn't work out. All right, something's wrong with the CD. But code. keep calling 510-848-5732 or 1-800-439-5732. Oh, I got the Baptist Bioplast. <laughs> These are men of endurance that had the, uh, well, we had some, the Hartford singers and we had uh, 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 the Legged Brothers and uh, uh, Edwin Hawkins uh, was there and we had the Love Angels was there and uh, so many people inquire about the uh, Hermanos Aguilar, the Cuban gospel singers. Uh, they couldn't make it. They've already taped for West Coast Got Gospel Talent. Yeah. Robert Butler, I was to say, we had, uh, uh, we, we just, uh, we got some 30-something artists. Now, artists, you have to be patient because we hope to have this ready for TV for the holiday season because it has to be edited, it has to be put in a uh, real top-notch TV presentation, so it takes a little time. Be patient. We hope to have it ready for the holiday season. Yeah, okay, so, but it will be shown.
Thank you, Joy. Boy. <laughs> Wait, let me say, let me say. All right, Miss Joy Moore, more Joy donating. Oh. Now, when your colleagues start listening to your show, Brother Pallet, make a donation. Now, you know you playing some music this morning and inspiring folks out there. Thank you, Joy Moore. Thank you, Wesley Slade of Fresno. Oh, yeah. Your Fresno audience is in the house. Thank you to Fiofis Sadie Williams and Sadie Williams of Oakland. Thank you. Thank you to Ms. Lois Wood of Oakland. Right, all right, folks. All right. You know, I, uh, Keep she, calling. She, she, had, she had a thumbs almost up. Uh oh. So 510 Make Brother Powell proud and happy this morning. 1 800. He comes so early in the morning. What time do you get here, Brother Powell? 5 45. I know what time I get up at 4 a.m. in the morning. Coming from San Francisco, rain or shine. 1 800 439. 5732. I live here in, in Berkeley in a dollhouse up by the campus. 1-800-439-5732. One of my listeners let me this cute little cottage. 848-5732. I can get here pretty quick, but Brother Powell, you go through a whole lot. So I want to encourage people to give a flurry of calls right now. Get off the fence. Make a decision right now. Don't wait for somebody else to donate. Do it for yourself. Do it for Brother Powell. Do it because you love KPFA. You can't get this anyplace else. All right. Men of endurance, and uh, you who didn't participate on West Coast Scouts Hospitality, it's to your loss because these people here. I'm already getting inquiries about uh, oh, about uh, artists for engagements. You know what I mean? And so this is getting you out there, not me. I've been there. I've done that. Okay, but to get you out there so you could, you know, get. Uh, uh, Engagements throughout the country and throughout the world. I started off by somebody seeing me at a, at a blues, at a, a festival here. We put on by Tom Mazzolini. And then from that they saw it. They, we went all over the world after that taking gospel music. So any exposure that you as an artist can get, don't say, well, this and that. So don't, if you're going to be negative, then you need to stay where you are, okay? But you be positive. What's my saying? Think positive. They're positive, but it's, uh, hey, it's a little late for this one now. We might do one more taping, you know. But some of the stars sort of set back to see what it was going to be all about. Now, they were saying, <laughs> all right. Edward Hawkins came out and uh, they... Uh, he uh, introduced some of the artists with me, and uh, so it was really, it's been a wonderful journey, and I didn't know we had so many great, great artists here, so many new discoveries, and uh, so many artists that's already out there. So, uh, we might do one more in San Francisco, if so, we'll let you know, okay? Let's but. Again. <laughs> I want to hear these. Now, these were some stars on there. Right here. These are the gospel singers from Cuba, and boy, oh, let's hear them. Oh, oh yeah, they could take that. They were at my church for a revival. 
And the pastor said for you, he was a guest speaker with Dr. Hayes from Texas. He said, you got to bring those girls to Dallas, Texas. Uh-huh. And he has a 10,000 or more uh, congregation. But he, he was so impressed and so spiritually lifted by these two girls. They live here in San Francisco. They at, do? At Emmett Powell Discovery. Can't they come here to KPFA one morning, They're Saturday morning while I'm here? I, okay. <laughs> We got the match, so give it up, Mr. Who's the singer? Singer, give it up, give it up. You give up those $200, okay? Because we've got the match and beyond, all right? We appreciate you. Thank you so much, those out there who are kind enough. And during these hard, tough economic times, let's arrest all those thugs from Wall Street. And I, I would like to mention this. I know maybe Chris will mention this. I don't know, but I would like to mention it. You know, the most disturbing thing that I've seen over the week, for this lady, 96 years old, went to vote in the state of Tennessee, and she was denied because they are now trying to come up with so many different things to keep certain people from voting think they're going to vote for Obama. 96 and she has been voting for 70 some years. Some of these states are coming up with a lot of bull to keep people from registering to vote. Now that's a disgrace and I will never go to Tennessee again until that is changed. That is in the law. What they Economic are. boycott, that's right. So, uh, Okay, well, uh, maybe Chris will talk about that. <laughs> well, it's been a pleasure and a delight to have spent the past few hours with it. I do hope you've been spiritually lifted and blessed. But it's more than just playing gospel music. we got to be concerned what's going on in our country. And I send a shout-out to those who are peacefully demonstrating that we need to get going and, and, and look out for people who have helped these millionaires get billionaires. They, they didn't do it themselves.